My darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling Patricia, no fooling I'm falling in love with you Oh, Patricia, my darling Patricia I can see all my dreams in your eyes Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling Patricia, no fooling I'm falling in love with you Patricia, my lovely Patricia You could make all my dreaming come true My heart is just drooling Patricia, no fooling I'm falling in love I'm falling in love I'm falling in love Everybody. It is Saturday night, June the 9th, year 2018. It's a warm evening here in Costa Mesa, California. I got the windows open. I got the fan going. I'm beating Mommy Scrabble, so she got 90 minutes to figure out the <laughs> next one. <laughs> what did you do? Spell K A T? Oh, well, then you are such a hoot. Oh, my gosh. Does your mom accept your spellings? Uh, yeah, you know, well, no, sometimes. Uh, well, I, I came up with a word this week that got me 57 points. Wow, what was it? J-I-J-A-Z-Z. And you did it on a triple? I did it on a triple. And, well, I did it, the, the Z was on a double word, and there was also a triple involved on, on the whole combination. Whoa. Yeah. Can't, No. I did a well, anyway, I we'll, did, we'll did examine a, the board when I, I get there. Yeah, I did a 59, a 57, and the, and the word before that was a 39. So I, I was so far behind until I hit those two whoppers. Oh, my gosh. You know. But, oh, my gosh. Well, Can you count as well as you spell? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I tease Walden something awful. Well, finish our introductions, and I'll tell him about my teasing you all the time. <laughs> We're up to 14-11, by the way, saying by keeping score. Who, who isn't keeping score around here, you know? You know? But anyway, we'll find out in the second round. When you guys are hearing Ray Boom later tonight, I'll be playing with Mom, trying to finish up the game. But here's, <laughs> here's my... Here's my conscience, my spell checker, my uh, my cohort, my uh, my the adorable one, the one that keeps me honest every Saturday night, Patricia. <laughs> and here I am over here in Florida. Hello, everybody. It's Saturday night. I cannot believe how quickly weeks go by, and I miss you all, but I don't have to miss you a lot because the weeks go by too quickly. Hi, Walden. Hello, Patricia. You know what I was, think- I was thinking today, you know, John, Larry, and I have been interviewing people with the station. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess who turn should be later this summer? Oh, oh, me? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you should come out on a Friday night that we can we can interview you. Oh, won't that be fun? I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna also do that, to Kim Bragg too, because Kim came on for a half hour last night when we were, when we were celebrating our Frank Brzee's life. But she she said yeah. she, she she gets nervous about doing the mic, but she had no problem talking once we can get in front of her. No, no, she doesn't. She you know everything is anticipatory for poor Kim. You know she anticipates everything, and when she's with us and obviously with all of you, everything is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, we love you. Hi. <laughs> I hope you're listening. Kim is Bill Bragg's wife. Bill Bragg is founder of Yesterday USA. And we are so lucky to have this station and have Bill and have Kim. How many years is it? 35 years? 35 years, yeah. yeah. 35 years the, the station has been up and running. It's been, a wonderful, oh, it's been a wonderful thing for a lot of us. It's allowed us to make our own family. And thank mm-hmm. Thank you, Bill and Kim, for running the station. Patricia and I have all you out there. It's our family members on a Saturday night, you know. So, and by the way, every family member should know how to contact Patricia. And her email address is floridawriter at hotmail.com. So, if you have any requests, I have a a request for everybody. Hold on, hold on. So, if you have a request or a thought or opinion for Patricia... Seven yeah. days a week, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Email to Florida Writer, F L O R I D A W R I T E R at hotmail.com. Now, I have a request. I have a request for the family. Yeah. Before Patricia has her topics. Okay. Patricia and I have a future guest who wants to send us, wants us to send her a calendar invite. <laughs> now, Patricia and I have. I been, looked up the instructions. I'll get it done. <laughs> Patricia and I never have done this. We we done it the old fashioned way, like pick up the phone or email. So anybody out there, my mom doesn't know. Patricia's learning. Yeah. You know. I know. I know now. I just have to find the link that they're telling me to go after. <laughs> so, it's a permanent address type thing. You invite somebody to participate on a particular day and it shows up on their calendar because you send it to their email and I have control of that calendar date which really spooks me but it happens and by the way I've got some information about all the things that you should know about Facebook Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
and the futility of my not signing up because mm-hmm, <laughs> they have every piece of information they ever wanted on me anyway. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> Victoria Price. Price. Yeah who is Vincent Price's daughter, will be with us on July 14th. Walden arranged that. I love you to pieces, Walden. You just do such neat things. And um, she has asked for a confirmation email to her calendar. (laughs) I'm out out reading instructions on how to do this without looking expressed. So, so it'll now, work. We'll make it work. None of us have done this. So anybody, have, if you've done it, send Patricia where to find the lake. I think that would be a big help because she's got yeah. to find oh, the well, lake. Oh, well, I did a, a, an internet search, and I found some instructions, okay, so I should well. be cool. But, you know, it, it might. I, it let, might. Me, let me say it again. I should be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't put the emphasis on the right word there. Anyway, oh, t- tomorrow we have a mm. special live guest. Dr. Harriet Fields will join us. Um, she'll update us on the latest things on her grandfather, W.C. Fields. But I also want to talk to her about nursing. Because she has her Ph.D. in nursing. And really? Yes. So we're oh, gonna, how interesting. So we're going to talk, talk about her profession side of her life a little bit. About nursing, the nursing practice. How in the world do you, you get a Ph.D. Mm. in nursing? That, that seems... Oh, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you do. So she spent a lot of time in uh, Wanda, you know, some of the African countries. And so, really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Oh, wow, wow. Call stay there. Be good. Patricia has a few things to go over, and then we'll go to the callers. So, my dear, it's your turn. I think my brain died. Oh. <laughs> Am I supposed to have things? Wait a minute. First of all, it was Walden's birthday, and I missed it this week. Happy birthday, Thank Walden. You. I won't even ask you how many years because 52. you sound like a little kid, and you're going to stay there. 52. 52. 52. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I knew you when you were a little kid. Yeah, too. You know, <laughs> I knew you when I was a little kid. <laughs> and the fun thing about this, you know, my brother next birthday He'll be fifty next year. So her, her mom and dad have never experienced the empty nest syndrome. They th- still got two little kids in their house. Oh my! In their fifty. Oh my! <laughs> Are they wishing to know what it's like? No, I think I they, don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. They we're, love having you guys around there. We we do. We're oh. blessed that we get along really well, and I'm blessed to have parents allow us to have our head and get you know what's the right way to have the balance mm-hmm. the relationship yeah you you, know. you really operate as a as a functional family we do. it's not um a mother over yeah i mean it's just good it's yeah. a good family yeah. i don't know how else to explain it yeah. but i said i was going to explain to you why i tease walden about spelling and especially scrabble walden has no interest in learning how to spell dictionary words <laughs> No interest whatsoever. His mission is to get information out, and by God, that's going to be good enough. And some of the words that come through are, I guess, colorful is a good word to use. <laughs> he has colorful spelling, all phonetic. Yeah. Everything is phonetic, and I think only twice in my whole little life with you did I have to write back and say, could you say this a different <laughs> way? Because I couldn't untangle the letters. I mean, I, I couldn't pronounce what you were trying to type, and, 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 and it just together, didn't work. We, we've been together 13 years, so that's a long time. Uh, uh-huh. all my yes. emails for quite yes. a while. 
Yes. So next time I'm just going to send red flags. Oh, it wouldn't make any difference for you, would it? Um, I, even even when I put it in capital letters, it doesn't make any difference. No, oh, no. gee. What would make it flag for you if I put a bunch of dots in front of it, right? That, 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 that. It would make your yeah. machine go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would. Okay. I probably just annoy right. I would just say, oh, that's Patricia having a hiccup or something, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So anyway, that's the story behind my teasing Walden. Mm-hmm. He told me one night, he said, my mom and I were playing Scrabble, and it was the first time I heard it, and out of my mouth came, but Walden, you can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt so awful <laughs> saying that, but it really is part of the fun with Walden, <laughs> and we we just have such fun with his phonetic spelling sometimes. But, but you'll always understand his message. It, it, it's true. I'm I'm very simple. C spot run. I I believe in C spot run. Cat will run. Dog will sit. Very simple. That's that, well, that's true. Um, simple doesn't necessarily translate to simple simplicity with words. No. You just add extra, extra verve to it. It's it's, it's very spicy. Yes. Oh yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> and lovable. <laughs> Okay, now we have let my refrigerator die by the wayside along Uh-oh. here, and uh, we we have a couple of interesting things that are in there, like salad dressing that has been guessed, and cheese, and stuff like that there. Um, pickles, yes, somebody guessed pickles last week. Mm-hmm. Who, who guessed pickles? Was that Paul? Paul. Paul. I would bet it was Paul. Paul. Paul yeah, I think it was Paul. Yeah. Guess pickles. So um, we've got some new stuff in there and some of the old staples in there. Milk is off the chart. Yes, it's in there, but I get that from the facility. I did not. Um, I did not have to go shopping for that. So. Uh, and, play oh, the old 20- um, Carrie. Carrie got carrots. Yeah. And. And. So I think did, they, did somebody? Did somebody get the other one? I think Celeste got something last week. Uh, John's always good. John from Maryland's always good. Yeah. I didn't write another thing down. Well, you know, we're going to have to change this to, like, the 20 questions. It's vegetable, mineral, or animal. That then yes. Yeah, in your <laughs> 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 um, that works, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do we have a caller? Am I, I think keeping so. They, they might have hung up, but you know. Hello there. Oh, you're, no. You're on with Patricia. I was waiting for you. You almost put me asleep. I know. <laughs> well, what can I say? We we but we did it. Yeah. Who, uh, who is it? Have you got? Did you have you got MB's pickles in the refrigerator? It's Pat from Decatur, Illinois. I have. Pickles in the refrigerator, oh, right, Pat. but um, and I think Paul Paul got that last week, so you can take another shot. <laughs> I thought maybe they might be Aunt Bees, maybe. Aunt Bee pickles? No, they're not Aunt Bees. Um, Walden, that it's really loud okay. on here, and I, I don't know who this is. It's Pat. It's Pat. From yeah. It's Pat from Decatur. It's, it's Pat from Decatur. Oh, hi, Pat from Decatur. Okay, I yeah. don't talk to you often enough to recognize your voice. I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry to hear uh, Frank Versey passed away. Yeah. Well, yes. it, was not, it was not unexpected. I but know, but I, I, feel, I feel I knew it was going to happen. Yes, yeah. I, I, was, I was listening to it last night. Yeah. It was, it was very good. But but it, it was a, it, we had a fun show. People you rem- did. People reminisced about Frank, and, you know, it was, we had a good time with everybody. And uh, the, the nice thing about it was... Frank have told me years ago 
there's a lot of material that's never been played, so he wants me to start playing it once he passed away, so... Oh, uh, yeah. Frank Brzee will be around here long since Patricia and I will be more because there's, so mm-hmm. there's so much material in the archive. I know when you went off the air at 3, all of a sudden, I didn't get nothing. I don't know what happened. I turned the automation, and I thought I heard a little music, but maybe the, it didn't click on. I don't know. It didn't. On the blue, it didn't do nothing, but the red was okay. Well, they're having automation problems. Oh, uh, I knew they was having trouble. Yeah. You know what? Kim, it, the automation system that underscore Bill now wants to add other categories. And so Kim is scratching her head. How do you tell the, the, the system don't do that? You know, so... So they've got both the computer guys working on it, and so I I bet that's the issue. Oh, uh, okay, and I know? I think I checked it again, and you wasn't on the blue, so you're on the red. We're on the red. Okay. Well, maybe they got maybe they have it unplugged. Somehow. That may be, but I think a couple of times during the day it was on, but that was it. It sounds to me they're still having yeah. trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. So what you been up to? Well, we've been we've been uh, Patricia and I've been keeping busy. Uh, Bobby Brzee have asked Patricia and I to work on Frank Brzee's obituary, and that's been a major learning curve and trying to negotiate deals and prices. It's just unbelievable what the market's out there, but Patricia's come up with really creative ways oh. <laughs> to, to work around this thing, so we're working on it. And so that, that's been busy. Um, and Patricia, what about you? Anything anything new over there with you? No. No? Well, that's not really true. I'm starting to investigate places off-premises to live um, either in some kind of an assisted living facility where you know, I'll have somebody available yeah. if I do something stupid like fall. Now, now, which I haven't done any incidentally for more than two months, and and the last one was not a balance problem. It was, a, um, and you know, I just kind of sat down on the floor. <laughs> but um, I may have an opportunity for an apartment, and uh, I'm hopeful with that. So anyway, I'm well, investigating that. That's kind of exciting. If you do, pardon? Yeah, I'll, I hope you can get into an apartment. I, I hope so, too. I, I like you're getting better. She does. Oh, boy, am I ever. What yes. I'm, what I'm excited about. Yes, yes, yes. What I'm excited about, maybe they won't wake up at 5 during the morning if she has her own <laughs> apartment. Oh, if I have my own apartment, the only time I'll be up at 5.30 in the morning is before I go to bed. You know <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that may yes, be. Five, yes, 5.30 in the morning comes awfully early here, and you just barely have enough time to get to sleep before they serve breakfast, which should yeah. be banned as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but, but um, being short on sleep is a very small price to pay for being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Yeah, another thing I've, I've been listening to, I, I've mm-hmm. been listening to uh, Chuck Shaden. Every oh. oh, really? Yes. Chuck has a and what have you learned from Chuck Shaden? Well, uh, he's playing a lot of his old radio shows from, 70, from the 70s and 90s. Really? Yeah. Oh, how exciting! Well, you ha- oh, well, so I'll tell you what. What you'll have to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you can get, go to Vantage Broadcast. 
Vintage Broadcast. Yes. Or Vintage Broadcasts with an S. Yeah. Yes, with an S. Okay. Yes. Okay. Dot com? Yeah, I think so. Liz, I think I think it is. It okay. may be that dot com on computer, but it's but on my internet radio it's just vintage broadcast. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I know Chuck has a website, so if we search for Chuck Satan memory lanes, you can get to any mm-hmm. stuff on his website. Yeah. And cool. That's what it is on mine. But that's what it is on mine, but uh, it might be on speaking of radio too, maybe. But he run, but he has this run his old shows four times a day. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Great, Walden. Would you give a, a quickie bio on Chuck Shaden? Chuck Shaden is sort of the Frank. Really Bra- neat guy. Yeah, Chuck Shaden is sort of the Frank Brzee of the Midwest. Chuck been yeah. Chuck been doing it since the ninth during nineteen seventy. May first nineteen seventy. Yep, and he interviewed over two hundred people going yep. to days of radio. And he was very close to Fibber McGee. Yep. And he used to always come and, and out. Talking about the Fibber McGee. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know that that set that set that they done. Right. The seven uh, seven parter. Uh. They did a, a one night one night a week of the radio. Nights a week. Yeah. They're doing that every day every week. This they've been doing that for a whole month. That's nice because Chuck and Chuck had uh, Phil Leslie, Fibber McGee's writer, write the script. And with him and Fibber talking about what was on the radio each night of the week, and they would have Hal Perry or Gail Gordon drop in. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, wow. It, and it was heard nationally in 1974. Yeah. And uh, Chuck did that project. He. And I, I heard that on WGN when when they originally did it. Wow. Yeah. And. And I got the right, the disc set, but mm-hmm. you know they cut the shows out. Right. When Chuck Shaden's doing it now on, on the radio, right. he's playing the 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 whole complete show. See? See? Yeah, he's playing the the show that they cut out. They That's they good. The, They're playing the whole program on it for each each one. That's nice. It is. So it's so it's four hours long <laughs> instead of the fifty five minutes. Chuck is Chuck is a really super nice guy too, and it's just. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he is still decided. Even though he retired from his radio show in 2009, he, he he's yeah. having too much fun doing his podcast and his yeah, website. he he really like, and and another thing, well, he's doing that uh, memory lane too. Right, he's doing that every day, or they they run almost every day. But I know he does it like once a month or twice a month or. What I thought was neat, and Patricia. I think you would agree with this. Chuck wrote for a newspaper, and then he went and bought time on a radio station, started his radio show, and the local, he sold it to a local, I think, home savings or an SNL or a bank, some, a financial institution. And they were so impressed, they hired him to work in their PR office. Oh, I love it. So he made a career out of it. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, pretty amazing how... How so very cool. Yeah. So, well, very if you, cool. so if you get a chance to check that website, see what you can get. I will uh, do that. Thank hey. you for the heads up on it, Pat. Huh? Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you for the heads up on it. Yeah. And that what that way they're doing it, they're doing like, oh, let's say 8 o'clock, let's say my, my time. Mm-hmm. Like 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. they'll do maybe something from 78. Okay. 
or or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, maybe kind of hop around. Yeah, and maybe that afternoon, maybe like at two, they'll do something like from two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. So they'll go up, you know, a couple years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like eight o'clock that night, they'll go back and do the same show that they did that morning. Okay. From seventy-eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that. Then the like the next morning, like at two a.m., they'll do. Mm-hmm. They'll go back to the show that's at that that they did at two p.m. Right. Mm-hmm. But between shows, they they run other other things. Nice. But you just have to listen to it and see what you think of it. I will do that. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pat, for calling. Yeah. And I we'll thought I'd call in. a great week. Thank you. you. So good to done. talk to you again. And we'll talk to you soon, Pat. Okay. I'll talk to you another time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Dear friend Pat from Decatur. And if you like to become a family member, it's very simple. You should become a family member of Patricia Walden. All you need to do is call 714-545-2071. Bubble calls. She's always related. <laughs> so. Well, I have, I have a minor edit on what you just said. Okay. You can be in our family, but we won't know it unless you call there in. There you go. There you go. Is that better? Very good. Yeah. We have a big family out there. We do. Not everybody, yeah, not everybody feels comfortable calling in. But honest to goodness, it's like talking to your, I'm not going to say your mother because maybe you don't like your mother. (laughs) 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 Or maybe it's like, did you eat your vegetables tonight? Um, But anyway, it's like talking to a friend because we really are. Guess what I came across today? Uh, no, of course you can't guess. I hate it when Barbara does that to me. Guess what I saw today? It, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going through my folders and happened upon a couple of items about the great toilet paper conversation uh. we had in, <laughs> what, 2013? Yeah. So about five years ago. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was five years ago. Um, right, it's right, it right, it's right up behind the two-year-old debate. The national two-year-old debate. But I I came across a couple of statistics that the average, you know, I realize that this depends on the brand of toilet paper you use, but it says the average person, I think it should be the person uses an average of, in any event, 50 pounds of toilet paper a year. 50 pounds? Do Do you know how many trees we have to cut down to have 50 pounds of toilet paper I mean, toi- and look at what we do with it yeah but toilet paper is so right <laughs> i mean how many how many rules I know. make up, up a pound like, i know good grief that's an interesting thing can you believe that grown adults after 10 o'clock are sitting you're talking about toilet paper on the open air <laughs> <laughs> my dear celeste we had weeks of toilet paper five years ago Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's before I knew who you were. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had listened here from the here in Dallas, but then when I caught Bill, he said that he gave me the phone number and everything, and that's about a year ago I started calling in. Well, you, I just tell you, my lady in waiting, you are you will stoop to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the way the English players would have said it, you know, from the stage. <laughs> now, here, here's what I wanted to remind you of for your refrigerator. I think I guessed it. Celery stalks. Yes, it was. It, that's right. And I, when I just asked Walter, I said, I think somebody got the second one. You're right. It was celery. And I got new celery today to, to crunch mm-hmm. on. Yes. Good. Carrots and celery and pickles and milk and cheese and salad dressing and lettuce and... Patricia. Yeah, yeah. And Patricia. <laughs> Patricia. Yeah. Patricia. So, Patricia. But there are, there are other things. Other things. Patricia. It's a sizable refrigerator. <laughs> Patricia. Now, sometimes... Yes, well... Alden, you might look this up for the show, or you may not want to. Uh-oh. But you can do it any time. Uh-huh. Get on the music, any music track. Harry James. I think my husband was working with Harry James. In Las Vegas, he was just out there for two weeks. Right. Harry, I think it was Harry James that had a big hit on Celery Stalks at Midnight. <laughs> no. Name of a song. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know I don't have it. I would love to find that. That, that, sounds like, that would be a great topic, one. What great piece of music have interesting titles to it? Yeah. You know, that would be a fun evening of Is comedy. there not one... I don't know if it was just in the lyrics or the title, too, about <laughs> the milkman delivering that you can hear the milkman oh, yeah. in the back. Keep, keep those milk bottles quiet. Milkman, keep those bottles quiet. quiet. Uh, That's it. Yes. That's it. Okay. Well, and and like Pat Bass, you know, a song, uh, the way orchestras work is you play a set and then you go off and take a break and you do that maybe two or three night, times a night. And Count Basie's going off song used to be um, Keep Those Milk Bottles Quiet. <laughs> that was his song. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. I, and then he'd go, everybody would go for a break and come back in 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Uh-huh. A fun, yeah. a fun song that I always thought the, the title and the lyrics was always fun. It's the coffee song. When they got you got a lot of coffee in Brazil, and yeah. it, even the uh, the governor's daughter oh. find fifty dollars oh. if she drunk water in Brazil. Oh. You know. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what it is. And Frank Sinatra had a hit on it in his youth, and it went uh, the. the let me get it. Seemed seems just like a fifty dollar bill. They've got an awful lot of coffee in Brazil. Yeah, I think Frank Sinatra. Excuse me, my voice is terrible. That's okay. I think it's Frank Sinatra, Walter. He did have a hit, and then a lot of people covered it. But I think you're right. Frank had the first. Well, uh, yeah, I think he kind of, when he was still doing his hit parade, mm-hmm. the original hit parade, yep. I, I think that was on with that. You know what song, you remember when he was at the the hit parade the second time, the song that drove him crazy was the Woody Woodpecker song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because oh. That was a, that, that's right. That was a big hit for Kay Kaiser. That one. And that yeah. went to number one. And here, and here... Frank is the, the ultimate lyric singer, you know, I mean, all the great American songbook. And you could hear him just die every time when he had a... Oh, oh yes, he hated that. And, you know, I've forgotten who who took over Capitol that caused that to happen. Um, you know, he was a real tyrant. 
he used to have uh, Peggy uh, Peggy Lee, mm-hmm. Frank Sinatra, um, and Patty Page will never forgive him because the other ones refused to do how much is that dog he got in the window. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, somehow he persuaded her to do it. She said she'd never forgive herself. And she made a lot of money on it. Oh, yeah. I, it was a very popular song. Oh, one favorite. Oh, story, yeah. One favorite story about the Woody Woodpecker, Woody Woodpecker song. Harry Babbitt had he, Harry Babbitt had to play the Woody the Woodpecker part. You know, it was Gloria Wood with the female singer on okay. that on that song, and Harry Babbitt and the Kate Kaiser decided to take the summer off. So Harry and Gloria went to New York and had a like a, a you know a nightclub act. And they were singing the song every night. It was number one. And every morning, Harry Babbitt went down and had breakfast at the local drugstore. Oh, uh-huh. And, and somebody had all these nickels and was feeding the jukebox. Oh. And it over and over. Oh, and no. Over. Oh, I, man. I, at 20, and and the, the guy who ran the store went over and broke the jukebox. <laughs> and he was so upset. After, and... And he went over and told Harry, I'm sorry, I don't know who sang that song. I can't stand it. Of course, Harry never told him that was him. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can see somebody kicking their foot through one of those big machines. That's one way to stop it, I guess. <laughs> oh, dear. Dear, dear. And those things, could, those things had to be expensive. I mean, I've uh, They were extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah. they really were. Well, and the arm came over and got the 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 uh, big black platter, you know, the, and would flip it in, and then the needle would automatically come out. They were they were kind of uh, fun to watch. They were gone by the time I was in junior high and high school. But when I was little, I used to tag along with my brother, and he hated that. Oh, he hated that. He didn't want his oh. little sister to go with him anywhere. That's right. Nobody wants their little sister along. You know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I got to where I'd, he'd give me some nickels, and I'd sit by the machine and just enjoy the music. <laughs> anyway. Well. Okay, we're going to look up now, Walden, when you can. Yeah. Celery Stalks at Midline. That's it's a great a, song. It's a pretty song. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there, Miss Celery, what are you up to? I'm not up to anything. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, you feeling this, pretty this, good? Today was yeah. outing day. We went to Walmart today. Yay! Oh, that, oh, good for you, honey. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice when you get chauffeured. They, the van. They have a van here, and they take us around and different. Oh, that's Saturday. good. So today was Walmart day. So I got. I I had an accident in the bakery. Uh oh. Um, I walked past a shelf, you know, uh-huh. and I saw a dollar fifty. When was the last time you could buy anything in a bakery for a dollar fifty? Whatever. It was a box of six honey buns. I cannot tell a lie. I bought the thing. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm going to get punished, but I bought them, and I'm going to love them. So. Oh, I, I, think, I think you'll be safe as long as you don't eat the celery stalk with the honey buns. <laughs> oh. I don't I think that, that would, would be a good combination yeah, I thought, at all. I thought, 
Uh, I thought the celery sticks would counteract the honey bun. Well, see, see I was going to tell Patricia. That might be. <laughs> I was telling Patricia, it, it, all the vegetables she was ne- reading off in the refrigerator, I want to know, you put bunny ears on while you eat your rabbit food, Patricia? I mean, you got so many. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't need to put them on. They grow by themselves. I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Well, I'm a, I know people are anxious to hear you, and I'll get off so you two can go on and just eat celery stalks at midnight. Perfect. We will, my dear. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, Walden, yeah. that was so funny. When I called you the other day, I was in the middle of a conversation and just burst onto so I called, and she was trying to mm-hmm. call a friend. And she actually called me, and so I was starting to speak Spanish. I recognized that beautiful voice of our Celeste. <laughs> I said, that's you, Celeste? And there she was. I think she was flabbergasted. I hear Celeste was speaking Spanish, and I could pick it out who it was. <laughs> you could. Well, I love you, too, and go on and have a good show and just play that celery stalks at midnight. All right, we'll do that. All right. Crunch, crunch. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's Bye. really brand new and crunchy. <laughs> yeah. Good Bye. night, Celeste. Thank you. Bye. 714 our number. We're here mm-hmm. on a Saturday mm-hmm. night. And it's and June. Y- yeah. And go ahead. It's June 9th. Next, next Saturday. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> next Saturday, Bubbles will have a Father's Day poem. That's right here through the grapevine. She, That's true. She has she has put me on alert that it's not a poem. Uh-oh. I have put her on alert that we asked for a poem. <laughs> and she said, it's not a poem. <laughs> so, so it's not a poem. We'll be here next Saturday. <laughs> Well, how is this going to make her poetry book? I mean, uh, are we going to start a Beats second? Me. Are we going to start a nope. second book? I mean, I, I told. She said, "Why does it have to be a poem?" I said, "That's what you were hired to do." She <laughs> said, "You're not paying me." I didn't have an answer. Well, because you could say, "I'm your, I'm your adorable sister." Who should fo- you should follow her, her request? Or yeah. I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> that always works, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned to me, um, I don't know, last last week, one night when we were talking, about taking votes on the rotation for the evening shows. We, that's right. Um, it's, it's time. We haven't done it in a while. Are, 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 is the family happy with the lineup on 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock West Coast, Monday through Friday for a half hour? It's called Listener Choice. Right now, it's Gunsmoke with Bob Burrow on Monday. And it looks like Bob is coming out to California, so we might have lunch with him, maybe, if it all works out. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. They're visiting. They're not moving, right? No, they're visiting for six days. They're visiting. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see. They're, 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 okay. They're with friends. So we'll see mm-hmm. if, it, if it pulls off. Uh, Tuesday, is Ken Goff and Amos and Andy. Ken's going to be our special live guest Friday, July 13th. You know, he, he'll... Well, he'll be on the grill with John and Larry. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is Family Theater. Thursday is John Gaffman doing Detective, but I, that's not always been making the the uh, the cut because either the automation system or John or somebody is sweeping or something. And then on Friday, it's the legendary. It's the Rock of Yesterday USA. <laughs> 
a rock. I love it. I love it. And it is legendary because that's all you've been getting for the last year is legendary. And I have to, when we finish with our chores for this week, I I will get back to doing shows. I'm working on my big computer now, so there is no excuse. None. None. See, if, if Patricia moves into her apartment, she's going to be dangerous. Well, the world won't be safe. Oh. Oh, you have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm so excited and I'm so pleased what, what, what recovery you have made over the last year, of course, my dear. You've done. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh, yes. We are, we are so blessed and grateful to have you put back together. I come to yeah. you know. I was talking to one of the physical therapists yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> I said, you probably don't remember, Kath, but about a month into this, you were my physical therapist one day, and I said, i got to brush my teeth. So I went in and brushed my teeth. I was so uncoordinated, I could not get the cap back on the toothpaste tube. Wow. Couldn't do it. I kept missing the toothpaste tube. And look at me now. Yeah. I'm a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up already. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's my story. Yes, I am doing very well, and I am very happy with that. And we'll see. You know, apartment would really um, be a better deal for me than, you know, as, as long as I'm not out in the middle of the woods in a yeah. treehouse somewhere. But um, we'll see. It might, well, if it, if it all works out, it g- might give you a little more flexibility. Exactly. And exactly. And more privacy, yeah. which is really a big thing for me. Um, and that's not what I have here. No. So, you know, it was a small sacrifice to um, to get back to what I've, I've been doing and to where I am now. It's a small price to pay, but privacy is really important to me, and you really don't have very much in a, in a facility. So. And you'll have a private <gasps> phone line, so I can talk to you anytime I feel like it, you know? That is true. That is ever so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, so. Patricia, I don't know if people may or may not know, sometimes when we've done the live show, Patricia and I might get on the phone after the show is done and just talk for another hour to 90 minutes or whatever. So it's just... <laughs> until we be quiet or until Patricia says, I'll leave it's, you alone now. Or, or, or <laughs> Walden, I see the sun coming up, you know. And oh, yes. <laughs> this is true. Uh, we did do that several times, oh, didn't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. oh, Walden, it's daylight. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, it's nice that that daylight arrives every once in a while. That's true. Mm-mm-mm. That's true. Well, everybody, someone four five four five two zero seven one. It's going to be Christmas in July fairly soon. We'll we'll plan some Christmas things, even though Patricia got a Ooh. handful at the moment. But she has some ideas. Ooh. What is new? Ooh, I have to I have to get in touch with Ted Sylvester, huh? Ah, I would say Ted would be good. Yes, Ted for and Toys for Tots is Colonel Sylvester. Colonel, and we probably should ask for Toya to do her Christmas, a Christmas story she might have in her life. That might be good to sure. ask her, too. Yeah, and I, I think it's important uh, to talk with him in July, not only because it's our Christmas and he is a Christmas person, 
but that's the time of the year that they really start gearing up and making plans and making sure that they're going to have enough toys coming in and they depend so much. 80%. And You know, when, when Bill Grine, Major Bill Grine was with us for um, how many years? Four years? Five years? Something like that, yeah. 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 Um, and, and he would come and talk with us about Toys for Tots and he seemed to concentrate on the corporate gifts. Uh, they had mm-hmm. um, just huge help from places like Mattel and uh, Toys R Us. And I thought, you know, well, we're not really corporate people, you know. uh, You know, I felt like, gee, maybe the individual gifts didn't carry as much weight as I thought they did. And last time Ted was with us, Colonel Ted Sylvester, I asked specifically, maybe not the time before, how much, what percentage of the work that they do with toys comes from individual gifts, and he said 80%. That's how important your gift is for Toys for Tots. So we love Toys for Tots. They do such a wonderful job for kids who many of them wouldn't even have a Christmas, never mind a good Christmas. And uh, so we we love to talk with them, and um, that really impressed me, 80%. 80% of the gifts they give come from individuals. Yeah, you know, I bet if we go to charitable giving in general, I'm thinking of food banks and shelters, a lot of it are small donation. You know, yeah. cor- the, the, the corporate, the giving is really important. But the, the little guy, the average Mr. and Mrs. America, we make mm-hmm. a big difference to a lot of these things. We help. We help get them. We are the difference. Yes. Yeah. You're right. We We are are the difference. We are important that way. Hello there, y'all. With Mm -hmm. Patricia. Hi, Walton. Hello, Karen. How are you? Yeah. Hi, Patricia. Well, hello, Karen. I haven't talked to you forever. Oh, are you moving to a new apartment? A possibility. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see what happens in the well, next week or well, two. Will you, will you be able to have a pet there if you want a cat or something? It depends on uh, what I have. And honestly, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that having a pet would be fair to the little kitty. Um, but I mean, do you have a I'm, pet now? No, I, nothing pardon? now. No pet now. No, I don't have a cat now because I'm still in the rehabilitation facility. However... The facility has a cat. Can oh, you imagine? Got you. They named him Charlie, and he just adopted the place, and he comes in the front door and <laughs> walks around and goes back out. And it's, it is just so cool. He leaves everybody alone. He patrols the hallway. <laughs> he is just such a you, sweet little cat. When I was a Medicaid auditor, you know, when I still had pretty good sight, uh-huh. I always yeah. were auditing a um a nursing home that had a cat, couple cats that came in, and the head uh-huh. auditor, uh, you know, they had cat food, so we allowed like three hundred a year for cat food. And the <laughs> and the head, and there was this lady I worked with who was a real, real nasty. And yeah. I said, "Come on, it's only three hundred bucks. The cats bring joy to the people. I'm keeping it in my." Uh, Bank statement. So, like, when you get, if you do get your apartment, how are you, will you be able to drive or can't you drive anymore? Yes, and I have my car here and I've been driving, which I think is 
warming people up to the idea of inviting me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I, I am so. Yeah, a couple of people so in this hard. last week have said. A couple We're of so people have said just this okay. week. You don't need to be here, do you? Yeah. Say that again, please, Karen. I stepped right on you. No, I am with so sorry to hear about Frank. Yeah. Oh well, yes. But yeah. did it happen? It. Well, no, no, he passed away Tuesday on my birthday in the evening. He was oh, put, well. he was put in hospice a week last Friday, so we knew it was close. But you know, he's been battling for eight and a half years. Oh, because I know I remember when uh, I was at the FOTR. Yes. And I met you and your dad there, yep. and, and Kim, yep. and uh, and uh, uh, you could tell he was, you know. And I, I think Albert was there too. And mm-hmm. one thing I remember about Boggy, Bobby, she made was a great cook. She's a great cook. Yep. Uh, they talked about her chocolate cake. Yep. And they would go out to a movie, and then they would go to visit Bobby's mother. Yep. And uh, how is Bobby doing? Yeah, she's crying, you know. I mean, she lost, her know, mom, she lost her mom like a year and a half ago, and now losing Frank. It's, it's, it's a hard... Tough. It's hard, I think. Except because uh, I've lost all of my family except for... I have a cousin in Virginia that uh, deals with me. But beside that, because of the... Uh, when I became blind... Most of the family said they didn't want to be bothered That's so sad. Oh my God. with me because oh, it was So, I, you know what I uh, did? Um, uh, since I come from a blue-collar family in Jersey, and when things got really bad in our house, my dad would put on the country music. There was like an old country music station he'd put on. He said, as long as we got our faith in God, food on the table, our friends and our family, then we're rich. So the pe- when people started letting me go, and a lot of people did, uh, I do what my former minister tells us to do. When you can't deal with it, tie a knot in the rope. Rely on your faith and love others. And I, so with the love I don't get from, didn't get from my family, which took me years to get over that, I try to give it to other people. Yeah. And when I go out places, because with my uh, new knee, because uh, uh, I started riding the subways, and, I, and uh, uh, I've been going around town on the train and going up to the stores and stuff. And, and oh, Wow, I'm so proud of you. Yay! <laughs> but I'll tell you, I look like a monkey because I have to go on the subway step on the left-hand side and I put my cane over my arm, and then I go down, and then uh, you know I, I do one hand does the uh, rail, and and uh, uh, but uh, everybody in my 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 place here says, my God, if I were in your condition, I wouldn't go out. But I'll tell you what happened to me. I had to go to Penn Station, mm-hmm. and what I did is took the number one train up there, and uh, I had. I had my capri pants on, and, you know, I, I got a few pair of them, and I made sure that my, my score, that six-inch score on my knees shows. I call that my fashion statement. <laughs> Julie, Julie Chen should have me on the talk. <laughs> and and, and uh, so I was walking, and there, there was this nurse with some students, and she saw me walking. She said, 
girl, lady, young lady, this woman is blind. She has walking on two different knees. This is the kind of woman you should look up to when everybody started clapping in the station. Oh. And, uh, and uh, I went to the wrong place, so I got took the subway and got off another stop, took two more trains, and, and finally, finally got to where I wanted to go. Wow. You finally got there. Karen, I am so proud of you. I just love this. You can't hear me smile, but I'm smiling. Yeah, and uh, uh, but so you will be able to. So you are driving. That's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I was got. I was selling my. I had people looking at my car to sell, uh-huh. and nobody wanted it. Mostly because it's a standard shift. You know, a clutch. And nobody a wants change shift those anymore. Uh-huh. You know, Nobody, yeah, except, except me. I wanted it, and, and it took want, a long time to find it. Right. Uh-huh. That's what she wanted. So I've still got it, and now I can drive. So I'm really glad I didn't sell it. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad, too. So when do you think you'll be moving, or will it be if, now, will it, it be depends. subsidized? Yeah, it, or? yeah it'll, it'll be, yeah, probably, yes. Um, and it, it will be when I find a place. They're not anxious to get me out but one day i'm going to have to because i'm, I'm answering patients call bells you know, so. oh god oh um, yeah yeah but i know when i was like, in the rehab center with after my knee i was in there for uh-huh. like six, 16 days and then they let me go home and then vns started visiting me but i was um when i was in the they they said well we're a little bit scared working with blind people i said Listen to me. I've been in the blind business for some so many years. Like when I went blind, uh, you know, people don't know how to talk to you. So after I got used to it thoroughly and got used to the family didn't want me anymore, uh, I would explain if I needed help. Experience, uh, I'm blind and I need some directions. As you can see, I'm in the blind business. I sell uh, level or blinds and I look like J-Lo. But I have hair, or I feel my way around like a dirty old man. What can I tell you? And and uh, mostly I'll say that to a guy, and he'll take me to where the uh, uh, the, the you know the handle of the subway mm-hmm. starts before you yeah. go downstairs. But now, um, like uh, I had I because of the jaws and the screen readers, I have a slight hearing problem, and I have a little buggy. Um, hearing aids I wear when I go outside because you need uh-huh. to hear all the traffic here. Sure. And because uh, if you don't know how to travel very well with a cane or a dog, you can get yourself in serious trouble out I here. I'll get I've been in the yeah. wine business for like 27 years now. And I told them, look, you tell me what you need to tell me. I'll take care of the blind business. <laughs> and that's how we worked and everything went. Real, real well. And one man saw me on the street. He said, if I were in your condition, I wouldn't go out anywhere. I said, look, mm-hmm. God gave me a life to live, and I'm going to live it. And I'm looking for some blind organizations to get into, and uh, I'm doing some computer help for one of my friends, and another one of my friends is having difficulties. So one thing I have learned in life is how to get over uh Bad times. You are a survivor, Karen. What can I say? 
because uh, when I had all my retina surgeries, I had 11 of them. And uh, one of the retina doctors said, you know, you're a survivor. You're almost losing your sight. And you walk around my office like you've got 20-20, mm-hmm. and you take the subway. You give me a gray hair every time you come in. <laughs> and when I was rent- at the retinal office, my eyes would not dilate. I would be on the bench for six hours until they dilated, and he would take a look. And after I had my retina surgery, I had to go like every three months. And if I got there 9 o'clock in the morning, if I got out of there by 2 and was able to go home, then I was lucky. But... Uh, where can uh, my boyfriend Roger is here, and and uh, uh, we have coffee hour uh, every uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I go to that. Good. And uh, um, money things are still pretty tight, but it looks at the end of in the middle of nineteen two thousand nineteen, I'll be debt free. Hooray! Oh, uh, but we're still oh, like the frugal frugal living. Um, because since my operation, uh, the other day, um, I went to an eyebrow place and I had my, Patricia, have you ever had your eyebrows threaded or do do you wax them? I don't do anything. They're just (laughs) there. Because, uh, I don't know, I, I, when I, when I, before my operation, I would go every two months just to have them threaded because I couldn't stand the waxing. And, uh, and let me tell you, if you go to Walmart and you want some makeup that's very cheap and it's very good, um, um, her her name is uh, Jo Barrymore, and she has a set like you can get a makeup set for like thirteen dollars. Like I got wow. a thing with makeup on one end and blur stick on the other end for thirteen. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever in Walmart and you're looking for something, try the stuff. It's very pigmented, so you need very little of it. Okay. But uh, if you wear some stuff, you might be happy trying that. All right. Thank you. Well, yeah. Karen, it is well, so good to hear from you, and I'm so happy that you called in. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to. Walden? Yes, dear. Uh, you, you, you take care now, we okay? Will. We will, okay. Karen. Well, take care. God bless you both. Okay, Karen. We do. God too. bless we love you, you, too. Bye. Good night, Karen. Karen's New York, who what, we used to... What a sweetheart. Oh, yeah. She, she, she used to hang out with us at FOTR with Kim and I. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. She would get on the subway and come all the way from New York into New Jersey and have wow. a great time, wow. you know, with us. And just... Those are happy Subway system can be a scary place if you're not familiar with what connects where to whom and stuff like that there. Um... <laughs> You'd be like the Kingston Trio on the MTA. Yep. Do you remember that song? I sure do. Big hit. Charlie, Charlie on the MTA, yeah. yes. Yeah. He didn't want to pay the extra nickel. The, pre- the fares had gone up while he was riding the MTA. <laughs> <laughs> His wife would throw him a sandwich every day as the train went by. He refused yeah. to get off the train and pay the nickel. I interviewed that was a great last, song. I I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I interviewed the last survivor of the Kingston Trio a couple years ago, Bob Shane, who would do founder of it but ah. great music great music of they did they they did such a good job yeah. and the banjo in the background uh-huh 714 so our number you can give us a call yeah we do have a number mm-hmm. 
Well, can I tell you more about the toilet paper? Please do. <laughs> it's, it's here. <laughs> yes. Please do. Okay. How many? Do you remember how many sheets a day the average person uses? Well, I remember how many sheets were in a container. But let's see, a day. I would say forty. Forty sheets. I think that sounds reasonable. Okay. Somebody. Somebody watched the wrong group of people, and it says 175 <laughs> sheets a day. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't have that many places to use it on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could dry yourself after a shower with 175 sheets of toilet well, it paper. Makes you wa- I mean, any- it makes you wonder, are there some people that do, do it? <laughs> <laughs> Just because they've got nothing better to yeah. do. Yeah, do they do it a few times a day, that way to get to 175? Oh, that's funny. You know, I guess they could use it for other things, like women using it instead of tissues for makeup, and people using it for tissues, period. I don't know what else you could use it for. What else could you use it for? Well, if you spill something, it it absorbs water up pretty well. Yeah, I know, but it's it's not as good as paper towels. No, no, but... And pretty expensive for for wiping up water. I guess so. Yeah. It's sure. When you're, when you're in a hurry, you, you gra- at least I do. I grab anything when I'm when I knock something down. You know, my first choice is always. It's true. Go yes. for the ra- if, yes. Go for the hand rag. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yes. Well, 175 sheets a day. Maybe somebody next week can. We'll have done some homework and figured out ways to use 175 sheets of toilet paper every single day. That would be a great uh, topic. How many rolls? How, I'm sorry, go ahead. That would be a great topic. What have we all spilled in the kitchen and that required a mountain? <laughs> oh, gosh. We can write that down. It, it's an interesting topic, you know. Uh, what did we I, I was so uncoordinated and, and just so off balance. About two weeks before I got really sick, mm-hmm. I dropped a gallon of milk on the floor sideways. Oh, jeez. And I had to figure out a way to bend over and get it up before it emptied. Yep. Well, it was summertime, and it was very hot. And oh, it wasn't summertime. It was, well, it was May. So maybe it was hot because mm-hmm. it was up in the 90s today. Right. Um, <laughs> my confession is before I started to clean it up, I was standing in it, and it felt good. <laughs> I mean, I tried. It was puddled all around me on my feet. What? It took forever didn't to clean some, it up. Didn't some people take a milk bath? Whatever a milk bath supposed to do for you? Yes. Yes. Cleopatra used to take milk baths. You That's know. what I mean. I don't know how would how would they know Cleopatra takes milk baths? <laughs> really? I mean, you don't get milk residue in Pompeii. Yeah. So what she disaster? I remember. There. I I bought in the family grocery. My mom had some wine. She bought at the grocery store, and I put mm-hmm. the I put the paper towel down on the kitchen floor, and somehow I broke the the wine bottle, and there was wine starting to spill all over the floor. Mm-hmm. You know that that's what I remember. You know, definitely. Mm-hmm. Smelled good. No, I guess so. <laughs> Smelled like Joe's Pub <laughs> for, for a couple of hours. Yes, 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 indeedy. 
Yes, indeedy. Well, I do have some stuff. Hold on just a minute. Besides the toilet paper, 85 million rolls of toilet paper a day. For, don't forget. And it's if made, you, yeah. If you know what's in Patricia's refrigerator, 714 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, hmm. and stuff. Okay. All right. Well, let me see what we've got here. Um, which city, this is for you, which city in the United States is the bank robbery capital of the world? I'll give you three tries. Oh, gosh. I, I'm trying to think of the name, uh, Florida, John from Florida, where he's from, in Indiana, you know, where he saw Dillinger. Um... How about Indianapolis, <laughs> Indianapolis uh, Indiana? No. That's one. Uh, Chicago, Illinois. That's two. Wow. New York City. That's three. Struck it's out. Los, huh? Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Yeah. Wow. You have you have lots of banks in the well, you, that's, that's a pretty moneyed area. Yeah, but and, you, you know, know here, actually all of California is moneyed at this point, you know. Yeah. You don't hear about the, all the bank robberies. I guess if it has to make a big bank robbery, if it makes the news, I guess. <laughs> I the, the guess I, if you're the bank robbery capital of the world, you get tired of hearing and they don't even bother to report them anymore. I have a bank robbery story for you. Oh, cool. Okay. How much did you get? Was it a good heist? <laughs> oh, so it's a, it's a, not, not that it, kind of story, it's, huh? It's a, it's, a better, it's a better story than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in the seventies, in when my mom was working out the Irvine Ranch, uh, one of her close friends was Mary Driggers. Mary was a character. She was older and always fought for you know, for the for the gal who worked at the ranch to always have an equal time off with the the gal to work in the corporate office at the at corporate headquarters. She was always trying to make everything fairly equal. So she was very opinionated. And so she walks into the bank one day and she knows everybody going down. And she saw these guys with guns and they told her the way down. And she said, I will not. The floor is dirty. She thought they were shooting <laughs> a movie. And so I will sit over here. And actually she sat down over there. Then she realized she walked into a bank robbery. She thought they were what? She thought they were doing, shooting a movie. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the hazards of living in California. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, you okay. know, it's funny. Somebody like that is least likely to get shot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's the bank robbery story I like to tell. I mean, when Mary <laughs> walked in a, a current bank robbery, you know. Yeah. That's a goodie. Yeah. That's a goodie. I like that. Yeah. I don't have any bank stories. I have all bad bank <laughs> stories, but nothing <laughs> exciting. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, I was going to tell you something mm -hmm. else tonight. Oh, I've got all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, Facebook. I was going to tell you about yes. Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm going to stop reading the news. I have stopped <laughs> watching the news. I do not watch the news. And you used, I'll get to, be back a, and to, you used to be a major news junkie. I am. I'm a news junkie, but it is so, it's getting to me. Um, it, it was, it's similar to what happened to me after 9-11. Mm -hmm. I was 
so overloaded with what was happening that I just had to take a break. I, I stopped watching the news for a week. I really needed it for good mental health and physical health. So I'm thinking about doing it again. I, I read the newspapers, and that's okay. So there you are on with um, Patricia. She can't take it anymore. She needs a milk bath. She needs a milk <laughs> bath. Yeah. Our Patricia needs a milk, a milk bath. Who takes? Who, uh, who said that? Who said that? I know it's Dan. What did you say about a milk bath? I said you need to take a nice milk bath. Why? To calm your nerves. You're watching yeah. too much news. You need a sabbatical. How do you rinse off milk and not stink when you dry? Well, milk milk's easier than cheese or butter. Well, I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't know anybody who took a bath in cheese, Dan. Did you have a nap or did you just wake up? Is that the problem? <laughs> Hi, how are you? This is Dan in Indiana. And this is Jeopardy, Jeopardy won. He pulled the triple crown. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. I heard all about that. I, I wish I'd put some money on that. He, he got bet down to three to five, so it wasn't. A, it wasn't a. Uh, wasn't no big deal. <laughs> yeah, he, but it was fun to see him run. But it was, we, we didn't. Yeah. Dad put him in some exotic bets, but we didn't put any straight money what down. Was, what was the number of the gate he came out of? Do you know? One. He was pole position number one. Oh, uh, uh, perfect. Yeah. So. Perfect. Now, I don't I don't know if it's true or not, but someone told me that he was a great great grandson of Sectariat. I haven't looked it up yet. But I'd be Ooh. fine if he yeah. was yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but, bloodline but, here. Uh, wow. Well, Secretary, they were talking Secretary, They were talking Secretary traditionally didn't have really good babies, you know. his his offsprings were not always great runners, you know. So uh so maybe his great 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 grandson is a runner. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. Seattle Slew had great offspring. Seattle Slew kids like the run, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. not secretary yet. Yes, but it was nice. Uh, they said that they were talking about, you know, and we got a lot of the, uh, lot of, you know, feature stories on, you know, the trainers, the horses. Mm-hmm. They said this horse would come out and if they, if he saw a camera, he'd stop and pose. And some horses were oh, like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're him. I'm sorry, I didn't save them. Someone sent me two pictures: a little girl standing in front of a horse. I guess it was in the middle of New York City, one of the horse carriages or something. She was standing in front of the horse, and the horse was kind of leaned over, looking into the camera as well. And she tipped her head and smiled, and the picture had the horse tipping his head and smiling. You could see all of his teeth, the two of them. It was just a riot to see that. So that was the first time I realized that horses were aware of that kind of attention, and I thought it might have been just an individual, but you're telling me it wasn't. No. No, it's common. I mean, it it happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. Funny. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. Dan, Dan, when you had the farm, did you guys have horses on the farm? Only when the neighbor's horses got out and came over to our farm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nibbled on the goodies, huh? <laughs> there, there were times uh, when we would we we would have one field that was our where we raised our hay, 
and we had oh, and our farm was our farm was completely fenced in you know mm-hmm. from one end of the other to the other but you know if we had baled hay on in this field lately we had one field on the north side of the farm that was a half a mile from one end to the other big field wow yeah so we had a gate at this field that we would you know sometimes keep open if we didn't have cattle up there mm-hmm. there were times when there were times when the neighbor's horses would get out and they go you know graze in our hay field and there were times when times when we would close the gate and then call the neighbor and say, "Hey, we've got your horses over here." <laughs> uh-huh. It'll cost so. you twenty bucks a head to get them out. Oh my goodness! Just this is a serious question. I don't yes. know how long it it would take for you to realize that the horses were in the hay. How much in dollars could they eat in a day, or per horse? Well, now, you know, this field is where we would bale hay, so it was basically just, you know, uh, grass, you know. We'd have hay bales in another spot. Okay, so. Yeah. So they They were just grazed while it was still standing before you baled it. Exactly. Did you use round bale? Did you you use the, I forget, the wheels? What did your bales look like? We square baled... uh, many years until we started raising tobacco in 1981. Then we had to use the barn space for our tobacco. Okay. All right. How long How long did for half a mile? Wow. How many acres did, did you use for hay? We had one field that had um, about 16 acres in one spot, and then we had another little field off that had about nine acres. Yikers. Wow. Okay. Yes. How long did it take you to bale the 16 acres? Well, it just really depended on how heavy the hay was and, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it was usually, you know, two, three days at least, you know, from the... Well, you had to cut cut the hay, then you had... to let it cure, then you had to rake the hay, then you had to bale the hay. Yeah. So the baled hay had already been cured in the field. You cut it first and then baled it. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clearly, there had to exactly. be some moisture. That they weren't uh, powder dry grasses. So when you baled Correct. it, there was some moisture in there. Did it ever build up enough heat to ignite? Well. Uh, at times, uh, if it was uh, had a lot of moisture, sometimes you would have to put salt on it to uh, to. Did we lose we lost Dan? Him. Oh, Dan, move to a different place. <laughs> Maybe a phone call. Keep walking. Yeah. Keep walking. Uh, okay. There you go. Hear me? Okay, there, there you, you are. Sometimes you would okay. have to put salt on it to absorb absorb the. To absorb the moisture, to keep yeah. it from heating. Yeah. Yeah. And it would do that. Well, the the moisture in the center of the bale would be what heated up the most. Is that is that correct? Yes, that's, that's right. It, uh-huh. it, it would be the center that started heating, and it would spread out from there. So, how did the salt affect mm-hmm. that? It would it would uh, disappoint uh, dissipate the moisture. Okay, so I, I guess if 
if I'm hearing you correctly, if you use salt on the outside, it would be a process of osmosis. If you dried everything out really dry on the top, then it would naturally draw moisture from inside. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Oh, hey. Oh, I'm passing science to, to kindergarten <laughs> one. <laughs> kindergarten <laughs> one-on-one. <laughs> this is good. Exactly. This is good. Exactly. Mm. Didn't know you won't have a science lesson, did you? No, but you always have such good information, just fun stuff. Did you, do you, are you, you're on Facebook, is that correct? Yep, Dan and I are huh? Facebook buddies. Yeah. Okay, I sent okay. Walton a happy birthday message That's on, right. was it Wednesday? Yep, yep, you said, uh, uh, my birthday was Tuesday, and I think you sent mine on Wednesday. Yep, you, yep, I appreciate that. I had like 80, yep. 86 to 100 people wish me happy birthday. It's a wonderful way to do that, you know. I I talked yeah. to I talked to somebody I talked to I think Dane in Dane Indiana this week Dan. Yeah, I I sent a message to uh, I forget the lady's name, but I I sent her a message. I said, "Hey, I'm in, in Indiana too." I said, "Where are you?" And she's in uh, Bloomington, I believe. Ah. But but anyway, right. I talked to, I, to I, I talked to the Early Pile Museum this week. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, and how was that? Wonderful. It, this is a heartwarming story, I thought. And Patricia, you know, Ernie Powell, of course, was the World War II correspondent who won the Bolshevik Prize. He was during the every soldier eyes and ears, and he wrote mm-hmm. that way. And he was killed in World War II. And the museum was his birthplace in a small town in Indiana. And the in it was part of the Indiana Museum uh, system until 2009. And the system the museum, the system, the museum thought it passed its time. So they decided to drop it. And they wanted to close the museum. And the local citizens didn't like that idea. So the local residents of the small town have opened it back up and they run it themselves. And I thought that was such oh, a heartwarming wow. story that they they still saw the value of World War II. And, um... So we had a wonderful conversation. We're going to play that and, and we'll show the way to Ernie Powell here on a future Friday. But I just, we, we were really impressed with, with the people at the museum, Dan. Yes, I have not been there, but I've heard good things about it. I remember when they were having uh, financial trouble. Yeah. And it uh, seems like they always come through up there. And, uh, of course, you've... Did you talk to the people at the Red Skelton Museum? Nope, they, we, we sent an email. That they 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 promise they get back to me and they never have, so okay. maybe you can reach out for me for me, Dan. And let them know that I am really a true human being. You know, we love to have them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I had I had lunch with them like I think the week after you spoke to them. I had lunch with them down at Jasper, at a, a museum uh, or at a, a museum meeting on a on. Putting on using uh, social media, mm-hmm. and I put in a plug for you. Then maybe that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, I, I, he I belongs to, to Dan. I, I, I also talked to the John Wayne Museum in his hometown in Iowa this week. Uh-huh. It's a town of five thousand people. It's, it's, they have one employee. He had raised two million dollars to build the museum. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. incredible. There's one guy out raising that kind of money. 
to open up a museum to celebrate John Wayne's birthplace. That's that's a major undertaking to do something like that. It is. It is quite a bit. Yep. Hey, I'm really sorry to hear about Frank Bruce. Yeah. It was not unexpected. You know, he's been yeah. battling for a long time. And he was put in hospice last Friday, so Patricia and I have been busy. We've been all working behind the scenes to, you know, get things put together for Bobby. And uh, Bobby's a strong woman. She was trying to be ahead of the curve while Frank was alive. And, but it's just, it's hard. You know, you, you, you're losing your loved ones that keep been married to for 40 years. And, she, you know, mm-hmm. she just lost her mom a year and a half ago. So she's really feeling alone right now. And I think we're all trying to give her as much support as possible. You know? It's yeah, just, exactly. You know, it's yeah. just so hard. I have news that I, you may not have heard since you've been busy yeah. this week. Uh, did you hear about, I believe the fellow's name was Jerry Marin? Yes, I was trying to find him. He was the last... Wizard of Oz Monkey who just passed away. Uh, I think that was Wednesday or it was midweek, I believe. Midweek. He was 98. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was also part of the Smiling Ed Buster Brown radio show. He used to uh-huh. be the, uh, Hi, I'm, I ha- I'm Buster Brown. And this is my dog, Ty, oh. too. He did that for a while. But he was the last yeah. of the Wizard of Oz little, little, what the, the monkeys, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the group. So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wow. amazing. Uh, uh, that's amazing to live to 2018, and gosh, that movie was filmed in 38, I guess. 39, yeah. 39. I I, I didn't know it if it was there, filmed in the prior, but uh, there is still Judy Garland stand-in is still around from the movie. I don't know how many else are left. You know, uh, uh, like for the movie Gone with the Wind, with with the same year, there's still three cast members still alive. Yes. And that's amazing. Here, both movies are celebrating their 80th birthday next year, and we still got people associated with it with it today. That is amazing. It is amazing. That is quite amazing, yes. How's Patricia been doing? You're, look, you're, you're looking at getting your own pad now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, go out on your own. Yeah, now that I gave oh, no. everything away, <laughs> I cleaned out my apartment. I had no place to put stuff. We'll have to do a fundraiser for Patricia, you know. This is true. We'll do this a little Send food. Mm-hmm. Send food. I mean, we got Patricia a refrigerator. You That's know? right. But, oh, gosh. But we, Oh, I just love that. We'll have to give her another one. That way she can have two refrigerators. Mm. She's not going to lose this one. <laughs> she's going to take this one with her. I'll have one on each side of the room. Uh-huh. I won't have to walk very far. <laughs> well, that way you have your office in one room. I don't know if we, did we ever tell the family, I don't know if we ever told the family how you had your old apartment set up, that really your office was your bedroom and your and your right. bedroom was your office. You had things backwards in there. Yeah, I did. My I had my office. It was a one-bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. I had my office in the bedroom. And if the IRS ever showed up, there is no question that no self-respecting person would sleep in that room the way I, I filed in piles. That was my filing system. And I had my futon in the living room, so that was my, my bedroom and my living room. And the dining room was my library, so I had all of my bookshelves in the library. The only things that were normal were the bathroom and the kitchen. 
I couldn't figure out what to do with the extra space in the bathroom, so I just left it as a bathroom. Yeah, but you, we, tell, we need to tell the family what you did with your oven, though. Oh, yeah. I was creative. Yeah. Sure, all of my warranties and um, instruction booklets and stuff like that, receipts, that, that they were in the oven. I'd never used the oven. So that, that was, and I stored, I had little things like the iron and little things like that that you use fairly frequently and you didn't want to go climbing around the laundry area. So, yes, I used that as my storage. <laughs> I have an oven story to tell you. You do? Yeah, yes. I'm listening. It, ma- it made the news this week. Oh, right. What? A, what? a deputy uh, had some young children around and he more children were coming over to visit. And he wanted a place to put his gun where the kids wouldn't get into it. And he thought, what? hey, he was? The, oven, the oven would be a good place to store the gun. Oh, God, you're kidding me. He put his handgun in the oven and forgot to tell his wife. The wife comes home and started. And she breathes the oven. Was anybody hurt? I don't. I think he may have been hurt just under, you know, injury, but no one was killed. No one was killed, but I think, I think, uh, yeah, uh, when bullets get hot, they go off. Sure they do. Sure they do. I mean, how stupid could a deputy be (laughs) to put a gun in the oven? I mean, every kid can reach an oven. I don't, any kid that can stand up can reach an oven. (laughs) <laughs> oh, jeez. This guy... You better be careful what you put in your oven. Dumb as a door. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, really. gosh. Uh, you know, it's... If you're going to have little kids, that maybe stick it in the, in the top drawer of the closet or something, I guess. I, don't, I, I guess there's got to be a way. No, you put it in a locked cabinet or a safe. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the, that's the trouble. It needs to be locked so, you know, yes. a kid or someone can't just open it and find it. Yeah. So, yeah, in the exactly. Oven. In the oven. Well, wow. sounds like you're all doing well. I won't keep you. I'm going to get off the phone so other people can call in. Well, We're just it's about almost, to the end here. It's almost Patricia bedtime, you know. Two more minutes. You know, once, oh, you, once, wow. you, once you move to the apartment, we won't be on the... Uh, on the 5.30 morning routine of Patricia getting up to get her medicine or something. That's right. That's right. Boy, I'll tell you, 5.30 comes very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> All right, okay. Dan. I'm well, glad Dan. you called in. We missed you last week, so I'm glad you're doing okay. Yep, doing well. Just been busy. Okay. Sounds I, good. Take care. I'll let you go for now. All right, Dan. Be good. Okay, Dan. Bye-bye. 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 All right, family, we'll let Patricia get upstairs. That way she can make that 5.30 morning wake-up <laughs> call. I can get the 5.30 train out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But we we're so pleased. we are so pleased that Patricia's doing so much better that they were talking about negotiating her out of her facility. So I hope they give her a nice yes. big settlement, you know, because she's been good for that place. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had one person. She came, what, who the heck was it? 
Oh, oh, I know. It was our former social service person. She's coming. They they lost their social service person again. So the one I worked with mm-hmm. is back doing part-time here until they can get a full-timer in here. And she walked by me the other day in the hall, and she said, wait a minute, what are you still doing here? <laughs> so I said, I think it's time to look. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of getting left-handed invitations here so so yeah it, it's time i i was a little antsy about thinking about it because i've gotten into trouble so many times i know I, I i i hope i hope we can just find a, a a safety net for you somehow or a little bit uh somebody can drop in or something yeah you and know. and i will have that there's no question about that even if in, in an independent apartment they will make arrangements to have somebody Check up on me because, and make you know, sure you're, I'm not dead va- on the floor. You're too, you're too valuable to be all by yourself. Well, we, oh, you know, thank you. you know. And I love everybody too yeah. much to rob myself of that opportunity to love you. You know, we need Patricia. So, so all right, family, start, put, start setting aside your, your towels and everything that Patricia will need for her new appointment because we need to fill all up with, you know, stuff. Holy cats. Holy cats. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'll have to rethink this. <laughs> or maybe occasionally stuff a towel in my suitcase. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Okay. Right, well, we are finished. Good night, everybody. We will be back next week. Mm-hmm. Bubbles will be here with a non-poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to have to um, have a little her. conversation about this. A family member might need a persuasive. We might need you to drop Bubbles an email through... Patricia, saying, we want poetry, we want poetry, so you want to hear the poetry? Do that, do that. Yeah, she thinks I'm picking on her. (laughs) I'm not. I mean, this was the agreement in the beginning. She was going to do poetry. Yes. Although her essays are pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) My poetry was where it was at, and I told her she had a whole week. She said, I can't think this week. I said, you've got a whole week to crank it up. So we'll see what happens. Then she got to get ready for Fourth of July. That's that's the next negotiation point. We'll have to see. If she's not doing poetry, we're not giving a sign. Whoa! So there. Whoa! 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 The we shall see how down. that flies. <laughs> <laughs> she may cut me off from my phone calls. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, she is such dear. a sweet person. I love her to pieces. Yeah. Okay, well, we are finished. Good night, everybody. We will see you next week, and I thank you for being with us. Good night, Walden, and happy unbirthday. Thank you, my dear. All right. Get some sweet. All right. Bye-bye. We're going to feature one Frank Percy with Ray Breen, and I think we'll do with the uh, four-hour version. i got to go play against Mom in Scrabble, so that's what we're going to do next. Here in Yesterday USA, so give me a second. Let's share a prayer first. Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity of celebrating Frank Percy's life. Bless the opportunities we have. Look after the men and women in the armed forces. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. ABC Los Angeles, Talk Radio, AM 79. Hello, Americans. I'm Paul Harvey. You know what the news is. 
in a minute, you're going to hear the rest of the story. Hello, this is Lee Majors. What comes to your mind when I say Goodwill Industries? For many, it's a place to donate clothing and household items or to find bargains in good condition. But Goodwill is much more. For thousands of people with disabilities, Goodwill means work training and job placement. With the help of Goodwill Industries, many people with disabilities can learn to earn their own way. For businesses, Goodwill means a source of capable employees looking for a chance to make it on their own. Goodwill is much more than you might think. Goodwill works so people can. Anybody new to home canning, could I make two suggestions? First, start small. A few jars of jelly at first. When you discover how easy it is, then you can graduate to larger quantities. Pick up a case of Kerr Country Kitchen jelly jars. And you'll want to use those for home canning things like jelly made with your own favorite fruit juice. And it's so easy. If you let Kerr ensure your success every time you can. Now, the rest of the story. The folks in and about Amherst, Massachusetts, sometimes called her the woman in white. She was so small, like a little wren, some said, with large eyes and bold dark hair. Her voice was soft, frightened, kind of a breathless, almost childlike voice. And she'd lived in that big red brick house at 208 Main Street all her life. And she wore only white. In fierce seclusion, she drew the walls of her home round her like a coverlet. Save the few who knew, her secret was safe. Like many who purposely lead their lives away from the world, the woman in white became a topic of neighborhood talk. What did she do all day, alone in that big brick house on Main Street? Well, the truth is, she wasn't doing much. Her life was as uneventful as the speculation of her neighbors was pretentious. She was the daughter of a prominent lawyer bound for the United States Congress. She was better educated than most young ladies of the 19th century. She was remembered by her schoolmates for her quick wit and her comic valentines. By her mid-twenties, however, most of her childhood friends had married and left town. And it was then that she drifted imperceptibly into a habit of seclusion. Accompanied by her little dog, she often strolled the garden in back of her parents' home at twilight. And to those who watched at a distance, this, apparently, was her greatest pleasure. Flowers and sunsets and solitude. The gentle, quiet, inward existence of the woman in white. With her father's death and her mother's prolonged illness, her uneasiness with strangers became a fear and her fear became phobic. And then her mother died and she was all alone, left completely to her secret self. The years passed and glimpses of her were fewer and further between. And in May of 1886, the woman in white followed her beloved parents into the hereafter. No longer would schoolboys stop outside the big brick house on Main Street and dare each other to knock on the door no more would the reclusive lady's face be seen through the curtain lace, nor her silhouette in the garden at sundown. Discovered among her personal effects and private papers were these handwritten words, quote, I'm nobody, who are you? Are you nobody too? But the woman in white who considered herself a nobody all her life long would posthumously and forever be somebody. For her private papers 
written in the solitude of her room and guarded like a secret journal while she lived, comprised a myriad descriptions of life as she saw it, the tiny ecstasies and candid intuitions, the speculations of the timeless mysteries of love and death. With language stripped of superfluous words, she wrote for her eyes only poems, 1,775 poems. This was the secret joy of the woman in white, the young lady irresistibly drawn into her own cryptic self, whose entirely uneventful life was spent in seclusion and yet culminated in immortal literary art. Emily Dickinson. And now you know the rest of the story. Fullerton, Fullerton, Harbor City, Boyle Heights, Santa Ana, Anna. You've been waiting, wondering, anticipating, but now the giant has arrived, and a new one opens each and every week at a location near you. Shopping for food will never be the same, because the giant offers more than incomparable size, quality, and selection. The giant introduces store-wide minimum pricing every day, so you'll get a lower food bill. Beach, Park, Once you've experienced the giant yourself, you'll know how truly enormous the selection is. Fresh meat, produce, seafood, and bakery departments twice the size of those found in an ordinary supermarket. West Covina, Inglewood, Hollywood. Soon, virtually everyone will have a giant. The South Bay, Linwood, Pomona. For giant savings, giant selection, you can't beat the giant by Ralph's. Price survey details at the giant. KABC Los Angeles. Talk Radio, AM 79. Southern California. Living here, it all comes true. Let us share it all with you on KABC Talk Radio 79. Southern California. If you like those great halcyon days of radio, the golden age of radio, it's been called. Well, as Gabriel would have said, ah, there's good news tonight. <laughs> Stick around because we're going to delve into it with our guest, radio historian and actor, Frank Brzee. I just thought of something, Frank. I am sure that there are millions of people listening that don't even remember Gabriel doing, ah, oh, there's good news tonight. You know, I, I've, I haven't heard Gabriel Heater's voice in a long time, and I, I would think that, uh, that there, uh, there isn't anybody under 40 that would remember Gabriel Heater. <laughs> and he was one of the most famous newscasters of all That's time. That's right. He and, uh, and Edward R. Murrow and, uh, and Lowell Thomas. We are going to play a Lowell Thomas breakup a little bit later on here mm -hmm. this morning. He he did that every once in a while. He, he hit something that would tickle and his funny bone, and that was it. He was off. Uh, Lowell Thomas, uh, the, the Pacific Pioneer broadcasters, honored him about ten years ago. You were a and former president of I was Pacific. former president right. uh, at one time. And um, 
I had a, I had a chance to talk to Lowell Thomas, and he was a delightful, a delightful man. And and after that, he sent me a letter, maybe once or twice a year, uh, for the rest of his life, uh, from uh, from Alaska, where he would go skiing at 87 years Timbuktu, old. Timbuktu, Nepal. He, he was every place. And as a matter of fact, uh, a funny story about Lowell Thomas. When the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters honored him in 1977, I asked if I could film. Uh, his radio show actually make a film of Lowell Thomas doing his newscast, and he said, "All right." And we went to KNX one afternoon when uh, when he did the show, and I filmed the show, which was five minutes long at that time. And after I finished, he said, "You saved that piece of film." He said, "That's going to be valuable someday." Six weeks later, he quit radio forever. He went to television for to PBS for a while. I bet you you really cherish that. Huh? <laughs> I sure do. Uh, for for those who uh, are listening in other parts of the country. Uh, explain what the uh, Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters is all about. The Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters is uh, a club that uh, is open to uh, all of the radio actors from the uh, 30s and 40s and 50s and uh, the television actors that are out here. Most of the radio actors uh, that uh, that were in, all of the people that were in radio during those days are a member of It doesn't the have club. to be just actors, anybody who was in... Anybody that was in radio, engineers or, or producers or, or writers. And announcers. And of course, the announcer is the important part. Um, they uh, they have uh, a meeting uh, five times a year in which they honor someone who has been uh, in radio or television. And uh, over the past, we've honored, uh, as I mentioned, Lowell Thomas. We've honored uh, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope and uh, Rudy Valley and uh, uh, Liberace and uh, and everybody who's been in the medium. And it's a it's a wonderful club. And there are over a thousand members now. And uh, you know, I emceed one of the programs here last fall, and on the dais was uh, Don Amici. Don Amici. And, yeah. Uh, we were uh, celebrating. Uh, what was it we were celebrating? I've forgotten now. But anyway, he was on the dais. And uh, I, I said to him, you know, uh, there, there's one thing that I have to give to you from my listeners. Ever since the breakup of Ma Bell, I mean, it's been very difficult. People are having a terrible time with their phone system. Uh -huh. And you are our last hope. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, Don Amici, uh, besides being a very famous motion picture star and, and in the top ten uh, for for many, many years when he was at 20th Century Fox, was a radio announcer host. Uh, right. He hosted the uh, the Maxwell House uh, Coffee Time program with uh, 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 Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy and uh, Dorothy L'Amour. And at one time, he had his own radio show with Francis Langford. Uh -huh. He was the other half of the Bickersons. So uh, he was he was in radio uh, very strong in those days. And, uh, and he, he remembers that. And, you know, Oh, another thing that's funny. Uh, Wasn't he the first Jack Armstrong? No, that was that, that was, was Jim, Jim Amici. Amici. Jim Amici, Jim Amici, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he uh, he'd been in show business for probably better than fifty years, and it was only a year ago that he won an Academy Award for the for first cocoon. time. Yeah, for Cocoon. Yeah. yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Uh, let's uh, go back and just play a a little bit of the openings of some of those shows. We'll play a lot more throughout the morning, but just let's get in the mood. Man can't hope to remain a hero to his children forever. One man's family is brought to you Monday through Friday at this time, transcribed.
by Miles Laboratories, makers of Alka-Seltzer. In Chapter 33, Book 96, A Night in the Great Outdoors. Directed by George L. Fogel. This is a Carlton E. Morse production. by the makers of Model, Dill's Best, Old Briar Pipe Tobaccos, and their new teammate, Sano Cigarettes, for full smoking pleasure, yet less than 1% nicotine. direct from Yurok Air Force Base, California. With Les Brown and his band of renown, yours truly, High Aberback. Our special guest, Connie Haynes at Ava Gardner. And here he is, the jet comic, a perfect blowhard, Bob Hope. Manhattan Merry-Go-Round, presented by Dr. Lion Tooth Powder. as our guest, CBS Columbia, makers of America's newest and most advanced television receiver, the CBS Columbia TV set, brings you the Doris Day Show. Well, that's a, a little bit, but we have more to go. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear you. 
That's a little bit of old-time radio. Uh, you know, they did so much with their voices in those days. I mean, they could make you believe that you were you were any place. Uh, the uh, Dimension X uh, program was one of the last big uh, network radio shows. As well as uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar was on for a long time. Sure was. And uh, uh, they they much better than television. Television you've got to sit and watch, but with radio, uh, you could listen to uh, Marvin Miller as the whistler and really believe he was killing somebody. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. We'll uh, get to that in a minute. Right now, let's take a break. My guest, Frank Brzee. We're talking about the golden days of radio. I'm Ray Breen. This is Talk Radio 79 KABC. Did you know that early detection of skin cancer could save your life? It need not be fatal. A free skin cancer exam is now available for senior citizens with blue or green eyes or previous skin cancer. Now, if you're under 65, your medical insurance will cover the entire cost. Call the Skin Cancer Institute in Beverly Hills, area code 213-858-7891. That's 213-858-7891. Skin cancer is reaching epidemic proportions, and sun exposure, even a severe sunburn as a child, is a prime cause. Skin cancer usually strikes older people, but it's also a leading cause of cancer death in young adults. The good news is that it's completely curable when diagnosed early. So, whatever your age, let their expert medical team protect your health. This free exam could save your life. Call 213-858-7891, the Skin Cancer Institute. I have some important news for those of you seeking significantly higher yields on your investments. The Dreyfus family of mutual funds has introduced the Dreyfus Ginny May Fund. Ginny May certificates are guaranteed 100% by the U.S. government. That's right, 100%. Plus, the Dreyfus Ginny May Fund offers these advantages. No penalties or sales loads. You can receive monthly checks or you can automatically reinvest your dividends at no charge. Ready liquidity at then current net asset value, which may be more or less than your cost. Free transfer within the Dreyfus family of funds. And a low $2,500 initial investment. Write down this number now and call Dreyfus for a free prospectus and complete information on the new high-yielding Ginny May Fund. Call 1-800-345-8500. That's 1-800-345-8500. Please read all materials carefully before you invest. Call now and say Ginny May. Saturday, a gold medal winner sits in for Michael Jackson. Bill Toomey, of course, was the Olympic decathlon champion. He's an amazing athlete. His skills that go way beyond the track. And he's a fine conversationalist. Have conversation with Bill Toomey. Join Bill Toomey and his guests as the focus is athletics. Just what happened to all that surplus Olympic dough? And can politics and international sports coexist? That's Bill Toomey for Michael Jackson, Saturday, 10 a.m. till 1 on KABC. Number is 520, followed by Talk, T-A-L-K. All Talk Radio 79 numbers are followed by the word Talk. Orange County, 714 area, dial 750. And the 213 area, dial 448. The South Bay area, 679. And the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. And then, talk. My guest... Uh, my guest, of course, is nothing but uh, the greatest. If you remember the great uh, halcyon days of uh, radio, it's uh, Frank Brzee, who has uh, 
it all down pat because he was really one of the uh, the great uh, actors. You were... Uh, well, I was there when they You were with started. Red Rider, and you were a Little Beaver? Yes, I did a Little Beaver on Red Rider. You betcha. <laughs> and that was the line, you betcha, Red Rider. And I, the funny thing about that, when, when I did Little Beaver, and we did that uh, at the Mutual Studios here at, on, uh, on Melrose, I thought I was doing great because uh, I was on a network show and, and, and I got paid for it and everything. And now when I listen to the, uh, to the old recordings, I say, well, I, I didn't, all I had to do was say, you betcha, Red Rider. And once in a while, uh, they went that away and, mm, okay, you know. But it was great fun. You showed me uh, uh, a telephone book here from about 1981. And would you believe that Mae West and Rudy Valley were listed in the phone book? And in the Los Angeles directory, two of the great legends of all time. Incidentally, uh, Sunday is uh, will be would be Mae West's birthday. Is that right? And she'd be anywhere between 94 and 100 years old, depending on who you believe. <laughs> you interviewed uh, Mae West, and we have that coming up here a little bit later on. Uh, Rudy Valley was with us uh, on the uh, opening night of our network uh, show, and he drove up in his... Um, I guess it's, was it Hartford, Connecticut? Uh, yes, yes. At Hartford, Connecticut, sheriff's uh, black and white uh, station wagon. I couldn't believe what was happening. I thought we were <laughs> under arrest. And there he is, driving up red light and siren and the whole bed. Uh, Rudy was a great one for first. You know, he had the first uh, network variety show, went on the air in 1929, and it was on for 10 years. And during that time, he introduced almost every famous person to, uh, to radio, including uh, uh, Red Skelton and uh, Noel Coward and Milton Berle and uh, and all of the big big entertainers at that time were on his show. Now now Rudy would uh, said that uh, it was because he had the only variety show on the air, but uh, he was famous. He was number one, and uh, and I'm glad that he did your show, the the the, the first show, first network show you ever did. Uh, he was uh, an amazing man and uh, got into a lot of. Uh, <laughs> beefs with uh, his neighbors in the city council in Los Angeles. He wanted to rename his street Rue des Valets. If, yes, the he, French. And, and the and the funny thing is, the street was only about uh, about four houses long, <laughs> so it wouldn't have hurt anybody. But uh, it, uh, he he uh, he caused them a little aggravation from time <laughs> to time because they wouldn't do that. All right, was, let's go back. Let's go back to some of those uh, billboards, as we call them, from the great Halcyon days of radio. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape! Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Six program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. 
things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. And now, The Whistler's Strange Story. That was one of my all-time favorites. I think for a mystery show, there was nothing quite like The Whistler. The Whistler was a great show, and that, of course, was Marvin Miller. Marvin Miller was the announcer on The Whistler for all the time it was on the air, and uh, Bill Foreman was The Whistler. Mm -hmm. Now, Bill Foreman got drafted in 1944, uh, uh, even though he was overage. For some strange reason, his number came up, and so for a year, Marvin Miller was not only the announcer, but he was also the whistler on the show. And uh, and then, of course, uh, I think a lot of people would remember him from The Millionaire on television. That's right. Um, the uh, the first program we heard was Escape, and that voice was uh, Bill Conrad. And Bill Conrad went on to television to do uh, Canon, the Canon mm -hmm. television show. And, of course, he narrates uh, uh, many of those uh, documentaries that we see on PBS. Back briefly to Marvin Miller. He had more voices than any ten guys I know of. Uh, he probably appeared on more different radio programs in an acting capacity with his voices. I, I would think so. In the book, uh, the big broadcast that Frank Buxton and Bill Owen wrote, uh, he has more listings than anyone else. Uh, and he was a, a very good announcer, besides being a good actor. That's right. He was the announcer for uh, the Frank Sinatra Old Gold program. He was the announcer for... Um, uh, for Luella Parsons, her program. And uh, at one time I had him on my show and we talked about all the programs, played excerpts of things. And I said, what did you really think of? Tell me what you really thought of Luella. Well, he wouldn't tell me what he really thought of her, but he said, you know, during the, the last days of the Luella Parsons show, they had to pre-tape the show about an hour before it went on the ABC network because apparently she had some clicking in, in her teeth. Her teeth didn't fit right. And so so there was a, a clicks between every word. And he said they'd record the show, and then the engineer would spend an hour taking all the clicks out. <laughs> we'll be right back with radio historian and actor Frank Rizzi. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. Here's an interesting bedtime story you'll want to pay very close attention to. Say, if it's bedtime alone or bedtime together, whatever you do, you'll do it better on a center third. The mattress set without a sag, with more spring where you need it, right across the center third. More comfort where you like it, across the center third. It's the new design that's altogether better than anyone's best. Here's proof. It comes to your bedroom with a lifetime guarantee. The only brand name guarantee from any maker. And only at Center Third Mattress Stores at direct from the maker savings so you keep the difference. And this is Millicent Braverman. You can take my word on Center Third. Probably the best made mattress in the world. Center Third Mattress Stores in West Los Angeles, in Woodland Hills, and Hawthorne in Cypress, and the Pointy Hills Mall. Open daily till 9, weekends till 6. Visit a Center Third Mattress Store near you. If you'd like to know how tax reform could affect you, then listen for an important offer from Money Magazine, America's financial advisor. The August issue of Money features a special cover story on the proposed new tax and how it could affect virtually every aspect of your finances, including the ways you save, invest, earn, and spend your dollars. Money also tells you how you can still get 12% on your investments, how the right financial planner can help you prepare for a trouble-free retirement. Also, what you should do and what mistakes to avoid when settling the estate of someone close to you. 
All this and more in the August issue of Money Magazine. If you want to stretch your dollars, you'll want to try money. Call toll-free 800-238-7000 and get 12 issues of money for only $29.95. Order now and you'll also get free Money's Financial Advisor, three valuable booklets designed to help you increase your net worth. Call money now, 800-238-7000, 800-238-7000. Looking for something extra in life? Maybe it's special training, the kind that can get you the job you really want, or extra money for college, or just to spend the way you like. Well, stop looking and listen to this. You can have it all with the Coast Guard Reserve. You'll be helping your country, too, enforcing laws on the sea, patrolling the waterways for pollution, protecting our harbors, even saving lives. The Coast Guard Reserve. It's a part-time job with full-time responsibility. And if you're age 17 to 28, we could have the program that's right for you. You could be a computer specialist, mechanic, radio operator, and more. With the Reserve, you can even qualify for tuition aid under the new Reserve GI Bill. So don't just go for the training or the money. Go for the works. Start by calling the Coast Guard Reserve at 800-424-8883. That's 800-424-8883. Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. All Talk Radio 79 numbers end in the word talk, T-A-L-K. South Bay Area, dial 679. Glendale and Pasadena, 244. 990 for the San Fernando Valley, and in Orange County, the 714 area, 750. The 213 area of Orange County, 448. Los Angeles, it's 520, and then talk. All right, uh, let's take our first call with Frank Brzee. Good morning, Gary. How are things in New York City? Fine, thank you. Last time we talked, we talked about a mutual friend of ours named Jack Thayer, if you remember. Jack Thayer, indeed. He was my boss for a while, you know. We talked about that. I think you worked with him in Minneapolis. No, no, I worked with him in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought it was up there. Uh, I was certainly interested in uh, what you're talking about tonight and to establish the ground rules. I think the golden age of radio was really 1930 to 1940. Uh, recalling when you mentioned Don Amici, I uh, worked in Chicago when Don Amici was part of a show called Betty and Bob in the mornings, and Don Amici was the first nighter. Don Amici was the first nighter? Don Amici was the original first nighter. That's right. That That's was long before he did the thing with Edgar Bergen. That was before Les Tremaine. It was before Les Tremaine and Olin Soule. We can't who, miss, who then, of uh, course, followed Olin. Les Tremaine. Yes. yes. To Marvin Miller. I knew Marvin when he was a staff announcer at KMOX in St. Louis under the name of Marvin Mueller. M-U-E-L-L-E-R, and I asked Marvin about that once. He said his name was always Marvin Miller, but it was it was spelled Mueller. And when he came out to the West Coast to become a, an actor and announcer here, he just changed the spelling of it. But, uh, Gary, I, I, I disagree that, uh, that uh, radio ended in the 40s. I didn't say it ended in the 40s. Uh, <laughs> I said that the golden age was 1930 to 1940, because uh, that's when it had the pioneering influence, and that's when it grew up, and it became network, and that's when people like Bing Crosby and Morton Downey and Kate Smith were sustaining singers, all going against the monolith NBC. And here you had uh, a, a, just a tremendous uh, beginning. And uh, after 1940, uh, you, local stations became more important. Network began to surrender slowly. And uh, money was not put into the development of network programming. 
Well, I, 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 think, uh, I think there was money in network programming until television came along about 1947. Because if you remember, in 41, 42, we had Fibber McGee and Molly on Tuesday night, and Bob Hope was on yeah, Tuesday night. Established. I mean, these people, uh, Fibber McGee and Molly started in Chicago eight years before that. Bob Hope started in New York in 1934. Uh, but Red Skelton went on the air in 1942 and became a big hit from 42 to 45. You know what I would call a major radio star. He was not up with Bergen or Benny or Hope. He was great, and he really blossomed in television because he was a tremendous clown. And yeah, very visual. Hold on just a second, Gary. Hold on. We're on with uh, Gary from New York City and in the studio, Frank Brzee. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79 KABC. Ray Brain here, and I want to tell you about my friends at Montebello Lincoln Mercury and their lifetime service guarantee. That's right, I said lifetime. And here's how it works. If you ever have your Lincoln, Mercury, Ford, or Ford light truck repaired in Montebello Lincoln Mercury shop, they'll guarantee the work for as long as you own it. If the covered part ever has to be fixed again, Montebello Lincoln Mercury will fix it free. Free parts, free labor. Their lifetime service guarantee covers thousands of parts and lasts as long as you own your vehicle. Naturally, this limited warranty covers vehicles in normal use. The next time you need repairs on your Lincoln, Mercury, or Ford car or light truck, head into Montebello Lincoln Mercury, Pomona Freeway at Garfield. Ask for a free copy of the lifetime service guarantee. Remember, Montebello Lincoln Mercury, Pomona Freeway at Garfield. And listen, you tell them that Ray Bream asked you to drop by. That's Cougar Country, USA. Homeowners, find out about another kind of security for your home. Castle Security's Rolling Metal Shutters. Now, you've seen them advertised on TV and installed in many of your neighbor's homes because they provide a physical barrier of protection to safeguard your home, your valuables, and the lives of those you love. Now, don't settle for the limited protection of silent alarms, wired windows, and security patrols. Rolling metal security shutters have worked in Europe for years because they protect all openings to your home 24 hours a day, yet allow fresh air and light to enter when closed and disappear completely when raised. Now, they can add substantial value to your home while reducing your heating and cooling costs. Call 800-327-6244, toll free, to receive free information by mail. That's 800-327-6244. There's absolutely no obligation. 800-327-6244. Has anyone ever praised your storytelling ability, your powers of description, your clever use of words? Has anyone ever said, you really ought to be a writer? Well, lots of people, just like yourself, born with a natural talent to write, are now earning second incomes by doing what comes naturally. Why not find out if you have what it takes to become a professional writer? It's so easy. Just call in area code 213-850-7311. And the Writers Institute Home Study School will send you a free writing aptitude test. Now see for yourself if you have a real flair for writing. For over 60 years, the Writers Institute has been helping people to write for full-time or part-time income, or just for pleasure. Can you write? Get your free test today. No salespeople will call. There's no obligation. 850-7311. Take the test in the privacy of your home and discover if you have that special writer's touch. For your free test, call 850-7311. Behind every Girl Scout, there is someone special. Someone who teaches. Someone who laughs. 
Someone who lends a hand and shares the successes. Someone who leads the way. Behind every Girl Scout, there is someone special. Someone like me. Someone like you. Call the Girl Scouts in your area. The number is in the phone book. Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. If you're calling from Los Angeles, dial 520, followed by the word TALK. T-A-L-K follows all of our numbers. For the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. The San Gabriel Valley, 448. In Burbank, 244. And in Compton, dial 639. And then TALK. We're talking with our in-studio guest, Frank Brzee, radio historian. We're talking about the house in golden days of radio. On the phone from New York City is Gary. Uh, I take it you've been in the radio business all your life? I got here. Yeah, I've been in it uh, since 1930. Good heavens. Um, what a career, huh? Well, I started out as a kid writer, which was quite accidental, and then I did the, the Ben Burney show from the Chicago World's Fair in 1933. And then um, when I came to New York after doing... You know, going to college at the University of Chicago and came here and stayed and worked at CBS in the publicity department. I went on to produce a show for seven years on the mutual network called 20 Questions, which was the daddy of all the um, That's right. panel shows. You produced 20 Questions? Yeah, for seven years. And then I did uh, Luncheon at Sardi's, which was the longest-running uh, interview show with eight guests a day from Sardi's Restaurant in New York, which was also on the mutual network. I remember that very well. And then... Um, I was practically born in a radio studio. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, radio studios, does it uh, bother you to know what they've done to Studio 8H? Oh, it sure does. Um, it, was, it bothers me a lot because in the late 1930s, when I was a kid, we used to have a club up at 8H where we would go to the Fred Allen rehearsals every Wednesday between 1 and 2 because we loved Fred so much and uh, we were afraid if we had other plans for that evening would miss the radio show. So a group of us, and some of them pretty famous, one was Marty Lewis, who at that time was a radio guide, and uh, Jerry Franken of Billboard, and two fellows from Young and Rubicam, myself, and a couple of other fellows used to meet for lunch and then go up there. And for two and a half years, we sat in on every Fred Allen rehearsal that made mm. uh, For those who don't know what we're talking about, that was the renowned uh, audience participation studio that uh, would host the Bell Telephone Hour, the Firestone Hour. Uh, the NBC Symphony would come from there uh, with Arturo Toscanini conducting. Most, of the, uh, most of the big shows yes. originated there. Yes. Uh, how, how tall was that? Was that three stories high? This is about three stories high. Yeah. I think one of the greatest anecdotes connected with 8H uh, concerned Fred Allen. Uh, and, and NBC used to have a party each year for its page boys and guides. And I don't know whether you know the alumni there included the people like Gordon McRae and Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. and a number of other people who were guides at that particular time. And uh, Fred Allen was the guest of honor in 8H as they had the party and dance. And 8H was located on the eighth floor of the RCA building. And up on the top of the RCA building was the famous Art Deco Supper Club, uh, etc. And uh, Fred said at the conclusion, if you guys are real good next year, you got something to look forward to. Because when you die, you all go up to the Rainbow Room. <laughs> On the 65th floor. By the way, the Rainbow Room gives you a wonderful radio, uh, real radio anecdote. It was the only place in the history of radio that I remember that 
in its remote broadcast, the most famous of which was the Ray Noble Orchestra, had its own announcer requested by the Rainbow Room officials asked NBC after Jimmy Wallington and Ben Grower and a number of other staff people had done the shows to have their own announcer. And that announcer was Nelson Case. Is that right? Nelson Case, the man who ran the Rainbow Room, said one day, Nelson Case looks like the Rainbow Room, and Nelson Case sounds like the Rainbow Room. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, sounds like you've uh, got a lot of stories to tell. I hope you'll uh, call us again. Loved it. Call us again. Thank you. All right, thank you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. Isn't it great to talk to somebody who's done all these things? Who's been there. And he, he mentioned uh, Marty Lewis, who used yeah. to be with Radio Guide and was with TV Guide mm -hmm. uh, and was with Paramount Pictures for a long time. One of the finest public relations uh, men and, and writers in this business. Nice person. Well, let's listen to just a couple of more of the, uh, the billboards so we'll get back in the mood again. All right. Sal <laughs> Hepatica and Vitalis present... Mr. District Attorney, champion of the people, defender of truth, guardian of our fundamental rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And it shall be my duty as District Attorney, not only to prosecute to the limit of the law, all persons accused of crimes perpetrated within this county, but to defend with equal vigor the rights and privileges of all its citizens. in Town Hall tonight, folks. 60 minutes of fun and music brought to you by Ipana Toothpaste and Salopanica. Ipana for the smile of beauty. Salopanica for the smile of health. Fun with our star comedian Fred Allen. Music by Peter Van Steeden. And our special added attraction, the Town Hall Variety. room atop the Hotel Allerton on Chicago's Magnificent Mile, coast to coast and around the world, it's the Don McNeil Show. The mission is our neighborhood as long as you are there. Here we go again. Don McNeil is on the air. And here's Don. Welcome. Now, smile a while with Lorenzo Jones and his wife, Belle. We all know couples like lovable and practical Lorenzo Jones and his devoted wife, Belle. Lorenzo's inventions have made him a character to the town, but not to Belle, who loves him. Their struggle for security is anybody's story, but somehow with Lorenzo, it has more smiles than tears. Gentlemen, it's Maxwell House coffee time. I heard Daddy say it as plain as day. So here we go with another session of Frank Morgan, the Maxwell House Orchestra, conducted by a gentleman you'll soon learn about. Hanley Stafford as Daddy, and Fanny Bryce in her devilish role of radio's angelic brat, the one and only Baby Snooks. Good old Baby Snooks and Fanny Well, Bryce. what a popular show that was. Uh, Fanny Bryce uh, created the Baby Snooks character uh, when she was on Broadway. And uh, she she didn't use it in the Ziegfeld Follies at first. She she just 
would entertain at parties with this uh, Fanny Bryce character. character and the father kid. was Hanley Stafford. The father was Hanley Stafford for yeah. most of uh, the yeah. time she did Baby Snooks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking about uh, uh, Mr. District Attorney Vicki Vola just died here a few months ago. What a great program that was. And, yeah. and Jay Jostin, uh, who played Mr. District Attorney, uh, told me once that, uh, that uh, after the program went on, he was the third person to do that character. I didn't know that. But once he started doing the character, the program became a, a, a big, big hit. And so they signed a contract with him and said, you are only to do Mr. District Attorney for as long as the show lasts. And that was his career. Isn't that amazing? All right, let's go to Farmington, Connecticut. We have Alice on the phone. Hello, Alice. Hi, who is this, Ray? Or... Yeah, this is Ray. You're on with Frank Brzee. Frank, uh, Alice Reinhardt. Hello, Alice. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good, thank you. I had heard that Ray was coming this way. We hadn't had him for a long time. And I, as a matter of fact, I hadn't heard Ray since I lived in California. And uh, when did you, when did you uh, come to this network, Ray? Uh, I, 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 I don't know how long it's been. You're listening in Hartford? No, well, no, I'm listening in Farmington. Farmington. Close to Hartford. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's been about two or three months. Yeah, that's about all, because I, I, uh, I heard you one night, and I almost fell out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it's a thrill to have uh, a radio actress as talented as Alice Reinhardt call in. Alice, would you give just a few of your credits? I, I know uh, you can't give uh, them all, but... <laughs> Well, gangbusters, of course, and, and life can be beautiful. Right. And I don't know, anything that originated dramatically out of New York in the 30s and the 40s, um, uh, I was on um, Beauty Box Theater, uh, uh, Cavalcade of America, uh, March of Time. Um, uh, you mentioned it, I guess. I... Yeah. Do, you, do you recall the time, this must have been 10 years ago, uh, when I, I used a, a program on my Golden Days of Radio show in which you and Les uh, Tremaine had appeared, and you did a cameo at the end of the show where you and Les ended up killing me. Do you recall that? I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. It was great fun. We did it at your house, I think, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, are you involved in that uh, in that old time radio club? Yes, uh, I am. Matt, you mean the the um, radio fan club? Yes, right? there's a convention coming up, isn't there, in October? Uh, there usually is. I was there last October, mm -hmm. and um, I had I had um, talked Vicky into into going there once. Uh, God rest her soul, and, and uh, um, she enjoyed it too. And um, Teresa Bauer. Uh, who, who was on Guiding Light from the time it was a 15-minute radio show right. uh, until she died uh, last year. Um, she was on the show for 36 years. Mm. And that's quite a career. That's a career, isn't it? And uh, the girls used to come down here to Farmington to visit me. And I used to go to New York every Christmas to visit them. We had a wonderful Christmases. There aren't many of us left now, you know, anymore. Well, it, it makes it pretty hard for me to do a Christmas show like I did every year with all the old radio actors because <laughs> there aren't too many around anymore. No, no, and I'm doing the same sort of thing that I used to do uh, for PPB. Um, I'm doing oral histories here. We have, I live in a very historic little town, mm -hmm. and um, they want the uh, oral histories of the... Of the um, 
pioneers who lived here many, many years. You know, oral histories, I think, are are more and more important. And, oh, I do, too. And no one has uh, has ever given that much thought up to maybe the past uh, past ten years. Well, Marty but, Halpern has a, has a, a, a big flu of those. Yes, he does. He mm -hmm. helps me out uh, consistently. Yeah, yeah. How is Marty? I haven't heard from him. He's before. great. He's, yeah. he's in fine health. The last time I heard from him, he was going to England. Alice, thank you for checking in. Well, it was good to talk to both of you. You got, you got a lot of friends out here. I hope that they're listening. I hope so. Good to talk to you, Alice. Take Thanks care. Right. All right, bye. Alice Reinhardt from Farmington, Connecticut. We'll be back with Frank Brzee. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. Jason Robards for IDS Financial Services. Financial planning. To some people, it means a slow, painful process that pays off years down the road. But in fact, there are major rewards to be had right from the start. It's not uncommon to save as much as thousands of dollars the very first year, depending on your income. IDS has prepared a guide, Financial Planning, the First Year Reward. It may well shatter your idea of what sound money management is all about. Call 1-800-437-4332 for your free guide. Learn why a large tax refund is a sign you may be losing money. Discover how financial planning can benefit you this year and every year. Financial success won't just happen. You have to make it happen. Take the first step. Call for your free guide today. Call 1-800-437-4332. That's 1-800-437-4332. Call now. We have your style at Chick White Shoes. We have your size at Chick White Shoes. We make them wide at Chick White Shoes just for you. Ladies, if you've been blessed with wider than average feet, relax. Chick White Shoes carries the finest footwear and the most flattering styles, all in wide and extra wide widths. And Chick White Shoes proudly features such fine name brands as Foot Thrills by Clinic. Foot Thrills for that go all day feeling. The great look you want, the cushiony comfort you need. Foot Thrills, now in good supply at Chick Wide Shoes. For the location of the store nearest you, dial toll-free anytime. 1-800-341-2888. That's 1-800-341-2888. Disabled and handicapped are accurate terms, but often they aren't the whole story. I'm Barbara Essenston, and beginning Monday, a week-long series on Southern California's special kids. They aren't handicapped, just inconvenienced. I grew up thinking, I'm blind, big deal, there's nothing I can't do. Meet these special young people who've overcome what we would consider major problems. They have a special way of looking at life. Special kids. Six daily reports beginning Monday on KABC. From Los Angeles, dial 520, followed by the word TALK. T-A-L-K follows all of our numbers. For the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. The San Gabriel Valley, 448. In Burbank, 244. And in Compton, dial 639. And then, TALK. The Telephone Hour, presenting Yasha Heifetz.
The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy. I'll clip you to help me, I'll move you down. It's Sunday night, and time again for Edgar Bergen with Charlie McCarthy, Mortimer Snerd, and Ray Noble and his orchestra, brought to you, transcribed, by the makers of famous Lanolin Plus products. For softer, more youthful-looking skin, and lovelier, more manageable hair, tonight our guest is Nelson Eddy. General Mills, makers of Cheerios, the oat cereal ready to eat, and Wheaties, breakfast of champions, presents The Lone Ranger. With a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a haughty high silver, the Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. so much for the uh, Lone Ranger. That and uh, the Green Hornet originated from, of all places, Detroit and WXYZ. Has anybody been able to figure out why? Uh, yes, because um, uh, Raymond Muir and uh, uh, George Trendle owned a radio station there. And uh, they needed a program for their local station. So they came up with the Lone Ranger first. And uh, the Lone Ranger became so popular in, uh, in uh, Detroit that they created a four-station network. Uh, WXYZ in Detroit. Uh, w, I think it was WGN in Chicago. WOR New York. WOR New York and one other station. And that became the beginning of the mutual broadcasting system. That's right. And, uh, uh, and and then and then they created the Lone Ranger and and uh, I mean the Green Hornet and then Sergeant Preston of the Yukon mm -hmm. and they had several other shows uh, during their long career. I uh, called back there once to WXYZ and do you know that they don't have one speck of memorabilia of <laughs> the Lone Ranger, the Green Hornet, or any of the shows that originated from that station? There there are not many uh, photographs that exist. I'm doing a book now on the history of pictorial history of radio. And uh, it's very difficult to find any pictures of uh, of uh, the WXYZ uh, studios or the Lone Ranger cast or the Green Hornet cast. Um, Why do you think that is, as a radio historian? The people didn't think that uh, it was worth saving, or what? Or they didn't realize that they, somewhere down the line that we would want to look back? Ray, I, I think that's it. People don't realize that someday it's going to be important to someone else. When, when radio was done in 1933 to 1940, 1945, and so on, uh, 
people were interested in just doing a job. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, you do this program every night, but do you save your scripts or memorabilia? Do you have people take photographs? So 20 years from now, if they're doing a history of, you know, of, of talk shows, uh, you'll be able to provide them with material. Manya, get the camera out. <laughs> take one of Frank Brzee, will you? <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, I don't think they, they ever thought radio was that important. Radio was just another extension of of, uh, of vaudeville and motion picture entertainment and uh, programs were done live and they were done uh, at that time for the listeners that heard them at that time and that's it that's why uh, we're lucky nowadays to have have recordings I can remember when I was working at uh, the NBC studio at Sunset and Vine after the war started uh, they were forever throwing out transcriptions every day hundreds of transcriptions and these transcriptions radio shows. by the way uh, were a fluke. These were just safety copies or uh, they were, copies designed for the agencies to listen they to. They were reference copies right. uh, that the agency used. Uh, once in a while when I did a show, I'd have uh, uh, radio recorders uh, make a copy for me. And none of the shows were recorded except uh, for, uh, for Hawaii. They would make a recording. Of My guest, radio historian Frank Brzee. If you die without a will, the laws of the state and not you will determine who receives your property and in what amounts, who manages the affairs of your estate. Your choice as guardian of your minor children may never be known. Your loved ones could face unnecessary legal costs and needless court delays. Regardless of the size of your estate, failing to make a will means taking unnecessary chances. Now, for only $9.95, you can make your own will with a PlanSafe will kit. The will forms were prepared by lawyers to be valid in all 50 states. When you order, you will receive simple fill-in-the-blank will forms with easy-to-follow directions. You will also receive an easy-reading guidebook for a full understanding of this most important document. And all for only $9.95 plus shipping. To order, just call toll-free 1-800-228-2222. That's 1-800-228-2222. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back from Security Documents, 281 Butler Street, Brooklyn, New York. That number again is 1-800-228-2222. Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. Ever had a great idea that could be your key to success but didn't have the money to make or market it? The answers to financing your business ideas are available to you now in this exclusive new book, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. This beautiful hardbound volume contains helpful articles on writing business plans to secure investment, discussions on approaching the right venture capitalist, and holding on to equity. Also, there's a valuable list of almost 1,000 venture capitalists in North America, Europe, and Asia, all cross-indexed by investment focus and location. From the editors of Venture Magazine, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. This valuable source book is available for just $59.95. Order today. Send check or money order to Venture Magazine, Post Office Box 254, New York, 12921, or call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, and charge it. Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. It's the first good investment you could make. Call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, for details. Did you know that early detection of skin cancer could save your life? It need not be fatal. A free skin cancer exam is now available for senior citizens with blue or green eyes or previous skin cancer. Now, if you're under 65, your medical insurance will cover the entire cost. Call the Skin Cancer Institute in Beverly Hills, area code 213-858-7891. That's 213-858-7891. Skin cancer is reaching epidemic proportions, and sun exposure 
Even a severe sunburn as a child is a prime cause. Skin cancer usually strikes older people, but it's also a leading cause of cancer death in young adults. The good news is that it's completely curable when diagnosed early. So whatever your age, let their expert medical team protect your health. This free exam could save your life. Call 213-858-7891, the Skin Cancer Institute. Talk Radio, AM 79, KABC, Los Angeles. ABC News, I'm Dorothy McIntyre. Working through the night, the House has just voted to raise the debt limit until the end of September. ABC's Vic Ratner reports. It's been a long night with frayed tempers and occasionally excess celebration making it even longer. The last session ran almost 18 hours, delayed by how long it took the Senate to vote new sanctions on South Africa and a middle-of-the-night tussle over how to reform the Graham-Rudman budget law. The House has now passed the last piece of must legislation, a measure to extend the government's borrowing authority. It goes back to the Senate one more time, and then perhaps just before dawn, the weary lawmakers will finally be able to go home. Vic Ratner, ABC News at the Capitol. Earlier, the Senate voted 84 to 14, approving sanctions against South Africa. Connecticut Senator Lowell Weicker commented on that vote. Tonight, the United States of America chose sides. And uh, we stand beside our black brethren in South Africa. And in doing that, uh, we make the words of our Constitution and the reasons for our founding come true once again for our generation. That bill now goes on to a conference committee to be reconciled with a House bill, which is even tougher than the Senate bill. The Senate bill will ban imports of South African coal, uranium, steel, and farm products. New investments are barred and airline landing rights would be suspended. I'll have more after this. Sheila and Jack. Hi, Hi Frank. Frank. We're here for the wedding. That was three weeks ago. Oh. I feel terrible. Well, you should. You were supposed to be best man. I know. Yeah. I feel awful. Where have you two been? You only live six miles from here. Okay. Well, we started out for the church. And in the car, we turned on the radio, uh -huh. and we heard about this furniture store sale in Frackleyville. So we went there, and while I was buying end tables... There was a radio playing in the store. And Jack heard about a fabulous resort in Teetersburg. That's four states away. So we took two days to drive there. Could have been one, but Sheila well, found us... Well, I heard a radio thing about a dress sale. And a cello concert over in Boonley. No, honey. It was Whipple's Landing. It's oh, yeah. okay. I don't need well, to hear... Well, anyway, at the resort, we're by the pool and Jack heard on my portable radio about a fantastic airfare uh -huh. to, Antarctica. to Antarctica. Antarctica? Well, we'd never been there. So you went to... Right. Then in Antarctica, we heard a car commercial, so we decided to buy a car and drive back. You can't drive back from Antarctica. We found that out when we hit that ice floor. Right. If you're an advertiser, remember, wherever your customers go, radio goes with them. For more on America's most mobile medium, call this radio station or the Radio Advertising Bureau. Tropical Storm Charlie is expected to remain off the Carolina coast today and strengthened by feeding off the heated waters of the Atlantic. That storm is centered about 125 miles south of Wilmington, North Carolina. Winds are at 55 miles per hour with 12-foot seas reported, but forecasters say Charlie poses no immediate threat. Several agreements have been signed by Secretary of State George Shultz and the governing leaders of Haiti. ABC's Rick Enderforth reports. Secretary Shultz's visit to Haiti is the highest level visit by a U.S. official since the overthrow of the Duvalier dictatorship six months ago. While here, the Secretary met with the President of the Governing Council, General Henri Namfi, and signed three agreements, including one to provide another $20 million in economic assistance to the country that remains the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. Schultz's visit is also intended to signal strong U.S. support for Haiti's transition toward democratic rule. Elections are scheduled for November 1987, 
And in his departing statement, the Secretary said the United States is committed to help Haiti reach that goal. Rick Endefirth, ABC News and Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Firefighters have taken control of most of the forest and range fires in the west, but forecasters are warning that a new round of dry lightning this weekend could spark more fires. Thousands of Elvis Presley fans showed up at the Graceland Mansion in Memphis, Tennessee, on the ninth anniversary of the singer's death. Susan Murley of Ontario tells why she was there. It's just quite interesting to see, all, you know, how different people live and what he did, kept to himself so much. Graceland's director says Elvis's relatives also find time to visit. Priscilla Presley comes into town three or four times a year to conduct business. The daughter, Lisa Marie, visits a couple of times a year. More than 36,000 employees at 9X in New York are still on strike. Those are Communications Workers of America. This is ABC News. The new Duchess of York, also known as Sarah Ferguson, injured herself when she fell. Doctors told her to take a few days of rest. The Queen Mother is also sick. The 86-year-old mother of Queen Elizabeth was flown by helicopter yesterday to the Royal Infirmary after eating some fish. And a Miami Vice stuntman had to be taken to a hospital this week when a special effects trick didn't go the right way. He was set on fire and is now listed in stable condition in a Miami hospital. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Dorothy McIntyre. Heritage Olds just hired a new staff of people. At Heritage Olds, there's always someone waiting to drive you to work or take you home when you have your car serviced. Now that's convenience. Then when you come back, you'll be pleased to find that your car has been courtesy washed and vacuumed. And parts and service coordinator Tom Foss is their own Mr. Goodwrench, who answers any of your questions right over the phone. It's the people that have made Heritage Olds the number one retail volume dealer in Southern California. Heritage has in stock over 500 cars so that you're going to find the color, model, and price you want. No waiting, no razzmatazz, just honest, fair deals guaranteed and backed by red carpet service. So step up to an Oldsmobile and you'll realize why Heritage Olds was named the official dealership to the Tournament of Roses Parade. Yes, in Pasadena on Colorado Boulevard between Lake and Hill, Heritage Oldsmobile, where the KABC Los Angeles Talk Radio, AM 79. This is Talk Radio. I'm Ray Bream. And my guest, Frank Brzee, radio historian. We're talking about the golden days of radio. Gee, I hope that's not trademarked. <laughs> Is it copyrighted? No, I wish I wish I could. You can't copyright a title. <laughs> you have a program called The Golden Days of Radio. Yes, I do. It's been on the Armed Forces Radio uh, service uh, since uh, 1967. So I'm in my uh, my 19th year of doing a broadcast uh, every week of, of old radio programs. And uh, most of the people who have been on radio have been uh, a guest uh, uh, on my show. I take uh, it that the GIs like it. Y yes, they do, and I'll tell you why. What I do, I take old radio and I and I treat it as if it were, uh, uh, and it certainly is very entertaining. But um, if I play a parody of, uh, let's say, the Doctor IQ program with uh -huh. with Henry Morgan, uh, I'll set it up by playing a portion of the Doctor IQ program. All right, now people understand what it's all about, and then a parody. Makes I have sense. a lady in the balcony, Doctor. That's the one. See, a case of Milky Way candy bars and two tickets to next week's production, right? You got it, yeah. 
we're, we're going to do that a little bit later on. Uh, we are talking about the kids' shows. We have a little montage of the kids' shows that uh, most of us remember out of Chicago. Let's take a listen. And now, here is your genial quiz master, Dr. I.J. No, no, listen, what are, we, what are we doing here? No, that's not the beginning of the tape. That's, uh, that, that was the one we were talking about. I'll tell you to, what. Let's play that. Let's right? play that yeah. because that's very funny. And we'll the, do now, it. let me set this up. This Henry Morgan uh, was and is a great comedian, and he was one of the great comedians of radio during the 40s and during the 50s. Uh, he, he gained and lost sponsors uh, just by what he would say about them on the air. Uh, he went into television, uh, did some talk shows uh, on TV, and he was a panelist on some shows. But I think he was one of the most brilliant comedians uh, that radio ever produced. And this is a parody he did of the Dr. IQ program. And now, here is your genial quizmaster, Dr. I.J. the Mental Fox. Thank you. May I introduce my assistants, Mr. Jonathan Stanton in the left orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Walt Jordan in the right orchestra. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra. <laughs> Mr. Daniel Trumbull in the rear orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Trumbull, you should be in the orchestra. I know, but a lady has me in the balcony, Doctor. <laughs> In that case, I will leave you alone. Thank you, Doctor. Enjoy. Now, now, Mr. Walter Jordan in the right orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Forty silver dollars to that gentleman if he can answer this musical question. In the second movement of Beethoven's Sonata in A minor for piano and viola, what is the first note on the third page? Would you repeat that question? No. <laughs> Mr. Stanton in the left orchestra. I have a lady, Doctor. Eighteen silver dollars to that lady if she can tell me what Juliet said to Romeo from the balcony. She said, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore about the Romeo? Oh, I'm sorry, but I asked you to tell me what she said from the balcony. You said it from the orchestra. <laughs> okay, so I'll go up in the balcony and say it. No, you've already said it. Well, I just thought of something else to say, and I can say this right to your face. You Stop that woman's one. mouth with 18 silver dollars and lots of part of gum. Next contestant, Mr. Jordan in the right orchestra. I have a gentleman, Doctor. Well, silver dollars to that gentleman if he can answer this question. What two presidents had the same name? Uh, Roosevelt. Oh, I'm sorry, but I asked you for two presidents, and you gave me only one. <laughs> well, I, I mean Theodore and Franklin. Oh, I'm sorry. But Theodore and Franklin are not the same name. But a box of delicious powders are come to that gentleman. May we have another contestant, Mr. Trumbull? I have a young man, Doctor. Oh, I'm sorry. I have no more silver dollars to offer. Oh, come on, Doc. I'll take anything. Old clothes, burnt-out bulbs, nifty magazines, anything. Well, I have a right-wrong category. Uh, I give you a statement and you tell me whether it's right or wrong. Ready? Right. Wrong. Next question. <laughs> the name of the man who invented the airplane was not right. Wrong. Wrong. It was right. But that? Right or wrong? The past tense of ring is wrong. Wrong. No, it's rang. You're wrong. This is a swindle. Right or wrong? The opposite of right is wrong. Right. Wrong. Right is wrong. Wrong is right. Right? Right. Wrong. But you're wrong. But it's right. 
That's right, you're wrong. But what is the opposite of right if not wrong? Not right? I said the opposite of right is wrong, and you said right, but that's wrong. It's not right because wrong is right when I say right or wrong, and it can't be right if it's wrong, right? Right. Oh, I'm sorry, but I think if you look that up, you'll find we're both wrong. But a box of cards come to that gentleman, and good night. <laughs> Isn't that great comedy? That's, that's, that's got to be almost as great as the uh, who's on first routine with Abbott and Costello. <laughs> and that last voice was, uh, the other voice was Arnold Stang. Yeah, who did um, so much with uh, Uncle Milty, of course. Yes, he was uh, He was the, the fellow with the, the cleanup yeah, material on the right. Burl show. And did a lot of radio in the early days. Is uh, Arnold still around? Arnold is still around, and as I understand it, he lives out here. As a matter of yeah. fact, someone told me that they saw him on a commercial or heard his voice on a commercial recently. We're going to have to get him on the program. He'd be marvelous. Wouldn't Absolutely he? marvelous. Um, the uh, Henry Morgan show, it didn't stay on the air too long. Why? Because I thought that Morgan was very funny. Well, uh, Morgan was on... Uh, he, he ribbed the commercials. I know that. Well, he, he did that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I remember one time he was sponsored by... Uh, Eversharp. And Eversharp at that time had just come out with the Eversharp razor. Mm -hmm. Click-click. Uh, Push-pull, click-click was the right. thing. Yeah. And they used to have a contest on his show, a live contest, where they'd have two people uh, up on the stage. They'd each be given a razor. One was an Eversharp razor and one was a razor, mm -hmm. uh, another make. And uh, they'd, they'd have the six, they'd had, had a, a shave-a-thon for 60 seconds uh, to see who could shave their face the fastest. Well, of course, they'd give them the Eversharp razor. That wasn't wrapped up. They'd give them the other razor. They had to unwrap that and so on. Anyway, on one of the shows, uh, this fellow shaved his face with a with an ever sharp uh, razor, and uh, and uh, Henry Morgan said, "How do you feel?" And the fellow said, "Bloody." Well, that was, <laughs> that was the end of the ever sharp company. <laughs> All right, let's go to Mobile, Alabama, and we have Bernie on the phone. Good morning, Bernie. You're on with Frank Brzee. Good morning, Ray. Uh, Good morning. You just uh, recently uh, appeared in Mobile. <laughs> we did. Yes, and I'm delighted. I tell you. Good. Uh, WKRG here. Uh, and uh, uh, what a breath of fresh air to hear some of your program and, and your guests. Uh, what I wanted to talk about, if uh, I can remember, there used to be a program, if you recall, uh, I think it was called Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons. Oh, yes. Correct? Right. All right. And then there was one other that I can't remember, but uh, he was... Uh, he always claimed he was Amiga Curiae, a friend of the court. Could you tell me what program that was? Gee, no, I can't. I don't remember that show. I do remember Mr. Keene, uh, Tracer of Lost Persons. That program originated in New York and uh, was on every Thursday for maybe 20 years or so. It was a long-running radio program. But uh, 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 do you know the title of your book or when it will be out? Because I must get that. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a book. But he, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm working on it. Are you on really? A, yes. Good. Uh, and it will be a pictorial history of, uh, of radio. Uh, it will not be out this year, but I'm hoping that sometime uh, by this time in 1987 uh, that uh, we'll have it out. Uh, what you can hear, though, is uh, on Warner Audio, uh, old-time radio, the best of old-time radio, and it's narrated by Frank Brzee. Oh, well, how, how, how may I obtain that? Uh, it's in the uh, record shops, I'm sure. Well, uh, Warner Audio, they tell me, distribute to uh, bookstores all over the country. Oh, bookstores. So B. Dalton hmm. and Walden Books, any place that has books, usually has cassette tapes nowadays. And uh, you can find uh, the best of old-time radio at your local bookstore. Oh, I'm just a 
delighted for that information and delighted talking to both of you. And I wish you both the very best and just keep it up. And, and don't stop, please. We won't. Thank, Thank you, Bernie. Bernie. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KEBC, Los Angeles. Ever had a great idea that could be your key to success but didn't have the money to make or market it? The answers to financing your business ideas are available to you now in this exclusive new book, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. This beautiful hardbound volume contains helpful articles on writing business plans to secure investment, discussions on approaching the right venture capitalist, and holding on to equity. Also, there's a valuable list of almost 1,000 venture capitalists in North America, Europe, and Asia, all cross-indexed by investment focus and location. From the editors of Venture Magazine, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. This valuable source book is available for just $59.95. Order today. Send check or money order to Venture Magazine, Post Office Box 254, New York, 12921, or call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, and charge it. Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. It's the first good investment you could make. Call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, for details. The concise world history of getting an American Express Card application. First, there were drums in the jungle. I need the cord. Then, there was the marathon runner. Plus, Simicus, run to Athens. It's only 26 miles. And fetch an American Express card application. Then, there was Morse code. Send me an ape, uh, apple, the application. Now, American Express has gone a giant step further. Today, there is 1-800-THE-CARD. Good morning, American Express. 1-800-THE-CARD is the new toll-free number that gets you an American Express card application fast. Just dial 1-800-THE-CARD and we'll mail you an application. Once you're approved for card membership, you'll enjoy a new world of fine shopping, dining, traveling, and entertaining. Apply today. It's the cleverest way to get an American Express card application since the Pony Express. So get on your horse and dial 1-800-THE-CARD. It always pays to shop around, even for your favorite wine. Hello, this is Omer Dills, captain of the USS Good Life. Care to come aboard? This weekend, we'll get together Saturday and Sunday afternoons and talk dining. I'll tip you off to a French surprise in the Inland Empire. For our Orange County friends, a Sunday brunch at a beautiful restaurant. And yes, we'll have some wine talk. You know, prices may vary greatly, so we'll tell you where to shop for the best values. Lift a glass with us this weekend. I'm Elmer Dills. We'll meet you after the Dodgers Saturday and Sunday on KABC. It's 520, followed by Talk, T-A-L-K. All Talk Radio 79 numbers are followed by the word Talk. Orange County, 714 area, dial 750. And the 213 area, dial 448. The South Bay Area, 679, and the San Fernando Valley, dial 990, and then talk. Hop Harrigan, America's ace of the airways. CX-4, calling control tower. CX-4, calling control tower. Standing by. Tower back to CX-4, wind southeast, ceiling 1,200, all clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigan coming in.
Yes, Captain Midnight, brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, with the makers of Ovaltine, the world-famous food drink. The Tom Mix Ralston Straight Shooters are on the air. And here comes Tom Mix, America's favorite cowboy, with another thrill-packed Western adventure program. That's Tommy. Come on, boy. Shred it. for your breakfast. Start the day off shining bright. Gives you lots of cowboy energy with a flavor that's just right. It's delicious and nutritious. Light-side and ready to eat. Take a tip from Tom, go and tell your mom, shred it, Ralston, can't be beat. The Tom Mix Ralston Straight Shooters bring you action, mystery, and mile-a-minute thrills in radio's biggest Western detective program. Tonight you're about to hear another episode in a baffling mystery. Secret Mission. Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong! Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Wave the flag proud and high, boys. Show them how we stand. Ever shall a team be champions, known throughout the land. Wheaties, breakfast of champions, bring you the thrilling adventures of Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. Now, Quaker Puff Sweet and Quaker Puff Drive bring you... The Pirates! The new and exciting adventure of Terry Lee, the Dragon Lady Strike Back! Boy, does that take you back. <laughs> That's exciting stuff. Those are openings of some of the famous afternoon adventure shows, and all of those are contained on the uh, on the Warner audio tape. So uh, for, for any nostalgia buffs or anybody that wants to know a little bit about uh, old-time radio, uh, that's the tape to get. Who was uh, the, the, the guy? Was it Pierre Andre doing the Captain that... Midnight? <laughs> that was Pierre Andre. <laughs> I think the opening of that show took about two minutes, and uh, they didn't have much time left after the commercials for, for the rest of the program. <laughs> And Jack Armstrong, how many years was that on the air? What, two or three decades? It went on the air in 1933 and went off the air in, I believe, 1951. So it was uh, better than 20 years. That's or almost a, 20 years. That's quite a run for a radio program. When you think that a television program nowadays might only have a one-time viewing. <laughs> yes, a lot of those pilots only yeah. run once, don't they? Indeed. All right, uh, my guest is Frank Brzee. We're talking about the halcyon days of radio. He's a radio historian. He's a radio broadcaster. He has his own show on Armed Forces Radio called The Golden Days of Radio. And uh, years ago, he played as Little Beaver with Red Rider. You betcha. You betcha, Red Rider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC. Ray Bream here, and I want to tell you about my friends at Montebello Lincoln Mercury and their lifetime service guarantee. That's right, I said lifetime. And here's how it works. If you ever have your Lincoln, Mercury, Ford, or Ford light truck repaired in Montebello Lincoln Mercury shop, they'll guarantee the work for as long as you own it. If the covered part ever has to be fixed again, Montebello Lincoln Mercury will fix it free. Free parts, free labor. Their lifetime service guarantee covers thousands of parts and lasts as long as you own your vehicle. Naturally, this limited warranty covers vehicles in normal use. The next time you need repairs on your Lincoln, Mercury, or Ford car or light truck, head into Montebello Lincoln Mercury, Pomona Freeway at Garfield. Ask for a free copy of the Lifetime Service Guarantee. Remember, Montebello Lincoln Mercury, Pomona Freeway at Garfield. 
And listen, you tell them that Ray Bream asked you to drop by. That's Cougar Country, USA. If you die without a will, the laws of the state and not you will determine who receives your property and in what amounts, who manages the affairs of your estate. Your choice as guardian of your minor children may never be known. Your loved ones could face unnecessary legal costs and needless court delays. Regardless of the size of your estate, failing to make a will means taking unnecessary chances. Now, for only $9.95, you can make your own will with a PlanSafe Will Kit. The will forms were prepared by lawyers to be valid in all 50 states. When you order, you will receive simple fill-in-the-blank will forms with easy-to-follow directions. You will also receive an easy-reading guidebook for a full understanding of this most important document. And all for only $9.95 plus shipping. To order, just call toll-free 1-800-228-2222. That's 1-800-228-2222. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back from Security Documents, 281 Butler Street, Brooklyn, New York. That number again is 1-800-228-2222. Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. Did you know that early detection of skin cancer could save your life? It need not be fatal. A free skin cancer exam is now available for senior citizens with blue or green eyes or previous skin cancer. Now, if you're under 65, your medical insurance will cover the entire cost. Call the Skin Cancer Institute in Beverly Hills, area code 213-858-7891. That's 213-858-7891. Skin cancer is reaching epidemic proportions, and sun exposure, even a severe sunburn as a child, is a prime cause. Skin cancer usually strikes older people, but it's also a leading cause of cancer death in young adults. The good news is that it's completely curable when diagnosed early. So whatever your age, let their expert medical team protect your health. This free exam could save your life. Call 213-858-7891, the Skin Cancer Institute. Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? <laughs> the shadow knows. How long do you expect to keep me here? Just as long as we want, sister. Maybe we'll take you along when we leave. As hostage. I'd rather stay here. You see that little package on the table? Yes. Well, that's got enough diamonds in it to make us all rich. Oh. Hey, well, what is it, Lammy? I got bad news. Did you fill up the plane with gas? That's just it. All they went for the gas, somebody monkeyed with the works. All three motors. Hey, what goes in? Hey, you, sister. Are you trying to pull a fast one on me? Don't be ridiculous. I haven't been near those motors since I landed. That's right, boy. Took her to fix them motors. Now, listen to me, sister. Yes? Was there someone hiding here beside you in the plane? Someone hiding? I was not hiding, Jordan, but you could not see me. Who said that? I am the shadow. Shadow? Well, where are you anyway? <laughs> Your plan to steal the diamonds has failed. The devil it has. Look. Look on the table. The diamonds. They're gone. I've taken them, Jordan, just as I took the parts from the motors in the plane. Well, I don't know if uh, anybody caught uh, the voice of the shadow or not, but if it sounded familiar, it was the voice of Orson Welles. Yes, he was the first shadow from uh, about 1936 through uh, 1937. And, you know, Margot Lane was played by Agnes Moorhead at the time uh, Orson Welles played that the shadow. That I didn't know. 
and uh, he told me once that uh, that the only he loved radio. He said I like radio better than anything else. But he only worked in radio in New York to get money to put into his stage productions, and that's mm -hmm. when he began the uh, the Mercury Theater. Uh, but uh, he enjoyed doing that, and he enjoyed being uh, remembered uh, as the shadow. He also told me another another story about the shadow. He said that was one of the first shows to be recorded, uh, and so they would record the show, and uh, and he would listen to it when it was on the air. Uh -huh. And he said I was with a lovely young lady one night, and the program was on. And he said I was uh, just uh, getting in the mood when the voice uh, on the radio said, "Who knows what evil lurks." He says I was thwarted by a trans. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the shadow, of course, uh, was uh, uh, part of a Sunday strip of shows on Mutual. Uh, when I first started in radio in 1945, that was my first shift as a 15-year-old kid. Was the Sunday after? Well, I signed on the station in the morning and went right through until four o'clock in the afternoon. And I had that Sunday strip of shows, right? All the mystery shows: Nick Carter, Master Detective, right, and and Mystery Theater, and Bulldog Drummond, all sure. Of them. Oh yeah, uh, um, Brett Morrison, uh, who who is also a good friend, was the shadow for the last eleven years. Mm -hmm. It was on the air, and uh, he said for the first eight or nine years that the program was on the air, uh, they did the show live in New York uh, at five o'clock Sunday afternoon. It was a live show, coast to coast, and he said then uh, he said for years I couldn't do anything on Sunday because we'd come in the morning for rehearsal uh, for many years the program had an audience they would dress in tuxedos to do the program and uh, he said uh, he said it was on every Sunday at five he said for years I was known as the five o'clock shadow <laughs> now, now he said that I did let's go to Palm Springs we have Larry on the phone hello Larry hi good evening how are you all right you're on with Frank Brzee yeah I'd like to uh, ask uh, Frank a question and then maybe uh, mention something that I'm sure he probably Everybody knows. Uh, uh, remember the uh, Captain uh, Midnight? Uh, wasn't that uh, Conrad who now uh, he played in uh, what the Fat Man on TV, and he's also now the voice of the uh, this wild uh, animal thing or something like that? Yeah. Well, Bill Conrad does do uh, the animal programs on PBS. Uh, he was Cannon on TV, as I mentioned, and uh, he was also the voice uh, on Gunsmoke. Uh, he played Matt Dillon. Right. Um, he did not play on Captain Midnight. Uh, well, I was sure that uh, in that many years ago he was either he was one of the voice of uh, one of the old time radio stars, and I was I was thinking it was uh, Captain Midnight. Yeah, Ed Prentice, wh who is still around and still with us, was uh, was Captain Midnight for for most of the time. Now, um, Bill Conrad was a radio actor and did uh, a lot of different shows, like uh, he he did Lux Radio Theater uh, during the uh, during the forties. Uh, from time to time he was on uh, the Dick Powell uh, uh, program uh, so he was a radio actor that was that was quite active but uh, I don't know of any other program he starred in uh, besides uh, Gunsmoke. Well, you know, he was talking about, uh, I believe it was Gr uh, Grasser a while ago, who was at one time was a Lone Ranger, and he got killed in an automobile accident. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing, you remember, happened to uh, Tom Mix over in Arizona. Uh, his life, you remember, was uh, cut short. And then, remember, Buck Jones was killed in that Boston fire. 
Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, of course, uh, Larry, uh, uh, Tom Mix never appeared on the Tom Mix radio show. It was also, uh, always an actor playing the part of Tom Mix. And when Tom Mix got killed in, in uh, October 1940, uh, they were, were going to wrap up the program. They, they figured it only had two more months to run. But uh, for some reason, uh, it created a lot of interest in Tom Mix, and uh, the show went on for another ten years. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. I wanted to uh, ask you uh, a, a couple other things right quick. One of the things was that, uh, do you happen to know if uh, Carlton uh, E. Morse is uh, still alive? I yes, he is. Not far from him. Up he, he was uh, with us at the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters uh, just last fall. He guested on this program about a year ago. Oh, I wish I'd have known that. I used to live right down the street from him. I'll be all gone. He had one man's family. Yeah, and don't forget, I love a mystery. Oh, yeah. oh, well, yes, I love a mystery, yes. Well, maybe next time he comes down here, he'll be on the show again. Oh, that would be great. It'll really be uh, interesting to have him. Could I, uh, could I ask one other thing? A gentleman a while ago said something about uh, the friend of the court or something like that. Would that be... Uh, Jay Johnstone when he played Mr. District Attorney. No, no, that wasn't. No, that was a different uh, program, I think. Okay, thank you very much, Larry. My guest, Frank Brzee. I'm Ray Brain. This is Talk Radio 79, KEBC, Los Angeles. I have some important news for those of you seeking significantly higher yields on your investments. The Dreyfus family of mutual funds has introduced the Dreyfus Ginnie May Fund. Ginnie May certificates are guaranteed 100% by the U.S. government. That's right. 100%. Plus, the Dreyfus Ginnie May Fund offers these advantages. No penalties or sales loads. You can receive monthly checks, or you can automatically reinvest your dividends at no charge. Ready liquidity at then current net asset value, which may be more or less than your cost. Free transfer within the Dreyfus family of funds. And a low $2,500 initial investment. Write down this number now and call Dreyfus for a free prospectus and complete information on the new high-yielding Ginny May Fund. Call 1-800-345-8500. That's 1-800-345-8500. Please read all materials carefully before you invest. Call now and say Ginny May. Would you like to work for the biggest employer in America? You may, if you're a U.S. citizen. The federal government is America's biggest employer, and it's now hiring over 20,000 people a month, including jobs in your area. These are immediate civil service openings in many occupations at salaries from $11,000 to over $70,000 a year. Most jobs require no test. Information on these jobs appears in a privately published newspaper called the Federal Jobs Digest. It tells you about each job, exactly where, and how to apply. A six-issue subscription costs $29. The Digest has had over 100,000 satisfied subscribers. Money back if you are not satisfied. To subscribe to the Federal Jobs Digest by credit card or COD, call now, 1-800-543-2300. Again, 1-800-543-2300. If you'd like to know how tax reform could affect you, then listen for an important offer from Money Magazine, America's financial advisor. The August issue of Money features a special cover story on the proposed new tax and how it could affect virtually every aspect of your finances, including the ways you save, invest, earn, and spend your dollars. Money also tells you how you can still get 12% on your investments, how the right financial planner can help you prepare for a trouble-free retirement. 
Also, what you should do and what mistakes to avoid when settling the estate of someone close to you. All this and more in the August issue of Money Magazine. If you want to stretch your dollars, you'll want to try money. Call toll-free 800-238-7000 and get 12 issues of money for only $29.95. Order now and you'll also get free Money's Financial Advisor, three valuable booklets designed to help you increase your net worth. Call money now, 800-238-7000, 800-238-7000. What is Vista? Vista is a laundry detergent. No, no, no. It's a building. No, no, it's not a car or restaurant. Well, what is it, though? It just sounds like something I want to take a bath with. No, Vista is Volunteers in Service to America. These are full-time volunteers who work with nonprofit groups to fight problems like hunger, illiteracy, poverty. Sounds great. Thanks. If you're a nonprofit group interested in a full-time volunteer, write to Vista, Washington, D.C., 20525. Park Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. All Talk Radio 79 numbers and in the word talk, T-A-L-K. South Bay Area, dial 679. Glendale and Pasadena, 244. 990 for the San Fernando Valley. And in Orange County, the 714 area, 750. The 213 area of Orange County, 448. Los Angeles, it's 520. And then talk. All right, uh, let's take a call now from Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello there, Ray. How are you? I'm fine. You're on with Frank Brzee. And hello there, Frank. Hello, Dave. I don't know if you remember me or not, but do you remember that little, uh, kind of, shall we say, remake? Well, it wasn't a remake, but uh, Jim Harmon put it together in 1984 at the Spurtback Convention. I think you were involved in that, and I did the live music. Yes, I do remember that. Uh, that had something to do with all of the afternoon adventure characters, right? Right, and I, and I played live music for that. At the last minute, I happened to walk up, and, and I played live piano music for that production. Dave, I do remember that. That was great fun. And Jim Harmon and I are very good friends together. And I... Well, Jim Harmon is, is quite a writer and uh, quite a radio historian himself and has written some, some great books, uh, The Great Adventure uh, Heroes and... Uh, uh, history of, uh, of radio, and uh, Jim's a good friend and a nice fella. Well, I'm going to throw a question at you. Let's see if you know this. <clears throat> By the way, I am 25 years old. I'm the probably the youngest guy who's called yet. <laughs> You're 25 and you have this interest in old-time radio? No joke. Why? Why? Because when I was a little boy, to make a long story short, uh, my mother, I was sick one day and I was in bed listening to the radio, and I heard this guy with a raspy voice come on on and singing Inka-Dinka-Do-A-Dinka-Dee, and then I heard this rap about old-timey days of radio, and I thought, my gosh, what in the world is that? Well, I tuned in, and they were playing the themes like Old Times album a few days later, and I just thought, wow, this is incredible. And then, well, a few years later, I got it, I got tape recording equipment, and by golly, as you know, years gone by, I've been collecting. Well, Dave, it's a great hobby and great fun. Oh, I love it. I'm blind, you know, and it is, it's wonderful. Right now, I'm at a standstill. I've got a breakdown of equipment. But anyway, enough of that. Do you remember a radio show that was on in 1938 on Mutual? Uh, I believe it was sustained for quite some time, although it was sponsored for a time, my mother told me, by Cuta Cure Soap called The Devil's Scrapbook. The Devil's Scrapbook was a program that was, it, 
uh, I, as I recall, it was a local show, and uh, they would syndicate the scripts. In other words, they would send the same script to different stations throughout the country, and then they'd have their own own actors. Because most stations in those days, in the 30s, uh, had a group of actors that worked for the stations and and uh, the the single station, and they would do live dramatic programs. And, and just like the major stations had their own orchestra. That's right. And the Devil Scrapbook was one of those early shows that was very frightening, a very scary show. As a matter of fact. I think uh, a lot of uh, places tried to put it off the air. They were not happy with it. When I first came to ABC, do you realize they still had the staff orchestra in New York City? Yes, uh, Frank uh, got, uh, uh, what was it? Wasn't uh, uh, Glenn Osser in his orchestra? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, they did our uh, our themes for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's say hello here thank to. You, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Uh, let's say hello to Beverly in Fresno. Hello, Beverly. Well, um, we were too poor in the 30s, and I was a little kid to have radio, so my memories of radio was a little later. Like uh, a lovely Lucille Wall, I guess she died this year or last year. She Was she on the romance of Helen Trent, one of those three? No, L L uh, Lucille Wall uh, did pass away recently, within the last couple of months. Uh, she was uh, Lorenzo Jones' wife oh. on one of the programs, and... Uh, and I forget the other show she did, but she was a, a, a fine radio actress. And do you know that for the last, uh, up to about five years ago, she was on uh, the General Hospital television show on ABC? I know. She had a lovely soft voice, but this was, uh, I can always remember her voice, and, and she was uh, some kind of a lead in that. And also the Whistler, and then a uh, later one I used to listen to out of Los Angeles, um, 40s is Art Baker's notebook. <laughs> Art Baker was great and, and great fun. Art Baker uh, married uh, uh, Jerry Larson, who is Milt Larson's mother. Milt Larson owns the Magic Castle and the Variety Arts Theater downtown. And so uh, I, I knew Art, and, uh, and he was uh, forever regaling us with stories about, uh, about old radio and how he got started. He got started uh, in this town uh, working for Amy Sample McPherson as a, as a choir leader. And then he was at KFI doing commercials uh, for, um, for cemetery plots mm -hmm. at, um, at, but a lot of, at Forest Lawn. But a lot of people. You go ahead. Well, and, and, and they thought he was so good. They wanted him to do a show. And that's when he began his 15-minute Art Baker's Notebook. And he told me that he'd, he'd open every show like it's a beautiful day in Southern California. And uh, he did that for years until the war started. And after the war started, they would not allow him to say that. Whether it was raining or bad weather or sunny, whatever, uh, he, he had to cut that out. And then Art went on to do uh, You Ask For That's It on I television. Was, I was going to say, he was yeah. a pioneer in television. He was a pioneer in television. With you Ask For It. And he did another show called Remember Mr. Um, Mr. Genius? It was a program that was on uh, Channel 11 here. It was uh, like a quiz show. They had a panel of, of five famous people and Mr. Genius. Art Baker would ask a question and, and then one of them would press a button to answer the question. Mr. Genius usually answered the question first. <laughs> My guest, Frank Brzee. Thank you very much, Beverly. We'll be right back. I'm Ray Breen. This is Talk Radio 79 KABC. Preparing taxes has become so complicated that almost everyone needs help. So it's no wonder the demand for trained tax preparers grows each year. Now, would you like to enter this rewarding and satisfying field? National Tax Training Schools has prepared thousands of men and women with tax preparation skills for over 30 years. 
you don't need an accounting or bookkeeping background. National Tax Training School offers an expert professional training home study course. Be a tax consultant. Work part-time or full-time during the tax season or all year round. National Tax Training School is accredited by the National Home Study Council and approved for veterans training. For free information on a tax consulting career, call area code 213-850-7515. There are no salespeople and there's no obligation. Get started on a new career with a call to National Tax Training School. Dial 850-7515. That's 850-7515. Mankind has always been pressed for time, but never more so than in American business in the 1980s. For instance, some people are so obsessed with saving time that they don't read the Wall Street Journal, which is rather odd, considering how little time it can take. In just a few minutes, the journal's front page gives you summaries of the day's most important business developments. Of course, if you have a little more time, you can dig a little deeper and discover how efficiently organized the journal really is. Now, granted, reading the journal doesn't exactly save you time. It just helps you spend it more wisely. To order the Wall Street Journal, call toll-free 800-553-1400. A special introductory offer, 13 weeks for just $29.50, with a money-back guarantee. 13 weeks for just $29.50. Call 800-553-1400 for the Wall Street Journal, the daily diary of the American dream. Saturday, a gold medal winner sits in for Michael Jackson. Bill Toomey, of course, was the Olympic decathlon champion. He's an amazing athlete. His skills that go way beyond the track. And he's a fine conversationalist. Have conversation with Bill Toomey. Join Bill Toomey and his guests as the focus is athletics. Just what happened to all that surplus Olympic dough? And can politics and international sports coexist? That's Bill Toomey for Michael Jackson, Saturday, 10 a.m. till 1 on KABC. If you're calling from Los Angeles, dial 520, followed by the word talk. T-A-L-K follows all of our numbers. For the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. The San Gabriel Valley, 448. In Burbank, 244. And in Compton, dial 639. And then, talk. I guess, uh, Frank Brzee, the, uh, the granddaddy of all radio programs, the one that uh, was the most famous of all, stayed on perhaps the longest of all, was Amos and Andy. Amos and Andy was, was a hit show from the time it went on the air. Went on uh, the air as, uh, what, Sam and Sam Henry? Sam and Henry. Uh, and it went on uh, WGN in Chicago. And uh, after it had been on in Chicago for a year, Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, who owned the show, wanted to syndicate it. They wanted mm -hmm. to make transcriptions and send it around the country. And WGN said, no, we just want it as a, as a Chicago show. And they said, well, we'll move to, uh, to another station. And they said, aha, but if you move to another station, you can't take the name because we own the name. And so they, so they moved anyway, and they came up with the names... Uh, uh, Amos and Andy, and that program went on the air 57 years ago this month, uh, August uh, 1929. We have a choice excerpt uh, that uh, is uh, featuring the kingfish as he's selling his car uh, to Andy. <laughs> this is a great excerpt. <laughs> All right, let's take a listen. Yeah, well, maybe I ought to take oh, it. Oh, yeah, you ought to take it and take it right away. Okay, here you is, kingfish. Here's the $100 down payment. I'll buy it. Right, the deal is closed. Now... 
I'm going to take it out for a little spin right now. Uh, 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 I hate to tell you this, Andy, but uh, you're going to have to hold off a little on your spinning. You see, being a French car, this car don't run on gasoline. Uh, it runs on petrol. And there ain't a drop of petrol in this country at the moment. Well, why couldn't I use gas instead? Uh, now, I'm going to explain that to you, too, Andy. Uh, you see, the American gasoline has got a thing in it called octane. Now, these foreign cars has got a narrow gas line, and the octane just won't go through it. That's the whole trouble. Clog it up, huh? Yeah, clog it right up every time. But I expect in the shipment of petrol, and naturally, you'll be the first one on the list there. <laughs> yeah. When is that coming in? Well, now, I was leaving for Georgia with my wife for a couple of weeks, and the petrol ought to get here just by the time I get back. Yeah, well, I guess I got to wait till then. then. Yeah, well, I got to run along now, and there are all the old full snitches and all that stuff. See you later. Yeah, so long, King. Let me take a good look at my car here. Hmm, believe I'll open the door and get in there and sit down. <clears throat> well, that door ain't going to open. <clears throat> I guess when Pierre tried to get in one of these cars, that's when he started calling himself Madman. <laughs> well, hello there, Andy. What you doing here? Uh, come over here, Amos. I want you to see my new car. Here. Oh, this is yours, huh? Sure is. You must be going in the soapbox derby. Wait a minute. This is the latest French automobile. The mechanic with a long arm is sealed under the hood. <laughs> It's got a leatherette motor with small horses in it, too. I just see the kingfish leave here. Did he sell you that thing? Well, I give him $100 down payment. He's going to get me some petrol, too. Uh, tell me this. Uh, who stuck that label on the front of it from a bottle of sparkling burgundy? I think the madman done it. Uh, this car ain't no good, Andy. Look at that. That kingfish has done stuck you again. Look at that. You ain't even got no windshield. All you got is the frame there. I thought that glass was awful clean. Well, you better get your money back, son. Yeah, just wait till I get my hands on that kingfish. And if I ever get to France where they make these cars, there are going to be two madmen over there. I'll tell you that. Amos and Andy. Ray, that was the most popular show in the country. There's never been a program as popular as Amos and Andy. Uh, in, the, uh, in the early 30s, when there were less than 80 million people in the United States, more than 40 million people listened to Amos and Andy every night. That's half of the country. Uh, uh, you, you don't find a television show uh, where that 10% uh, of the people uh, listen to or tune in. That's into. very true. Not only that, but... Uh, uh, they they noticed that uh, business in the motion picture theaters would be dropping off uh, because because people wanted to stay home and listen to Amos and Andy. So what they would do is they'd pipe Amos and Andy into the theaters and they'd stop the motion picture so they could hear Amos and Andy and then play the rest of the picture. That's right. They'd stop the movie at 7 o'clock and, uh, and they'd play Amos and Andy on the speakers for 15 minutes. And a lot of the theaters advertised on the marquee that uh, Amos and Andy was broadcast in this theater every night. Wouldn't it be so nice today? <laughs> All right, let's say hello to Jacksonville, Florida, and George. Hello, George. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. I'm enjoying your show immensely. I'm a fan of old radio. I have been since I was a little kid back in the early 40s. And um, a gentleman called about the program Amicus Curiae. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the gentleman's name that played the part or his... Uh, program name, but it was a production out of New York back in the middle 50s, 
and uh, amicus curiae does mean friend of the court, and he would always come in and be the arbitrator in the uh, court cases for on the behalf of the court, not for the defendant or the uh, uh, the word I is losing me now. <laughs> but in North Florida. Uh, the, the most popular time within the whole week is Sunday nights from 9 to 11. Oh, you had Jack Benny, right? Uh, yeah. There's a, a public radio station at the University of Florida down at Gainesville, and from 9 to 11, every Sunday night, they have a, a locally produced program by a gentleman by the name of Bill Savis, and it's been on the radio for some 11 years, and it's really the most popular program in North Florida on Sunday nights. And it, it really is an outlet for people that remember old radio. And I, I am a blind listener, and this is one of the greatest hobbies in the world for blind people around the country, collecting old radio and trading shows. I have a friend... That's that a big thing. That's a very big thing today, people trading shows. Well, I have a friend in your neck of the woods in Hollywood that has over 23,000 shows in his personal collection. He's in his uh, late 60s, and... Uh, he is a member of Spurnback, and he makes all of his material available to people that want old radio, and we thoroughly enjoy it. And I want to say I thoroughly enjoy your program. Well, thanks Thank for the you, call. Josh. Okay, and, and I listen to you every morning, Ray, from 3.30 to 6 when I leave for work. Oh, for heaven's sakes. What do you do? I work at uh, the local YMCA. I'm uh, a massage therapist. I see, and you get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I get up at 3.30 sharp and turn the radio on. How about that? And well, I leave for work at 6.30, and you go off locally here at 6. Right. And I catch you every morning. Well, isn't that great? Enjoy it. Thank you, George. Thank you. Right, bye. You know, there are um, many, many blind people that collect radio shows and listen to radio shows. And, and one of the thrills that I had last year, uh, the Southern California uh, Blind Institute had a convention here uh, of mostly uh, sightless people. And they asked me if I would come down and entertain. And I said, well, uh, okay, if I can bring somebody. So I brought Lorene Tuttle with me. Oh. And, and we sat on the stage, and, and I uh, asked questions. And then we played short excerpts of... Uh, of some of the hundreds of shows she had done. And it was really a thrill, and they were most appreciative. And uh, For I, those who don't know, Lorreen Tuttle just passed away here a few weeks ago. Yes, Lorreen Tuttle was known as the first lady of radio, and, and she was, uh, most listeners would remember her as uh, Effie to Howard Duff's uh, Sam Spade. I had invited her on the program, and uh, we were just working out a date, and uh, suddenly she passed away, very, yes, very she suddenly. Uh, she was on television for many years on Life with Father with uh -huh. Leon Ames. She played the mother. Uh, she was uh, the nurse on Julia, uh, that uh, television program about ten years ago. She played uh, roles on the old Red Skelton show. Oh, yeah, she played his mother. That's right. Yeah, she, she did lots and lots of shows, but what a delightful lady. And what a thrill it was for both of us. All right, let's go to uh, the Bronx, New York, and Nat. Hello, Nat. You're on with Frank Brzee. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Nat. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. I was just <laughs> got out of the shower, and I just put on my radio, and I, and I started, you know, listening to your thing here, your show here, and it's, I remember, first of all, I want to know, where can one send a way to get, like, nostalgia TV? 
T-shirts of, you know, radio, you know. I don't know that they make nostalgia T-shirts uh, or buttons. There are, there are radio clubs uh, that uh, you can join. Spurred back on the West Coast is, is one of them. In New York? Uh, yes, there, there are some clubs in, in Connecticut. As a matter of fact, Alice Reinhardt called in earlier, and she's involved with that club. I don't remember uh, the, the name of it now, but uh, if, if you search around, I think, I think you can find, find it. And they sell some of the old radio memorabilia, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the decoder pins and, and uh, badges and, and things like that. But uh, T-shirts uh, are a good idea. Uh, the reason why also I'm calling is about that I'm in electronics a long time, Frank. Over uh, 30 years of my life working in New York here. Mm -hmm. Electronics, and uh, the first things that come to my mind, I remember when I was a kid in the 40s, I don't know, something comes to my mind, tuning in at 7.15 p.m. in the evening to WMCA, a theme called Marty Glickman's Today's Baseball, was brought to you by Needix. A recreation of baseball, which was such a fantastic from 7:15 to 7:30. Uh, Marty uh, Glickman was a was a local uh, sportscaster there, so that that was a local show, one that wasn't heard here on the West Coast, as far as I know. Oh, oh, oh I see, I see. And uh, the other things I remember here in New York, you remember, do you remember some of the thing stations in New York? Like they had like music from Studio X, which was on WOR. Mm-hmm. And then they used to have WINS used to have Listen to Lacey. We used to be a whole music station before it became an all news station. Right. And then there was radio station WMGM, which was an hour in the evening from 11 to 12, gave you news from 11 to 12. And what else was there? And, um... Well, New York had uh, had all the big stations and and certainly all the big networks I, and I many like, of the big programs. I like to Kenneth Bang hard in the news. He, <laughs> He'd he, never get around with a name like that today. <laughs> My guest, Frank Brzee, radio historian. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KBC, Los Angeles. Did you know that early detection of skin cancer could save your life? It need not be fatal. A free skin cancer exam is now available for senior citizens with blue or green eyes or previous skin cancer. Now, if you're under 65, your medical insurance will cover the entire cost. Call the Skin Cancer Institute in Beverly Hills, area code 213-858-7891. That's 213-858-7891. Skin cancer is reaching epidemic proportions, and sun exposure, even a severe sunburn as a child, is a prime cause. Skin cancer usually strikes older people, but it's also a leading cause of cancer death in young adults. The good news is that it's completely curable when diagnosed early. So whatever your age, let their expert medical team protect your health. This free exam could save your life. Call 213-858-7891, the Skin Cancer Institute. Morgan Brittany. You may know me as Catherine Wentworth on Dallas, but before I became an actress, I was a student at Northridge, one of 19 California State University campuses, and today I'd like to talk to all other CSU alumni. You know there are over one million of us here in California, contributing to the life and economy of this energetic state. 
CSU alumni are the best of everything good in California today, from the arts to politics, business, and education. But how long has it been since you contacted your Cal State University? I have many wonderful memories of my CSU days, and I'm sure you do too. We CSU alumni have a lot to be proud of, a lot to share, a lot of good reasons to get back in touch. I sincerely urge you to call this number today, 1-800-CS-ALUMS. That's 1-800-CS-A-L-U-M-S. I'm sure glad I got back in touch, and I know you will be too. Today's lower interest rates and House of Imports value package provide a great opportunity right now to enjoy the Mercedes-Benz of your dreams. For House of Imports, Mercedes-Benz, Michael Jackson, customer. House of Imports invites you to take your own pencil test of value. Discover your advantages in owning a new Mercedes-Benz at today's lower interest rates. Evaluate. You may find you can own or lease a new House of Imports Mercedes-Benz for little more than you're expensing today on your present vehicle. Compare House of Imports custom walkaway leases and long-term financing up to 96 months. Consider the assurance of House of Imports Auto Club approved service department. After hours roadside service, Mercedes-Benz approved body and paint department, and the security of a four-year or 50,000-mile limited new car factory warranty. Take your own pencil test, then compare at House of Imports. House of Imports Mercedes-Benz, alongside the Santa Ana Freeway at Beach Boulevard in Buena Park. Dial 213 or 714-MERCEDES. KABC Los Angeles, Talk Radio, AM 79. ABC News, I'm Dorothy McIntyre. The House has voted to raise the federal debt limit until the end of September. But House members did so without the budget balancing portion of that bill known as Graham-Rudman. Earlier, the Senate approved the increase in the debt ceiling with the automatic budget balancing provision. Members of the Senate had little choice but to accept the House version. And about an hour ago, members of Congress adjourned. They'll return in September after a three weeks vacation. Congressional negotiators say they've reached agreement and principle on the tax reform proposal. They're hoping to have that matter wrapped up before the day is over. A South African sanctions bill has been passed in the Senate. It now goes on to a conference committee to be reconciled with the House bill, which is said to be even tougher. Pennsylvania Congressman Bill Gray stopped by the Senate gallery to congratulate members after the vote. I think tonight is historic in that Americans stopped talking about minerals and diamonds and started practicing their values in their foreign policy. That's the statement that was issued by an overwhelming bipartisan majority. The only question remains as to whether the chief executive of this nation will add an exclamation point to that statement. The Senate bill would ban imports of South African coal, uranium, steel, and farm products. New investments would be barred. Airline landing rights would be suspended. The Reverend Jesse Jackson is calling on President Reagan to meet with the heads of all the Southern African nations to discuss sanctions against South Africa. The Reverend Jackson has begun his 12-day fact-finding tour of Southern Africa in Nigeria yesterday. He said Mr. Reagan's program called Constructive Engagement has made the South African government more arrogant. I'll have more after this. There will be a ten-minute intermission between acts. Great first act. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, if you're thinking of smoking, sir, only in the outer lobby or outside the theater, please. Okay. Wow, how'd you know he smoked? Teeth. Just slip a close look at the teeth, Humphrey. Tobacco stains can be obvious. 
Tobacco-stained teeth won't give you away when you brush every day, twice a day, with Topol Smoker's Tooth Polish. Topol with fluoride safely removes newly deposited smoke particles, while regular brushing with Topol helps clean away built-up stains for a cleaner, whiter smile. Uh, I wouldn't go out there, madam. They're all smokers. Well, so are we. Oh, pardon me, but your teeth, so bright. I can't believe she smokes. That should take care of him. Who does he think he is, anyway? Topol, the only toothpaste a smoker needs for a winning smile. Now that the green light has been given to start building a fourth space shuttle, the subject of funding that project has come up. ABC's John Bascom reports from Washington. The White House says the money for the new orbiter will have to be found elsewhere in the federal budget, $272 million in fiscal year 87. After that, for the next four years, they're not sure where it's going to come from, either more budget shifting or totally new spending. Projected cost, $2.8 billion for a shuttle that will look like the rest with refinements inside and can fly by 1991. A lot of the new funding will come from savings within NASA, savings they hope to realize by having all this downtime and not flying right now. When they start flying again, they'll phase out carrying commercial satellites. It'll be up to the private sector to develop disposable rockets to carry commercial payloads. John Bascom, ABC News, the White House. Some U.S. officials are quoted as saying the alleged beating of U.S. drug agent Victor Cortez in Mexico happened because he was doing too good of a job. A very outspoken youngster is standing up to the Catholic Church. Ron Beacon reports from Toledo, Ohio. Sarah Beth Eason says it's come down to her right of free speech. The sixth grader at St. Agnes School in Toledo, Ohio, was very outspoken about her belief a woman has the right to have an abortion. Too outspoken for the local Catholic diocese. Sarah Beth received a letter from the school superintendent. The Reverend Richard Miller told her she will not be admitted to the Catholic school this fall if she doesn't denounce her pro-choice beliefs. Sarah Beth says that's something she can't do, so she'll go to school somewhere else. The church's answer? Sarah Beth and her mother could be excommunicated. This is ABC News. Say, forecasters say Tropical Storm Charlie could intensify as it drifts off the coast of South Carolina today. A few hours ago, that storm was about 125 miles east-southeast of Charleston, packing winds at 55 miles an hour. Firefighters are still battling forest and range fires out west. They say they have taken control of most of them. And a large Soviet spacecraft is expected to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere today. Officials say there's no serious threat to safety. For the ABC Information Network, I'm Dorothy McIntyre. We have your style at Chick White Shoes. We have your size at Chick White Shoes. We make them wide at Chick White Shoes just for you. Ladies, if you've been blessed with wider-than-average feet, relax. Chick White Shoes carries the finest footwear and the most flattering styles, all in wide and extra-wide widths. And Chick White Shoes proudly features such fine-name brands as Foot Thrills by Clinic foot thrills for that go all day feeling the great look you want the cushiony comfort you need foot thrills now in good supply at chick wide shoes for the location of the store nearest you dial toll free anytime 1-800-341-2888 that's 1-800-341-2888 KABC Los Angeles, Talk Radio, AM 79.
This is Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brame. My guest, Frank Brzee, and we're talking about the halcyon days of radio. Some people call it the golden days of radio. In fact, uh, Frank Brzee does. That's <laughs> the name of his radio program on Armed Forces Radio. And it's now in its 19th year, right? 19th year. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm recorded about uh, four months in advance, so I've really celebrated my 20th anniversary. We begin the 20th year, uh, January 1987. And I'm looking at a list of just some of the personalities that you have um, had on your program in the past. Jack Benny, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, Jim Jordan, better known as Fibber McGee, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Milton Berle, Rudy Valley, Phil Harris, Harry James, Ken Murray, Mae West, Lowell Thomas, George Burns, Bob Cummings, Howard Duff, who, of course, always uh, was known as Sam Spade in mm -hmm. those days, Walter O'Keefe, Lorene Tuttle, Georgie Jessel, Arch Obler, Jimmy Durante, Les Tremaine, the first-nighter, Mel Blank, Ralph Edwards, Dennis Day, Groucho Marx, Elsa Lanchester, Elizabeth Scott, Bill Baldwin, Harry Von Zell, Norman Corwin, who was with us just this uh, past Wednesday night. Norman is wonderful. Isn't he great? Yes. Uh, Norman Corwin, Ray Bradbury, Boris Karloff, Johnny Mathis, Hal Perry, the great Gildersleeve, Jack Bailey of Queen for a Day, Bob Barker, The Price is Right, Monty Hall, Let's Make a Deal, Don McNeil of The Breakfast Club, Ezra Stone, Henry Aldridge, uh, Curly Bradley, Tom Mix, Brett Morrison, The Shadow. Just a partial list of the people you've interviewed. I hate to think how old that makes me. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. It was great fun to, to work with all those people and have them on the show and play the excerpts. And I uh, wish they were all around today. Yes, don't we all? Uh, we were talking about Lowell Thomas. Lowell Thomas uh, was an institution. Uh, Radio and Lowell Thomas grew up together. Uh, that's right. Uh, Lowell Thomas told me that, uh, that the, the way he got his job on radio was because of Floyd Gibbons. Floyd Gibbons was a very famous uh, radio newscaster uh, in the early uh, 30s. And he had a patch over his eye. If you remember pictures of Floyd Gibbons, mm -hmm, very mm -hmm. famous, and a, a fast talker. And uh, Floyd Gibbons uh, had, uh, had a little problem. He used to like to tip a few from time to time. And one night, he did this and went to the sponsor's house, stood outside of the sponsor's house, and sang a song to the sponsor until the sponsor said, okay, that's it. Uh, and so he, he fired him and, uh, and said, we're going to hire Lowell Thomas. Well, what Floyd Gibbons uh, did before Thomas uh, started doing the show, he came on the air and said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be replaced by Lowell Thomas. You will love him. He's a, a lecturer, uh, a naturalist, a historian, made him sound so terrible and so dull <laughs> that uh, Lowell Thomas told me he thought no one would ever tune in. Uh, but they did, and he told me why. His show preceded Amos and Andy, and so people would tune in to hear Amos and Andy, and they'd tune in a couple minutes early, and they'd hear the last part of the Lowell Thomas show. They liked his program, his newscast, so he became a hit, and he was on the air for better than 50 years. And a 15-minute newscast. 15 minutes, right. Coast to coast. And he was an institution. But every once in a while, something would tickle <laughs> Lowell Thomas. Oh, and Touch his funny bone. He'd really go bananas. <laughs> and here is just one of those days. Take a listen. The latest accomplishment of UNIVAC, telling a person what he ought to be reading. The electronic brain doing exactly that at the Seattle World's Fair. 
You fill out a card giving age, interest, background, and other personal information. The card is fed into the machine. Moments later, out comes the answer. For example, the 13-year-old boy said he'd like to know about rockets. He received a selective reading list. The 21-year-old girl said she was interested in sex. We'll skip that reply. Univac almost had a spasm. One of the librarians in charge of the electronic brain is Marcia Holcomb of Denton, Texas. Her ex was... <laughs> Until tomorrow. This is Dick Noel reminding you to listen again Monday evening for Lowell Thomas and the News brought to you by Oldsmobile. <laughs> this program came to you from the CBS News. Everybody was breaking up. <laughs> you had two announcers who broke up. Dick Noel, and then the uh, network announcer. And the network announcer. Can you imagine doing a newscast uh, live, coast to coast, on the CBS network, and uh, and suddenly breaking up? You've got no place to go. What did he say? Oh, hum. <laughs> <laughs> and then just pause. <laughs> well, that was uh, something that uh, happened in radio from time to time. And, and you start laughing, and you can't stop. Well, you know, on my anniversary show every year for the past 10 years or, or so, I've played uh, radio bloopers, and uh, they're as funny or funnier uh, than uh, some, of the, uh, some of the television bloopers. And uh, sometime we should, you should do a show just on bloopers, because... I guess we should. You, in, in the uh, old days of radio, the uh, idea was to even try and get people to break up. Oh sure, they always uh, they always tried to break the announcer up. You sure. know, let's uh, let's do something to the announcer to break him up. Um, uh, they'd light his copy on fire. Well, you know who told me that was uh, Andre Baruch. Oh, did that happen to Andre? Well, well it didn't happen to Andre. He did it to <clears throat> who was the opera singer Basil Risedale. Oh, Basil Risedale. Who, who used to do all the Lucky Strike commercials. Commercials, yeah. yeah but uh, there would be a little bit in it for Andre Baruch. Yeah. He had the uh, short opening, and then he had a little closing, and then Basil Risedale would have the body of the copy. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, George Washington Hill of the American Tobacco Company was very concerned about uh, the way the copy was being read by the announcer. But it always uh, went over if uh, Basil Risedale was doing it because he would milk every centurion tone, you know. And uh, he was an opera singer. So uh, it would come down to the, the last few seconds for uh, Andre Baruch, and Andre uh, had to speed like crazy, to, to, and he'd be going off a mile a minute. And George Washington Hill would come up to him and say, You're reading it too fast, you're reading it too fast. <laughs> you so, know. So one day, what he did was to speed Basil up. He uh, got through the first part of his opening, and then Basil took over, and he let his script from the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> he says he read it faster than he ever read it in his life. I guess so. Uh, Gene Baker, who was the announcer of Queen for a Day, and also Lum and Abner's announcer, said they used to always play tricks on him. Lum and Abner, the fellows that played mm -hmm. Lum and Abner, mm -hmm. used to wait outside of the studio until the program went on the air. And Gene Baker and the organist would start the program, and at the time Gene Baker would say, and now here's Lum and Abner, they'd walk through the door. So they, they used to be devil the announcers all the time. Uh, Del Charbot, I think, was telling me uh, one of the uh, days when, you know, they used to have the staff orchestras, and they'd mm -hmm. go under different names. Mm -hmm. You know, in the morning, there's such and such, <laughs> in the afternoon, there's somebody else. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they were ready to do the afternoon show with the musicians. And so they were going to do the ultimate, and that is set the clocks ahead.
Yes, I remember several stories about so, that. So anyway, whatever the guy's name with the with the orchestra, uh, they're coming back from lunch to do the afternoon show, and he looks up at all the studio clocks, including the control, and it's only a minute to airtime. And I mean, he thought he had a half an hour. And so there's a scrambling and a, a commotion, and of course, the musicians are in on it. The conductor is not. And there's all this scrambling to get ready to go on the air. It's five, four, three, two, one, the red light, and you're on the air coast to coast. <laughs> and so he gives the downbeat, and they all blow clunkers. <laughs> and the guy is so mad, he storms off, and he never came back. And they kept going out the hall saying, hey, it was only a gag, only a gag. Come on back, we'll be on the air in another half hour. And he wouldn't come back. He was gone. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, they did that to uh, Tony Lafrano once at uh, at Mutual. Uh, he was the announcer for the the family theater program, and they set the clocks ahead about a minute. And Tony Lafrano did the opening, and then the first voice blew the line on purpose and said some terrible things. And Tony Lafrano, I guess, almost had a coronary right there. <laughs> we'll be right back with Frank Brzee. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79. K-A-B-C. If you die without a will, the laws of the state and not you will determine who receives your property and in what amounts, who manages the affairs of your estate. Your choice as guardian of your minor children may never be known. Your loved ones could face unnecessary legal costs and needless court delays. Regardless of the size of your estate, failing to make a will means taking unnecessary chances. Now, for only $9.95, you can make your own will with a PlanSafe Will Kit. The will forms were prepared by lawyers to be valid in all 50 states. When you order, you will receive simple fill-in-the-blank will forms with easy-to-follow directions. You will also receive an easy-reading guidebook for a full understanding of this most important document. And all for only $9.95 plus shipping. To order, just call toll-free 1-800-228-2222. That's 1-800-228-2222. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back from Security Documents, 281 Butler Street, Brooklyn, New York. That number again is 1-800-228-2222. Please allow four to six weeks for delivery. Did anyone ever tell you that you have a flair for writing? Maybe it was for a story about a vacation trip, an article or a short story for a local newspaper or organization bulletin. Yes, you may have what it takes to be a professional writer. Did you know that many professional writers are everyday people like yourself? You don't have to be a well-known name to earn money writing, and you can write full-time or part-time. So if you enjoy writing and would like to have your writing evaluated, call in area code 213-850-7311 and get the free writer's aptitude test from the Writers Institute Home Study School. Now, this 60-year-old school is a division of the Newspaper Institute of America. For your free test, call 850-7311. Take the test in the privacy of your own home and discover if you have that special writer's touch and you want to improve your skills. There are no salespeople and no obligation. Call 850-7311. Disabled and handicapped are accurate terms, but often they aren't the whole story. I'm Barbara Essenston, and beginning Monday, a week-long series on Southern California's special kids. They aren't handicapped, just inconvenienced. I grew up thinking, I'm blind, big deal, there's nothing I can't do. Meet these special young people who've overcome what we would consider major problems. They have a special way of looking at life. Special kids. Six daily reports beginning Monday on KABC. If you're calling from Los Angeles, dial 520, followed by the word talk. 
T-A-L-K follows all of our numbers. For the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. The San Gabriel Valley, 448. In Burbank, 244. And in Compton, dial 639. And then, talk. My uh, guest is uh, Frank Brzee, radio historian. A few weeks ago, uh, Frank, I had uh, the announcer for uh, Lux Radio Theater on with me. Oh, uh, John Milton Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about, uh, you know, when when Cecil B. DeMille was doing that show. Right. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille was the, uh, was the host of the show. They called him the producer, but he was only the host. Mm -hmm. And uh, during my radio days, I... I had the thrill of doing the Lux Radio Theater a few times, and uh, that was the prestige show oh, in town. Uh, we'd start on Friday with a rehearsal, and then had a rehearsal Saturday, and then Sunday we'd have a dress rehearsal with an audience, uh, which they would record and then make any changes they had mm -hmm. to make by Monday, and then Monday night at 6 o'clock for an hour, live, coast to coast, the program would be broadcast. and. Uh, DeMille uh, used to, it was never there for rehearsals. He'd only come uh, uh -huh. for the last, uh, uh, the, the, you know, five o'clock uh, uh, Monday afternoon. But uh, that was something. They did that show on Vine Street at uh, the Jimmy Doolittle uh, Theater. Now uh, it's called. Great, uh, a great program. It was on for better than 20 years. And almost every star in Hollywood appeared on that show except Charlie Chaplin, who uh, uh, never made uh, a sound film that they wanted to uh, adapt for radio, and uh, Greta Garbo. But all the other stars were on the show. Oh, there was one show on radio that uh, people could not quite understand, and that was how you could have uh, a guy who was a ventriloquist doing a visual-only type of act could be big on radio, which you can't see. <laughs> and that's, of course... Uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. How did that come about? Well, Rudy Valley uh, told me that um, that they asked him to put Edgar Bergen on his show, on his mm. variety hour, because Edgar Bergen was in New York and, and uh, he had appeared at um, uh, at uh, one of the one of the big parties in New York. Elsa Maxwell had a party, mm -hmm. and Edgar Bergen was there entertaining. And um, so uh, they wanted to put him on the show, and uh, uh, everybody said to Rudy, no, it, it won't work. And, and Rudy said, I don't care. Uh, it, it, you can't see him anyway. You can't see radio actors, so it will work. So Edgar came down to the studio with uh, Mortimer Snurd, and uh, was gonna, it was going to be uh -huh. Edgar Bergen and Mortimer Snurd, and, and Rudy said, no, use the, the one that uh, dressed in the tuxedo and everything. So the first time that, uh, that Edgar was ever on the radio, it was a Rudy Valley show in, I think, 1936 uh, with, uh, with Charlie McCarthy. And on the strength of that, it became an enormous hit and went into radio with his own show and was, was never out of radio. You did a special program with Edgar Bergen and the guest star, Marilyn Monroe. How did well, that come about? Well, um... Ten years ago, I did a, a CBS special called The Golden Days of, of Radio, and I had Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy on that show. 
uh, recreating some, some old radio bits that they did. Now, this program that we're about to hear was an actual radio broadcast that uh, Bergen and McCarthy did, and this was uh, 1952, and Marilyn Monroe was the hottest thing in motion pictures mm -hmm. at that time, and so hot that they wouldn't allow her to do television or radio or anything else. And this is her only radio appearance? As far as I know, this was the only radio appearance of, of Marilyn Monroe, and uh, they, they said it up and they said Marilyn Monroe was going to marry Charlie McCarthy and they made a big deal out of it and it was uh, it, it, it hit all the papers and, and here it is you'll love to hear it yeah Charlie in a little while you will be married to Marilyn Monroe yeah 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 <laughs> you know Charlie there there comes a time in, in everyone's life when when he must learn about uh, certain things Yes. Well, what do you want to know, Bergen? Well, I mean, what I'm trying to tell you, Charlie, is that uh, what I'm trying to explain to you, I don't know what you're trying to... Charlie! Oh, Marilyn Monroe! Beautiful. I'm wearing my wedding dress. Yeah. Something borrowed. Yeah, you didn't borrow enough. <laughs> we'll be so happy. Mm. I can see it now. Yeah. You and I by the fireplace in the kettle whistling. Oh, who can blame it? <laughs> Charlie. Marilyn, my dear, we were made for each other. Kiss me, Charlie. Just to make sure. Yes, gladly, all right. <laughs> song. Well, you know, one of the things that made that funny was the sound effects man. Sound effects men were very important in, in early radio, and there were some sound effect men that worked only uh, uh, audience shows, like Ray Erlenborn. Ray Erlenborn would work comedy shows, and uh, if there was a gunshot and a body fall, mm -hmm. instead of just a gunshot and then the hands on the mm -hmm. table making a body fall, Ray Erlenborn would stand in, in front of the cast, shoot off a gun, and then do a body fall, which got an extra extra big laugh. So the, the sound effect men were very important in, in early radio. We'll be back with Frank Brizzy. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KBC, Los Angeles. Ever had a great idea that could be your key to success but didn't have the money to make or market it? The answers to financing your business ideas are available to you now in this exclusive new book, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital. This beautiful hardbound volume contains helpful articles on writing business plans to secure investment, discussions on approaching the right venture capitalist, and holding on to equity. Also, there's a valuable list of almost 1,000 venture capitalists in North America, Europe, and Asia, all cross-indexed by investment focus and location. From the editors of Venture Magazine, Venture's Guide to International Venture Capital, this valuable source book is available for just $59.95. Order today. Send check or money order to Venture Magazine, Post Office Box 254, Shays. New York, 12921, or call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, and charge it. Ventures Guide to International Venture Capital. It's the first good investment you could make. Call 1-800-328-5727, extension 118, for details. 
Mankind has always been pressed for time, but never more so than in American business in the 1980s. For instance, some people are so obsessed with saving time that they don't read the Wall Street Journal, which is rather odd, considering how little time it can take. In just a few minutes, the journal's front page gives you summaries of the day's most important business developments. Of course, if you have a little more time, you can dig a little deeper and discover how efficiently organized the journal really is. Now, granted, reading the journal doesn't exactly save you time. It just helps you spend it more wisely. To order the Wall Street Journal, call toll-free 800-553-1400. A special introductory offer, 13 weeks for just $29.50, with a money-back guarantee. 13 weeks for just $29.50. Call 800-553-1400 for the Wall Street Journal, the daily diary of the American dream. Homeowners, you enjoy traveling, right? But you don't enjoy worrying about break-ins to your homes while you're gone. Now, there's a better answer than wired windows, burglar bars, and security patrols. It's Castle Security's rolling metal shutters. They've been a household word in Europe for many, many years. You've seen them advertised on TV and installed in many of your neighbors' homes because they provide the ultimate physical barrier of protection to safeguard your home, your valuables, and the lives of those you love. 24 hours a day. They allow fresh air and light to enter when closed and disappear completely when raised. Now, homeowners, get the facts about this new kind of security system. Add value to your home while reducing your heating and cooling costs, too. Call 800-327-6244. Toll free. Receive free information by mail. That's 800-327-6244. No obligation, 800-327-6244. Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, the number is 520, followed by TALK, T-A-L-K. All Talk Radio 79 numbers are followed by the word TALK. Orange County, 714 area, dial 750. And the 213 area, dial 448. The South Bay area, 679. And the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. And then TALK. We were talking about a program called it, it, it called it, it Pays to be Ignorant, and uh, questions would be asked like, what color is a white horse? <laughs> yeah. And uh, there'd be all sorts of, uh, you know, lamentations and scratching of heads, and then uh, Lulu would say, would you repeat the question, please? <laughs> yeah. I remember that show. That was one of my favorite programs when I was growing up. I, I loved It Pays to be Ignorant, and uh, I wish those people were around because they were they were consummate artists and it was a scripted program but they knew so many gags that uh, they could deviate from the script and no one would ever know all right a call from uh, atlanta we have louis on the line good morning louis uh, good morning ray good morning uh ray you and i have a quite a bit of interest in common i'm an old man 80 and uh, i've been blind for the past 46 years i was originally licensed as four H.W. There was no prefix in those days. Is that right? So you're one of the oldest hams around, huh? Yeah. Of course, it's been reissued a number of times. Now, that was in the days of wireless, Ray. There was no no radio. That was a coined word later on. And Were you using spark gap transmitters? I had a 1KW spark, used a fan antenna, and hmm. the counterpoint came in later. We used to use a grounding system. Mm-hmm. I helped to build uh, three of the local radio stations, just as a matter of friendship, WSB, WGST, and WATL. All friends of mine who have passed away, they were all hams, you know. And in aviation, uh, I understand you have a couple of planes. 
I uh, used to ride around uh, with Beetle Blevins and uh, Doug Davis, uh, pioneers in Atlanta. The old Canada Airfield, which was the remains of a, a racing track, is now known as the Great Hartsfield Airport, you know. Mm -hmm. And in that day and time, the Waco 10 and the Eagle Rock and the Jennies and the Canucks, that was a Canadian <laughs> Jenny, were the planes we flew around in. That was before the days of Lindbergh, you know. He was a barnstormer in the early days. Yeah. So I thought that'd be interesting to you. Uh, the first days in radio, uh, Ray, our first station to hear was that was KDKA. That used to be a ham radio station to begin with, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, then later, WHAS, the Louisville Courier. And uh, we heard it on the crystal set. I used a loose coupler, uh, Murdoch condenser, and Brandy's phones. I used to hear, <laughs> used to hear stations uh, out at sea on 600 meters. And then something probably would interest you, but I doubt if you're old enough to have ever heard it, was a long wave station using the uh, alternators. By the way, that was 16 to 25,000 meters. It has gone out and come back in because those waves conform to the curvature of the Earth and they can communicate with uh, submarines nowadays. Did you know that? Oh, yes. Yes. The Navy uses a uh, long wave, extremely low frequency. Yeah, the shorter waves go up and bounce up and down. Yeah. Louis, uh, what was your favorite radio program? Back in the old days? Yep. Why, well, you know what it was. It was Amos and Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, this business of making it a racial issue is a tragedy because it was clean, it was funny, it's typical, and uh, right to the point, it was a delightful show. Yes, it was. And uh, you can't say that about a lot of television shows today. Ray, a lot of stuff they're putting on now is strictly trash, and it's, it's, it's sad because it could be used for a great medium of entertainment and education, you know. I agree. Thanks for the call, Louie. Where are you located now? Uh, we're in uh, Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Yeah. That's the X. <laughs> yeah, how about that? <laughs> oh, okay, Louie, take care. Thank you, Louie. My guest, Frank Brzee, radio historian. I'm Ray Breen. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC. Lately, it seems like everyone's asking you to give. A little here, a little there. Well, we're asking you to give the most precious thing of all, yourself. We're the Peace Corps. And we need people who want to make a difference. People who care enough to help build food systems in Africa. So the starving won't just eat today, they'll eat tomorrow and the next day. People to help fight malaria in Asia. To train teachers in Latin America. It isn't easy. And it takes more than just concern. It takes motivation, commitment. Being a Peace Corps volunteer gives you a chance to stop dreaming about a better world and start doing something about it. So think about it. As a Peace Corps volunteer, you'll give people something money can't buy. Yourself. Peace Corps. Still the toughest job you'll ever love. For more information, call 1-800-424-8580. A public service message of the Advertising Council and the Peace Corps. If you'd like to know how tax reform could affect you, then listen for an important offer from Money Magazine, America's financial advisor. The August issue of Money features a special cover story on the proposed new tax and how it could affect virtually every aspect of your finances, including the ways you save, invest, earn, and spend your dollars. Money also tells you how you can still get 12% on your investments, how the right financial planner can help you prepare for a trouble-free retirement. Also, what you should do and what mistakes to avoid when settling the estate of someone close to you. All this and more in the August issue of Money Magazine. 
If you want to stretch your dollars, you'll want to try money. Call toll-free 800-238-7000 and get 12 issues of money for only $29.95. Order now and you'll also get free Money's Financial Advisor, three valuable booklets designed to help you increase your net worth. Call money now, 800-238-7000, 800-238-7000. Jason Robards for IDS Financial Services. Financial planning. To some people, it means a slow, painful process that pays off years down the road. But in fact, there are major rewards to be had right from the start. It's not uncommon to save as much as thousands of dollars the very first year, depending on your income. IDS has prepared a guide, Financial Planning, the First Year Reward. It may well shatter your idea of what sound money management is all about. Call 1-800-437-4332 for your free guide. Learn why a large tax refund is a sign you may be losing money. Discover how financial planning can benefit you this year and every year. Financial success won't just happen. You have to make it happen. Take the first step. Call for your free guide today. Call 1-800-437-4332. That's 1-800-437-4332. Call now. Hello there, I'm Michael Jackson. Did you know that the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Reserve needs volunteers for patrols or search and rescue? Call your local sheriff's station. Did you know that if you're depressed and can't face the next day, Life Plus Foundation has a help hotline? Call 1-800-435-7609. Did you know you can be helpful in keeping kids off the streets? Direct them to the nearest boys club of Southern California. They'll keep them busy. KABC thought you ought to know. Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. All Talk Radio 79 numbers and in the word talk, T-A-L-K. South Bay Area, dial 679. Glendale and Pasadena, 244. 990 for the San Fernando Valley, and in Orange County, the 714 area, 750. The 213 area of Orange County, 448. Los Angeles, it's 520, and then talk. Frank Brzee is my guest, radio historian, and a man who has his own radio show, has for the past 19 years on Armed Forces Radio, called the Golden Days Radio. Uh, we have uh, an excerpt from... Um, one of my favorite uh, mystery shows on network radio, and that was Sam Spade. Sam Spade was a great show, and it starred uh, Howard Duff as Sam Spade and Loreen Tuttle as his secretary, Effie. Um, every year for the past uh, 15 years, I've done a special Christmas show for the Armed Forces Radio Service. And uh, in 19... 82, uh, we did a live show with all the radio actors uh, that were around. We did sketches. It was special to our program. We did it uh, live with an audience. Uh, and uh, one of the sketches we did was a Sam Spade sketch. And uh, this is what you're going to hear. It's, uh, it's uh, Howard Duff and, and Lorene Tuttle, as they probably will always be remembered. Well, Sam, you solved the case. What would Mr. First Nighter have done without you? Uh, probably a hell of a lot better. Oh, no. Don't be modest, Sam. Why, the number of people who owe a debt of gratitude to you must be... Uh, must be without number, I know. Look at it the other way. The number of people to whom I owe debts, uh, gratitude and otherwise, the otherwise being, of course, cash, could easily be numbered somewhere upwards Sam, of... Sam, uh, uh, mm -hmm. speaking of debts... This seems like an opportune time to bring up last, last week's, week's salary. salary. Yeah. Well, now, Effie, the first night I should remit me some money soon, or a horse I know might shock everybody and come in. 
Or I might say, find a $25 bill on the sidewalk somewhere, and uh, then you will be graciously taken care of first. A $25 bill? Effie, leave us not picket things. Financially, I'm a little distracted. The, the, the quantity theory of money being what it is, uh, this is the end of my fiduciary year. And of course, since the French franc was devaluated, who knows what will happen to the yen. Oh, oh Sam, the yen. That's one thing I know about. Oh? I've had a yen for some time now. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get back to that $25 bill. Sam. Don't you have a yen for me in Of course I oh do. God. Come here, sweetheart. And that's, that's one yen nobody's going to devaluate. Sam, you can have a seat on my stock exchange any day. Let's get out of this. Say goodnight. Goodnight, Sam. Goodnight, sweetheart. Sam Spade, uh, portrayed by Howard Duff, one of the greatest voices in radio. Oh, uh, he had a great voice. He still looks and, great. Uh, he's, he looks marvelous, and he works all the time. Uh, he was on that uh, television series called Flamingo mm -hmm. Road, uh, and he's done some of the other shows. Uh, I, I always love to see uh, Howard Duff in a movie or on a television show because I know it's going to be uh, well-produced. It's going to be uh, a quality program. Because that's all he's done all of his career. And, of course, Lorene Tuttle, who just passed away a few weeks ago. Lorene Tuttle was a, was a wonderful a gal. Uh, she was known as the first lady of radio. Uh, did uh, most every radio show that, uh, that uh, was ever on the air. I first heard Lorene Tuttle when she was doing the mother of Red Skelton on the Red Skelton show. On the Red Skelton radio show, sure. If I do did, I did a whipping. <laughs> I do did. And the other thing, you know, Lorene Tuttle taught uh, acting and, and helped people with help young people with acting and every time i hadn't done a radio show a dramatic radio show in maybe 20 years and uh arch obler called me one day and he was doing a radio show this is 1980 and arch uh, obler of lights out L arch obler of lights out and uh he had some heavy he had hans hans conreed and uh and les tremaine and uh and lorene was on the show uh, he had some heavyweights on the program and, um, you know, I got the script, and I called Lorene immediately, and I said, I, I better do some brush-up, because this isn't you betcha Red Rider. This is uh, <laughs> something. And she was tremendously helpful, and such a lovely lady. Yes, indeed. Let's go to Tallahassee and say hello to Ray. Good morning, Ray. Well, good morning, Ray. Uh, I also work, I, I'm also a blind person, and I work as a broadcaster here in Tallahassee. Uh, and uh, you do a very good show. I'm really impressed. Thank you. You're on with Frank. Uh, Frank, I do have two. Uh, it's a two-part question. The first thing is, and I've only been listening for about 20 minutes, so it's probably already been covered. And if it has, I do apologize. Uh, the first thing is, radio drama was trying to be uh, brought back in the mid-70s, 1974, 1975, with the radio, uh, CBS Radio Mystery Theater with E.G. Marshall. Why was that taken off the air? Well, as I as I said before, I think uh, the program lacked the proper sponsorship. Uh, it was a CBS network program, and uh, and every time they didn't have enough sponsors, CBS uh, radio had to pick up uh, the, the the bill for it. And I think it just got too expensive. At one time, 
it was an hour uh, or, or 50 minutes, I guess, uh, seven nights a week. Uh, that's a lot of material for people to write. And, and as I understand it, they were running out of material. They, well, they didn't have the writers uh, that they had in the old days. And, and, and the reason is uh, you might get $400 for writing that show, for mm -hmm. writing a 50-minute show. If you wrote a television program that was that long, you might get $5,000. So, you know, it became an economic situation, too. Uh I wish it were. I wish it were still on the air. All right. You get how much for writing a, a thirty-minute? And what, what did you say? Well, it used to be about five thousand dollars for uh, a thirty-minute sitcom. Now uh, I think it's it's a lot more than that. And how much was it on radio? Well, if you wrote for uh, CBS Mystery Theater, you might get four hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah, the, the Heartbeat Theater program, which was one of the last dramatic shows, C.P. McGregor show, uh, the, I think they were paying $300 uh, for that half-hour show, and that's only been off the air a couple of years. So you didn't make a lot of money. If you write for radio or if you're on radio, you do it for the love of radio, as uh, Ray can attest to. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, um, oh, boy, do we love it. Yeah. Uh, well, the other, the other question I had is, all right, I, I was born in 1948. So by the time I was 10 years old, radio drama was coming to an end, as it were. All that was left were soap operas, which I did listen to. And then on Sunday afternoons, you had at 530 in the afternoon, Eastern Time, you had... Uh, uh, Johnny Dollar, and then have gun world travel and gun smoke. Right. Any, uh, you know, on, on Sunday afternoons. Is there any way of getting a copy of those old uh, 1960, 61, 62 series of uh, suspense? And uh, oh, that was another one. Uh, suspense and Johnny Dollar and gun smoke. Is there, is there any way of getting a copy of those old shows? Well, you know that as I as I also mentioned earlier, there are a lot of radio clubs around the country, and if you can join those or or get some of the radio magazines, there are people that trade radio. Radio shows. What's uh, the biggest one? What would be the biggest club or whatever? What's the most popular? Uh, I, I really, I really don't know. Uh, Spurred back is one that's out here on the West Coast, and and that's a big organization. But I'll I, I'll tell you what the um, uh, the the audio tape that I did for Warner Audio. Uh, has a lot of excerpts on it, but in addition to that, uh, Warner Audio also has another dozen radio shows, including a Jack Benny show. I think there's a, a, a suspense program with Agnes Moorhead. Uh, sorry, wrong number. Sorry, wrong number. Yeah. Uh, a Bergen McCarthy show, a Lemon Abner show, and most of the record stores in any community across the country nowadays carries records and tapes of old radio shows. So they're they're not really difficult to. Find. So what's the uh, what's the one you did? It's called what? It's called the best of old time radio. Thank you, Ray. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call. Uh, let's take a uh, quick call here from Joan, Edison, New Jersey. Good morning, Joan. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Frank. I'm just really enjoying your show. I always love the programs that you have on old time radio, Ray. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I am a great fan. Um, Frank, is there any way for a person? to hear your show on shortwave because you said you do it. No, it, I'll tell you, uh, the Armed Forces Radio Service shows are not broadcast on shortwave anymore. What they do, I record the show here in Hollywood at the AFRTS studios, and then they're sent all over the world on uh, discs, on 12-inch LP discs, and the stations, the more than 400 stations around the world, uh, play these on regular AM and FM radio, just like a regular radio station. Mm. 
What you what you get on shortwave is news and commentary. Yes, it's news and commentary. It's the news service. Yeah, I'd like to be able to hear your show. Well, you can join the service, I guess. I'm or blind, but don't let me. Or if you lived if you lived in a foreign country, for instance, if you lived in Frankfurt, Germany, you could hear the program. Uh, and uh, you know, any place there's an armed forces radio service, uh, AM or FM station, you could hear the show. I see. Well, I'm disappointed, but thank you very much. And Ray, again, thank you. And I enjoyed your program on shortwave. Oh, good. Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Joan. We'll be right back with Frank Brzee. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC, Los Angeles. I have some important news for those of you seeking significantly higher yields on your investments. The Dreyfus family of mutual funds has introduced the Dreyfus Ginny May Fund. Ginny May certificates are guaranteed 100% by the U.S. government. That's right, 100%. Plus, the Dreyfus Ginny May Fund offers these advantages. No penalties or sales loads. You can receive monthly checks, or you can automatically reinvest your dividends at no charge. Ready liquidity at then current net asset value, which may be more or less than your cost. Free transfer within the Dreyfus family of funds. And a low $2,500 initial investment. Write down this number now and call Dreyfus for a free prospectus and complete information on the new high-yielding Ginny May Fund. Call 1-800-345-8500. That's 1-800-345-8500. Please read all materials carefully before you invest. Call now and say Ginny May. You try to stay healthy. Little exercise. <laughs> Eating right. And yet, you could be overlooking something right there in your own home that's carrying and spreading at least six known diseases, threatening the health of your entire family. Roaches. Dirty. Multiplying. Roaches. Unless you call Orkin today. Because Orkin has protected more homes from disease-carrying pests than anyone on Earth, that's why we're number one. And we're so sure that Orkin can make your home safe again. We'll back our work with a new money-back guarantee, which says that if pests come back any time during the contract period, so do we, until you're completely satisfied. Or we'll give you that month's payment back. Call Orkin today, because for pests, we just might be all the protection you'll ever need. It always pays to shop around, even for your favorite wine. Hello, this is Elmer Dills, captain of the USS Good Life. Care to come aboard? This weekend, we'll get together Saturday and Sunday afternoons and talk dining. I'll tip you off to a French surprise in the Inland Empire. For our Orange County friends, a Sunday brunch at a beautiful restaurant. And yes, we'll have some wine talk. You know, prices may vary greatly, so we'll tell you where to shop for the best values. Lift a glass with us this weekend. I'm Elmer Dills. We'll meet you after the Dodgers Saturday and Sunday on KABC. Los Angeles, dial 520, followed by the word talk. T-A-L-K follows all of our numbers. For the San Fernando Valley, dial 990. The San Gabriel Valley, 448. In Burbank, 244. And in Compton, dial 639. And then, talk. We all remember lines and equate them with uh, personalities of old-time radio. Um, when is the Amos and Andy show, buzz me, Miss Blue. <laughs> or um, how about to Lowell Thomas, so long until tomorrow. And when it comes to Mae West, well, 
Come up and see me sometime. <laughs> That's about it. In 1971, I wanted to do something special on my Christmas show. And uh, and I said to somebody, Gee, I'd, I'd love to have Mae West on the show. They said, well, you'll never get Mae West. Well, I got her number and I called her. And I told her that I did a show around uh, around the world on Armed Forces Radio. And it was for the servicemen. And uh, she said, hmm, anything for the boys. <laughs> and uh, so I had a script prepared. And I went up to her apartment. She lived on on Rossmore, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, went to her apartment with an engineer and uh, tape uh, equipment and spent uh, a marvelous four hours uh, recording the material and uh, and reminiscing with her. And I don't know if I've told you this story before, but her, her apartment was on, I think it was the fifth floor, and uh, it looked like the inside of a bonbon box. It was the white couches, a white piano, white drapes, white everything. But on the wall in the living room was this large oval painting of a nude reclining on a, sh- a chaise lounge, and it said, under it, it said, May West, 1937. And as I was admiring it, she came up to me and uh, and and put her hand on my shoulder, and I said, "Miss West, that's a very nice likeness." And she said, mm, "Yeah, they painted that when I wasn't looking." <laughs> <laughs> but she was just great, and uh, and we, and we had fun, and and. Um, and and did the program, and uh, it was such a hit that I I've had to repeat it several times, and uh, then um, when I did a record album, they asked that we include it on the record album. All right, a quick excerpt. Mae West. Tell me, do you believe in love at first sight? I don't know, Frank, but it sure saves a lot of time. May, do you mind if I ask you, just what type of men do you prefer? Oh, just two types. Foreign and domestic. (laughs) Well, there's no doubt about it. You're a lady that's got to be handled with kid gloves. Kid gloves, shoes, stockings, furs, and a couple of diamond lavaliers thrown in. Well, you must lead an exciting life. Yes, Frank, I do. But for a long time, I was ashamed of the way I lived. You mean to say you reformed? No. I just got over being ashamed. (laughs) She had all the lines. (laughs) Radio was known not only for entertainment, but uh, for news. And it'll be the next one coming up here. Uh, The... um, the, the news programs, uh, especially during World War II, most listened to. Edward R. Murrow reporting from London. This is London. And Bob Trout with uh, all of the, the uh, news reports coming out of uh, the theaters of the war. Uh, no one will ever forget them. No, and there, there were people like uh, Fulton Lewis Jr. and uh, Eric Severide uh, yeah. started on, uh, on, on radio. And many of the early uh, television uh, commentators uh, began on radio. And you've got to remember, during those days, during the, the Second World War, uh, other than the newspaper, the only way we had to get news was through the radio, especially with actualities. There was one uh, very fortuitous recording that was made uh, of a, a disaster that still stands out as, as one of the most horrible uh, that ever comes to mind. That's the Hindenburg disaster. May 6, 1937. Herbert Morrison recorded this 
from, uh, well, he, he came from a, a station in Chicago, WLS. Right, and he went to Lakehurst, New Jersey to record this uh, special event. How do you do, everyone? We're greeting you now from the Naval Air Base at Lakehurst, New Jersey, from which point we're going to bring you a description of the landing of the mammoth airship Hindenburg, which was due here in, in America this morning at dawn, completing the first transatlantic crossing of the 1937 season. Charlie Nielsen, one of our WLS engineers, is here on the side working the controls. We both flew down from Chicago yesterday afternoon aboard one of the giant new 21-passenger flagships of American Airlines. It took us only three hours, 55 minutes, to fly non-stop from Chicago to New York. When we landed at Newark, we found another flagship of American Airlines waiting to take us to Lakehurst with our equipment when we were ready to go. And incidentally, American Airlines is the only airline in the United States which makes connections with the Hindenburg. Now they're coming in to make a landing of the Zeppelin. I'm going to step out here and uh, covered from the outside. So as I move out, we'll just stand by a second. Well, here it comes, ladies and gentlemen. We're out now, outside of the hangar, and what a great sight it is, a thrilling one. It's a marvelous sight. It's coming down out of the sky, pointed directly towards us and toward the mooring mass. The mighty diesel motors just roared, the propellers biting into the air and throwing it back into a gale-like whirlpool. No wonder this great floating palace can travel through the air at such a speed with these powerful motors behind it. Now, the sun is striking the windows of the observation deck on the eastward side and sparkling like glittering jewels on a background of black velvet. And every now and then, the propellers are caught in the rays of the sun and their highly polished surfaces reflect circles of gold. It's practically standing still now. They've dropped ropes out of the nose of the ship and uh, it's been taken a hold of down on the field by a number of men. It's starting to rain again. It, the rain had uh, slacked up a little bit. The back motors of the ship are just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... It's first in the flames. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get it started. Get it started. It's fly and it's rising. It's rising terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's burning and bursting into flames and, and it's falling on the morning pass and all the folks between us. This is terrible. This is one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's displacing. It's, it's, it's Oh, four or five hundred feet into the sky. It, it's a terrific crash, ladies and gentlemen. The smoke and the flames now, and the famous crashing to the ground, not quite to the mooring mass of the humanity. And all the fans are just screaming around here. I don't do it. I can't even talk to people who's been around there. It's, it, it's a, oh, I, I can't talk, ladies and gentlemen. Honest, it's just laying there, a mass of smoking wreckage. And everybody can hardly breathe and talk and scream, lady. I, I, I'm sorry. One of the historic broadcasts on radio. Probably the most emotional news event ever recorded. And it's been an emotional experience here this morning, Frank Brzee. I hope we'll do it again. When you get your book published, let's do it again. All right. You betcha, Ray. Thank you. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Brzee, radio historian. I'm Ray Bream. This is Talk Radio 79, KABC. Time for one more quick call. Let's say hello to Davey. Hello, Davey. Hi, Ray. Listen, I was wondering if you guys could just reminisce a bit uh, uh, again about some of the bloopers. I know we're short on time here. And before you start, uh, another question. What is another novel besides Stanley Elkins' The Dick Gibson Show about radio? Uh, I I'm not familiar with that one, Davy. Well, do you do you know any other do you know any novels uh, about about radio and radio people? Novels about radio or historical books about radio? No, no, a, a regular novel. Elkins' book, uh, 
the Dick Gibson show is the only one I can think ah, I, d I don't know that there are there are any books about radio. Not that I know of. Not that I'm uh, aware of. Well, the one I told you is one. Yeah. I, I didn't know any other. How about, how about some bloopers? Just something funny to end it up. Yes, I'd, I'll tell you one that I probably shouldn't say on a radio network. We could turn this into a garage, but we'll try anyway. Uh, the the funniest, cleanest blooper that I've ever heard was the announcer in uh, in Canada on the Canadian uh, network was doing a, syst a system cue, and he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Dominion network of the Canadian broadcorping castration." <laughs> Well, I like the guy who didn't remember which network he was on in the old red and blue network days. He said, this is the NBC red, uh, this is the NBC blue, uh, this is either the NBC red or blue network. I love that. Sometime we'll have to have to get some bloopers and play them. Those are great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Davey. All right. Uh, thank you again, Frank Brzee. And when you get the book published, come back and see us again. Thank you, Ray. And uh, radio does live on, thanks to men like Frank Brzee and the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. This is Talk Radio. I'm Ray Brame. KABC Los Angeles, Talk Radio 79. Young people often get the flu. So do adults. Sometimes a rare but dangerous condition called Rye Syndrome develops from the flu or chickenpox. Thank goodness it's only sometimes. Children, including teenagers, are most often the victims of Rye Syndrome. That's not fair. Rye Syndrome usually occurs just when the child seems to be recovering. How weird. The symptoms of Rye include persistent vomiting, fatigue, confusion, and belligerence. Sounds bad. Can it be prevented? The cause of Rye syndrome is unknown, but studies suggest a link between the development of Rye and the use of aspirin. So shouldn't I take any medicine? It's a good idea to check with a doctor before treating the flu or chickenpox with aspirin or any product containing aspirin. But how will I get well? Flu and chickenpox are usually self-limiting. Time will cure them. Take it easy, get plenty of rest. Oh, I'm really good at that. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. KABC Los Angeles, Talk Radio, AM 79. From ABC News, I'm Dorothy McIntyre. Congress worked all night long and managed to come up with a decision on what to do about... Jaws Professional, Frank Bressi Audio. Items View Multi-Select. Alt F4, Windows M, Desktop M, My Music M, My Documents, Enter, Document F, Frank Press, Enter, Frank Press, The Audio IL, Legend of, Produced by Frank, Short Clips of Frank Press, L, Larry Mantles, Enter. This has been KPCC's Evening Edition. I'm Kathy Lambros for Dan Stewart. Stay tuned for Air Talk with Larry Mantle and tonight's guests coming your way next, right here on FM 89, KPCC, Pasadena. Thank you very much, Kathy, and a good evening to you. Welcome to Air Talk. I am Larry Mantle, along with our guest tonight, Frank Brzee. He is a master of radio, you might say. In other words, he's a gentleman who goes back to the early days of Los Angeles radio, what was network radio at the time, covering coast-to-coast -coast with programs similar to what you'd hear on television today, but 
theater of the mind, where the sound tells you the story. Now, if you tune in to KPCC, you know we have a radio program from 7 to 8 o'clock each weeknight called Same Time, Same Station, which offers vintage radio programs. And that, of course, will follow Air Talk tonight at FM 89.3. But tonight we're going to take a little peek behind the scenes at what it was like to work in that business back in the 1940s during the heyday of radio, which emanated from the Hollywood area for the most part and was broadcast throughout the country on NBC as well as the Mutual and CBS radio networks. Frank, it's a pleasure to have you with us tonight on Air Talk. Thank you, Larry. It's good to be here. I think it would be good for us to tell the audience a little bit about your background. You started out as a child actor. You're still a young man, and yet you began in radio back in oh, 1942. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I began in radio here in Southern California in 1940, uh, doing uh, small parts on uh, on uh, dramatic radio shows, and graduated after a few years to uh, uh, some of the network shows. I, I did uh, Little Beaver on Red Rider for uh, a few years, and I loved that. That was just so much fun, uh, 1942, 43, and, and uh, for a while in 44. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Tommy Cook, was Little Beaver on Red Rider, and Tommy was forever getting uh, parts in, in, uh, in motion pictures. He wanted to be a film star. Uh -huh. He didn't care a lot about radio, I don't think. <laughs> and so every time that he'd go off and, and have to do a film, uh, I'd replace him and do Little Beaver. And that went on and on and on. I just loved it. Uh, at that time, they did in 1942, they didn't make recordings of shows. And um, the Red Rider show was on uh, both Mutual and the NBC Blue Network. That's interesting. And so one night, we would do the show at uh, the Mutual Studios down on Melrose uh, from 7.30 to 8 uh -huh. o'clock at night and keep our scripts and the next night we'd be at the uh, NBC <laughs> studios at Sunset and Vine and do the same show. You'd do the same show over again uh, because you it, couldn't air it taped. The, well, they didn't tape shows. Well, they didn't have tape in those days. Was it better the second time around? No, they were always the same. <laughs> uh, they had Paul Franklin was the writer and producer and director, and he knew what he was doing. And those shows were timed to to the knit. I mean, they were great. Uh, uh, Art Gilmore, who was still around, was the announcer on on uh, all of the Red Rider shows. I mean, all the Red Rider shows that I worked on. Art Gilmore, one of the most familiar voices uh, to TV viewers. Uh, Highway Patrol. He was a voice announcer yeah. on that, and so many different. And a wonderful person, really nice. But th those were those were fun days. And yeah. I, and I did some other things. I did. Uh, uh, there was a show on. Oh, I'm sorry about that. There was a show on uh, uh, the Blue Network called Major Hoople. Uh, it was based on the comic strip character and uh, Arthur Q. Bryan, uh, who went on to uh, become famous as the voice of Elmer Fudd in the movie. So, oh, everybody, you know, uh, he was Major Hoople, and uh, Mel Blanc. Uh, was uh, played the part of Tiffany on the show. First time I ever met Mel Blanc. And that and before Mel Blanc went on to do all the Warner Brothers cartoons. No, he was doing them at the, same at the time. time. Uh, he was doing, I think, from the big, from the time he got to town, he started working <laughs> and working on everything. And Mel was just just one. A guy with that kind of talent who can do the many varied voices he can. I sure. see how he got work early. And I played I played little Alvin on the show, and and it was a it was a network show, coast to coast, and it was uh -huh. really it was really nice, really uh, really fun. And then I did some of the other. things. 
uh, things. I, I did uh, Blondie a couple of times, uh, just a, a bit part on Blondie. Blondie was done at uh, Columbia Square. Columbia Square is still there. And that's and, still uh, Channel 2 and, and uh, KNX Radio. There. As a matter of fact, it's when I tune into the news on Channel 2, uh, th that whole news studio was Studio A at one time, and, and I look at that, and I can still see uh, the Gene Autry show being done there, and, <laughs> and uh, Command Performance, which was a big show during uh -huh. the war, and uh, uh, Art Baker did uh, did one of his sing-along shows there, and the uh, Silver Theater with all the big stars, and and uh, uh, so so the studio is is basically the same as uh, as it was in the in the forties. They've changed a few things. But. Uh huh. Now, at that time, the major networks were uh, the NBC, which was split into two networks, right? The red and the blue. There was the NBC Red and the NBC Blue Network up to about 1946 or 7, I think. So NBC owned two networks. And here in Los Angeles, uh, KFI, which was owned by Earl C. Anthony, was mm -hmm. the NBC Red. And KECA, uh, which is now KBC, uh, was the NBC Blue Network. KECA mm -hmm. for Earl C. Anthony. Everybody had their initials on radio <laughs> stations in those days. I didn't realize Earl C. Anthony owned both stations. He owned both stations. Uh, KMPC, for instance, was the Macmillan Petroleum Corporation. They built it and owned it. Uh, uh, KFI meant, FI meant first in, first in the nation. So there were there were a lot Learned of something uh, new every day. Yeah, That's fascinating. Yeah. Well, and then NBC had to sell that off, if I understand, uh, and that became ABC, the Blue Network. Yes, uh, uh, about 1947, NBC sold the Blue Network to I think Edwin Noble, who owned Lifesavers, and he bought he bought the network, and it became the ABC Radio Network. There was also Mutual, and of course CBS. Uh, right, Mutual was out here. Mutual was. Uh, uh, it was on Vine Street for a long time, and, and uh, uh, let's see, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Mutual. That's it. There, that's all there were. Now there's, there must be hundreds of them. That's right, radio networks. But sure. again, television, they're only the primary three networks as uh, far as over-the-air broadcasting. Don't let Ted Turner hear you say that. <laughs> well, over-the-air at least. <laughs> Our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk is Frank Brzee, a historian of radio and a gentleman who is going to be telling us an awful lot on tonight's program about the golden age, the golden days of radio. Golden Days of Radio was the name of a, a program, Frank, which uh, aired on KMPC Radio for three years, also was syndicated and has been for 19 years on Armed Forces Radio Network. That's right. About uh, 19 years ago, or 20 years ago, I was, I was traveling through Germany and I was at the uh, Armed Forces Radio Station in Frankfurt. And a fellow said to me, he said, you know, uh, the, the Armed Force Radio Service, which started in 1942 for entertainment for the troops overseas, was, was still going strong in 1965 or 66. And he says, you know, well, all we have now is music and, and, and news and, and some, some talk. We need some of that old dramatic stuff. And I said, well, I've got some of that old dramatic stuff. And he said, could you do a show for us uh -huh. uh, here in Germany? And I said, well, sure, I'll, I'll do what I can. And so I put together a show for them. And before they could play it, they had to get it approved by through Washington or someplace. Mm -hmm. and, and Washington said, well, hey, you know, if you're going to do it for them, can you do it for us for the whole network? And I said, sure. So about uh, 1977, uh, in January, I went on the air with Golden Days of Radio. And after about 13 weeks, they said, you know, this is getting a lot of interest. C could you continue another 13 weeks? And I said, well, well yeah, I guess I 
can. I've got enough material to go to about the year 2000, <laughs> and I've been on 19 years now. So if I last through the year 2000, uh, the show may stay on. So the show has been on for 19 years, making it... Uh the longest running, if not one of the longest running uh, variety shows on radio. I think it's the longest running variety show on radio still on the air. Now, the, the, the Tom Don McNeil's Breakfast Club went on the air about 1933 and went off the air in about 1949 uh, or 59 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that was really probably the longest running show, but that's no longer on the air, right. and there aren't many shows on the air. CBS Radio Mystery Theater is not on anymore. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really the longest running, continuing show still on the air. Why don't we take a break now, Frank? Uh, you're listening to Air Talk, by the way, over KPCC. I'm Larry Mantle with our guest Frank Brzee, radio historian. We're talking about the golden days of radio. Speaking of comedy, variety, and romantic programs, let's uh, take a little bit of time to listen to some short selections of uh, some of the outstanding radio programs. This goes back, I guess we lead off with an Al Jolson uh, selection here. Jolson? Yeah, yeah th these are some, just to get the flavor of old-time radio, it's about, what, a minute and a half of, uh, of some excerpts of some of the radio shows you might have. If you're over 30, you might remember <laughs> some of these. If you're under 30, you're going to say, what is this? And tune back to television, I think. All right, let's hear it now. These are some vintage moments from the golden days of radio. Starring Al Jolson with Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus and our guests, Arnold Stang as Gerard and the world-famous violinist, Yehudi Manuel. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Yes, I ought to have a real good time. Glorious time. I'm all dressed up, of course. Yes, indeed. A leather necktie. Mm-hmm. Regulation police, double strength suspenders. Uh -huh. <laughs> Good solid snaps. Sleeve garters. Uh -huh. They snap nice also. Uh -huh. Now even when things go wrong, now you feel better, you even look better. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is yours very truly, Little Jack Little. Mr. Fields, Charlie wants to say something to you. Yes. Hello. Hello, Mr. Fields. Hello, blood poison. <laughs> That's me, Groucho Marx. of time. Oh, I know where my baton is. It's right here in the hall. Of oh, no, McGee, please, not on Sunday. Don't you... Delta, and now the time has come to lend thine ears the au revoir pleasant dreams. Au revoir, pleasant dreams. Think of us when requesting your theme. Until next Tuesday, when possibly you all may tune in again. <laughs> <laughs> 
keep the old maestro always in your seat. Yelza. Au revoir. This is Ben Bernie, ladies and gentlemen, and all the lads. Wishing you a bit of pleasant rear. May good luck and happiness, success, good health, good cheer, and you see. And now, we've got to leave you here. Au revoir. A fond cheerio, a toodle-doodle, a bit of a tweet-tweet. God love you. And pleasant rear. Larry, that may sound kind of corny now, but uh, <laughs> when that was done, Ben Burney was the most popular orchestra leader in the country. In fact, in the late 30s, he and Walter Winchell, uh, who, who was very famous as a, mm -hmm. as a news commentator, had a phony feud. And the feud became uh, so famous that they made a motion picture. They made two motion pictures together, uh, Look Up and Live, and, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't remember what the other one was, uh, but uh, that showed you the power of radio. People would tune in and listen to the radio and believe everything they they heard. Another example of that, you mentioned Walter Winchell, and of course uh, there were the other gossip uh people who, who used radio as a way of, of uh, telling these tales about Hollywood, and that probably was when the, the gossip media was at its height, when using I the radio so. media. I mean, Luella Parsons and, mm -hmm. and Hedda Hopper. Hedda Hopper, right. Yeah, and uh, the fellow that used to have that high voice with the free bell picture, what was his, I can't remember his name. I don't know, uh, but, but th that certainly was a whole different era, and a link for radio with other areas of the media, with films, and uh, radio's, radio's power at that point was probably unmatched. Well, you know, there wasn't a, when you think about it, there wasn't a lot, of, a lot of other entertainment in those days. You had the newspaper, and you had some magazines, and you had radio and motion pictures, of course. Uh, in those days, 200 million people used to go to the, to the movies. They'd sell 200 million tickets a, a week. Mm -hmm. Now they're lucky if they sell... Uh, I don't know, 20 million, I suppose. Of course, they're charging 10 times uh, what they did. But of course, it costs you $200,000 to go to the movies <laughs> right. now. And there's a lot of difference to that. So they're making their money back. They're getting even, I guess. Mm -hmm. But now there's so much entertainment. I mean, can you imagine living in an area like Southern California where just uh, on your regular television receiver, you can get maybe 30 different channels? That's without cable and mm -hmm. without the satellites and, and any uh, that kind of stuff. And you can take it with you anywhere in your car? Walking uh, with your dog, yeah, you name you it. can record it and sell it, I guess. I don't know, whatever <laughs> they do. Uh, what's interesting, too, these programs that were originating in Los Angeles emanated from a five- or six-square-block area in Hollywood. Everything was very concentrated at that time. There was definitely a center to the entertainment media. Absolutely, there was. There were a few other studios that were used. The, the Ebell Theater, the Wilshire Ebell Theater uh, near Wilshire in the Hancock Park area was used... Uh, by Al Jolson to do the Al Jolson show hmm. uh, that was on NBC and the Variety Arts Theater downtown which is enjoying quite a rebirth down which there which Milt Larson purchased and is really doing something with that was a studio that was used for the Hollywood Hotel program hmm. in in the early days the Hollywood Hotel of course was at at Highland and, and uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Where there's a huge bank high-rise there now. Right. But there, were, there weren't any studios there, so they used the, the broadcasting studios from downtown. And when Milt bought the uh, the Variety Arts, he took me down down there. He says, I want to show you something. And he took me backstage. And, this, and the control room 
from the Hollywood Hotel days was still there and still is. There's a. Well, I hope he's. I hope he's saving that. No, well, he's he saved the window out of it. I guess <laughs> great for saving windows. Our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk is Frank Brzee, an expert on the golden days of radio, and we're talking about radio variety along with comedy and dramatic programs, which now you can hear coming your way over KPCC from seven to eight o'clock each weeknight and uh, also on, on some other stations. But those are, are taped programs. They're recorded from back in the 1940s and 50s. And uh, unfortunately, there really isn't much, if anything, being done as far as that kind of original radio programming today. We're going to take your calls coming up in the next segment of Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle. The phone number to call if you'd like to join us, have any questions for Frank Brzee or any comments, is area code 818 793 3667. That's area code 818-793-3667. We also have some more selections of golden days of radio memorabilia we can play for you in the program. Should be a fascinating 45 minutes that's left. We'll get to it right after this. Hi, I'm Marion McPartland. Next time on Piano Jazz, my guest will be Steve Kuhn. He's a complex, innovative, and really swinging player who I've known since he was a teenager. And he was brilliant then, and he's even more so now. So please be with us on Piano Jazz from National Public Radio. Marion McPartland's Piano Jazz will swing your way. Sunday nights at 10 from KPCC. And we are back on Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle with our guest, radio historian Frank Brzee, discussing the golden days of radio, comedy, drama, and variety. Let's go to the telephones where Doc of Eagle Rock is standing by. Doc, speak up loud and clear. You're on Air Talk. Can you hear me? Sure can. I was going to do a bad imitation of Lillard Parsons. Like, <laughs> oh, from Hollywood. <laughs> but I decided against it. Hello from Eagle Rock. <laughs> Uh, by the KFWB stood for the four Warner Brothers. That's right. Weren't they located there where the uh, Warner's Theater was on Hollywood Boulevard, and they had those big towers on top of the building? It's it's now the P Pacific. Yes. Uh, As a matter theater. of fact, I think if Jack Warner had kept KFWB and sold the the movie studio, he would have made a lot more money because, uh, as we all know, a radio station in Southern California is now worth uh, anywhere from ten to eighty million dollars, depending mm -hmm. on who you're talking to. But yes, they did stock. They uh, the Warner Brothers did start a radio station KFWB. Incidentally, the old KRKD transmitters are still on top of the arcade, which is why I got its name. Downtown Los Angeles. The Broadway, the Broadway uh, Spring Arcade Building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the old NBC studios were at Sunset Boulevard and Vine Street before they picked up and uh, went to Burbank. Yeah, the old NBC studios were right at, at, at Sunset and Vine. Again, another bank building. They keep taking <laughs> banks yes. to all these corners. And incidentally, uh, Los Angeles is the host to one of the oldest radio, if not the oldest radio licensees in the nation. As now KFSG, Four Square Gospel. Uh, Amy Simple McPherson got into a big fight with uh, then Commerce Secretary Herbert Hoover, which resulted in the formation of the Federal Radio Commission, which was the predecessor to the Federal Communications Commission. Well, Amy was something else. And, uh, and they still operate out of the Angeles Temple down there in Echo Park, don't they? Right, uh, Boulevard. Right. And so there's a lot of. Uh, Broadcast history right here in uh, uh, Southern California. Yeah. Uh, in fact, a lot of the old movie studios have been converted to uh, TV studios. Uh, KCET, for example, and uh, uh, KABC TV are actually uh, 
When I started working uh, in television uh, around 1953 uh, uh, or 54, I worked over at uh, Prospect and Talmadge. And uh, at that time, ABC had just purchased it from Warner Brothers because that was one of the Warner Brothers studios. And the, uh, the original stage was still there that they had used in The Jazz Singer. And the first thing I did when I went in there, I went up on the stage and I got down on one knee, just like Jolson had done. <laughs> Mammy. <laughs> All right, Doc, thanks a lot for your call. Have a nice day, ma'am. You too. Thank you, Doc. You're listening to KPCC's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mandel with our guest radio historian, Frank Brzee, talking about the golden days of radio. Phone line's open for you to give us a ring at 818-793-3667. 818-793-3667. Frank from Compton, you're on Air Talk. Uh, hi. Uh, I've noticed that uh, the people I've talked to around the country uh, have one thing in common. They say that all radio is being played on uh, little stations from college stations like they do around here. And people are paying, actually, to keep these shows on the air, to keep the independent stations going. And yet, uh, why doesn't the big companies uh, try to get uh, something like that going on in a uh, big uh, station? Well, now, so, uh, Frank, I, I have the answer for that, <laughs> and I'll tell you what it is. You know, for, uh, for a long time, the CBS Radio Network tried to bring back radio with the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and that was on for, I guess, seven years or so. The problem is economics. Um, a, a, a writer who can spend three days writing a script, let's say, a half-hour situation comedy, um, might get paid $500 to write a radio show. If that same writer wrote a half-hour television show, he'd get $5,000. So why should he write a radio show uh, and not have a new car? Why shouldn't he write a television show and, and live like a king? And, I, and it's all the way down the line. The, the, not only the writers, but the producers and the directors and uh, the, uh, the stars of the show. Uh, I, I think that's, that, that's the reason. Several people have tried it, and uh, a lot of people love to do radio. And radio was great in those days because uh, you'd, uh, you'd, you'd come in and rehearse the show and, and all you had to do was stand at the mic and, and, and read the script and you didn't have to wear makeup. And after it was over, you'd throw your script in the trash can, collect your check, and you could go out and nobody knew who you were. It was, it was wonderful. <laughs> we, were all, we were all incognito. They didn't know who you were till you spoke. Well, that was a problem. They say, oh, I know who you were. <laughs> right. But... Uh, I noticed that, you know, people are paying, you know, uh, these independent stations like, uh, okay, Pasadena or Santa Monica like that to keep them on the air. People are really interested in it, and it's a shame. You know, there is there is one syndication package, though, isn't there, Frank, which which is being played on stations around the country, and KNX, I understand, has the rights to it here in L.A., and they air it from uh, 9 to 10 o'clock That's right. Every Char night. Charles Michelson, who has been in the syndication business for probably maybe 50 years or so, uh, has the rights to, and has always has had the rights to, as far as I know, The Shadow, uh, and uh, for a while they were syndicating uh, gangbusters. I, they may still be doing that. And for McGee and Molly, and uh, the... The Lone Ranger, I think. The Lone Ranger was one of the shows, and Sergeant Preston, and I don't know how many, uh, Green Hornet, of course, and uh, they still syndicate a lot of those shows, and they sell them to... Uh, uh, to KNX here in Southern California. So if you want to hear good old-time 
old-time radio in excellent quality. You can tune in to, uh, to KNX from 9 to 10 every night, or uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, John and Larry Gatsman have uh, a show on this station from, uh, from uh, 7 to 8, and they do a marvelous job. And I'll tell you, of all the fellas that I've ever talked to, young fellas that I've talked to, uh, about old-time radio. They know what they're talking about. These guys have done more research than than a hundred researchers I've talked to uh, in the past, and, and they know it all and recognize the voices. If I get stuck on a voice that I don't remember, you know, I'll call them and say, Was, is this Lorene Tuttle uh, or uh, is, it, is it somebody else? I can't quite tell. They'll know. So if you like good old-time radio, uh, listen to every night, I yeah, think there's Monday, a, Monday through Friday, through Friday seven to eight o'clock yeah. here on KPCC. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we KNX, of course, uh, you know, we, we don't want to uh, necessarily help competitors out, but we think it's important that those stations that are willing to play old-time radio, that you know about it so that you can you can tune it in and support it. That's uh, 9 to right. 10 every night, KNX. Right. Yes. Uh, I've known Larry and John for about eight years. I'm a Spurback member. Uh-huh. And you want me to tell you something? To this day, I still don't know which is which. If you met him or talked to him, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, sure. Well, uh, no, uh, Bob Lines has the same problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, just ask which one is the smartest. Then you'll then you'll be able <laughs> to figure out which is which. <laughs> we should we should clarify that they're twins. <laughs> John yeah, okay. Uh, I'm thinking I'd ask because, like I said, every time there's uh, you know a station wants to raise money, they put on an old radio and the money comes sure, in. Sure, sure. Matter of fact, uh, we are taking the same tact here at KPCC. Halloween night, beginning at 7 o'clock, the regular time for same time, same station. We are going to have a marathon going all night with the spooky sorts of mysteries of old-time radio. So a marathon, that's the 31st of October, and uh, we want you to mark that on your calendar. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you for your thank call, you, Frank. Frank. That sounds good. Uh, oh, yeah, the, we're looking the, forward to that. Are they going to play The War of the Worlds? And, oh, yes. And, uh, and some of the uh, great uh, mystery theater yeah, shows. Vincent Price and yeah. some of the, the great other ones. What time does that start? 7, Seven o'clock. That'll and be Halloween night. night. All night long, as long as people are calling in to support the program. We'll stay on till uh, sunup the next day. Terrific. So we're, we're excited about that, John and Larry, putting together those programs for us as we speak. That's great. You're in tune to KPCC's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mandel with our guest tonight, radio historian Frank Brzee. We're talking about the golden days of radio. That also the name of Frank's program program, which has aired for 19 years on Armed Forces Radio Network, also aired in syndication for five years from 1975 to 1980. It was on several stations here locally and a very, very popular feature for Los Angeles area radio listeners. If you'd like to talk to Frank, you have any questions about the golden days of radio drama, comedy, and variety, or you have any comments to make, give us a call. 818-793-3667 is our phone number. That's area code... 818-793-3667. I want to take just a little bit of time away here to let those of you know who have cable television locally that AirTalk is uh, going to be available in a couple of locations. You'll be able to view the program. These are our tapes of shows that we did uh, last month as a simulcast program. However, they're still very, very topical and, and should be uh, interesting programs for you. First of all, Falcon Cable TV in the San Gabriel Valley on Channel 12, their public access channel. AirTalk will debut next Tuesday and Wednesday evening, 
both nights from 7 to 8 o'clock. So as soon as you're listening uh, to us, uh, done with us live from 6 to 7, you can switch over to Channel 12 on your TV. Tuesday night, Pasadena police psychologist Frank Jameson is the guest. And Wednesday night from 7 to 8, it's psychic investigator Raymond Bayless. So make sure you join us. That's Channel 12 on the Falcon System in the San Gabriel Valley. We will be on beginning next week uh, in northern Orange County on the Storer Cable System in Anaheim and Villa Park and the Group W System in Santa Ana, Fullerton, and Placentia will be on Channel 33. That's as part of uh, Cal State Fullerton's University Channel. We don't know the time on that or the specific days. However, we'll get word um, on that to you as soon as possible. But check your local uh, cable university channel if you're down there in that portion of uh, northern Orange County. It'll be Channel 33 for Air Talk and the show that you will see is Pasadena police psychologist Frank Jameson. That episode will be repeated uh, several times throughout the week. So whatever way, whether you can join us on radio, also joining, uh, viewing on the tapes on cable TV, we're appreciative of you uh, staying tuned with the program. We're going to be back with more of Frank Brzee, our guest tonight on Air Talk. This is KPCC Pasadena. We'll be back with more right after this. Hi, I'm Steve Syatt. Every Sunday on KPCC, I host Take One, an entertainment-oriented talk program focusing on the business of show business. Our guests include the movers and shakers within the entertainment industry, executives and creative people in movies and television. We also review the top entertainment news from each week and invite your participation as well. I hope you'll join us Sundays for Take One beginning at 5 p.m. here on KPCC. Hello, everybody. Join us every Saturday evening starting at 8 o'clock with Bill Gardner and the Rhythm and Blues Time Capsule. Then at 10 o'clock with me, Gary Nisley, and Jumpin' the Blues up until 12 midnight. That's every Saturday night right here on FM 89 KPCC, bringing you up in the world naturally. And we are back on Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle with our guest tonight, Frank Brzee, radio historian. We are talking about the golden days of radio. Let's go back to the telephones where Leon from El Monte joins us on Air Talk. Hi. Hi, Leon. Yeah, I grew up uh, very strongly with old time radio because I was in bed for two years with heart trouble just after World War II, and that was all the entertainment. I just wondering, it seemed like everything in those days was on four major stations that I recall, KECA, KFI, KNX, and KSJ. Um, mm -hmm. Leon, that's, that's true because most of the uh, dramatic and comedy and musical shows, the network shows, were done uh, on those stations. Those were the network stations in Southern California and Los Angeles. That's what I thought. Now, the only thing I can remember that was on a little a side station there was Boston Blackie with Dick Colmer. Richard Colmer played yeah. Boston Blackie and that was a syndicated show meaning that it was done on recordings uh, down in uh, or that was done in New York and then it was sent all over the country and Boston Blackie uh, uh, was very very popular as a matter of fact Richard Colmer uh, was married to um, uh, the, Dorothy Kilgallen the, the columnist sure. Uh, also uh, why you think this show that you had? I'm, I'm just curious. If it was the same thing I listened, listened to. It was it, you did uh, in-depth biographies of main shows and characters, like two weeks on 
you're thinking of a program that was called Same Time, Same Station on KXLA, I think, which was uh, uh, late night on the weekend, and it was a marvelous show. Sunday, yeah. Yeah, it was on, uh, it was on for, for over a year, and I don't remember who did that program, but he did a great job. And oh, yeah. In-depth interviews with uh, all of the, the persons who were involved in the various programs. Why was that dropped? Because he had plenty more to go. Well, I would think that that show cost a lot more money than he was getting, and he just couldn't afford to do it anymore. That would be my guess, because suppose, he did a great job. I suppose that's economics. One more thing. I understand that over in England, radio has never really fallen down. It's still the big thing. In fact, it's even gotten bigger than it ever was over here. Well, uh, in England, I, I lived uh, outside of London for a while, for about a year, and um, one of the reasons radio was was so big, they've got they've got four networks over there. Yeah. Uh, and there's no there was no television in the daytime in those days. Television didn't start until about four thirty five o'clock at night, and they would end at midnight. You know, the shows would end, that would be it, and the TV would go off. Like the OTV here. And you only had uh, you only had radio. And there's several shows. There there there's a a, a, a soap opera. Uh, called the Archers, that has been on for I don't know maybe forty years or so, and it's very very popular in in uh, in England, and uh, so they're they're afraid to take some of those shows off. And of course, you know, in the in the fifties, uh, the Goon shows uh, were popular comedy shows. They have a different kind of humor over in England and a different sense of uh, of humor. I like it because mm -hmm. it's really biting and 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 really uh, they're sad tires is unbelievable the, 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 one of the shows they had was that was the week that was which mm -hmm. was popular over mm -hmm. there and came over here for a while it was with uh, david frost as the host absolutely of the and i i think it was killed here because you know you're not allowed to say uh as much here mm -hmm. as you can over there yeah, topical humor can only go so far when you're dealing with uh, standards and practices of networks boy i guess so yeah. all right thank you very much leon appreciate your call this is KPCC's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle with our guest radio historian Frank Brizzy. The number to call if you'd like to join us on Air Talk is area code 818-793-3667. Bill of Pasadena, you're on the air. Yes, uh, Mr. Brzee, it's a yes. pleasure hearing you. Thank um, you. I go back in radio that is listening <laughs> to about 1925. And uh, I remember the old days of Tom X and Buck Rogers and Jack Armstrong and so forth mm -hmm. going all the way through. And I'd sure love to see, uh, I know they're doing a great job on all the old-time radio. I listen to KCRW and KPCC and uh, KNX at uh, 9 to 10 and so forth. They get these programs, and I love them. Uh, but I wish they'd do a lot more of them. And uh, KPCC, if it had uh, more time in the evenings, like it's only on from, what, 7 till 8? Yeah, 7 till 8 o'clock. We have just expanded it, though. If, if You may have listened to it when it used to be on for two hours a week, Monday nights. And then gradually uh, we started out doing it for uh, a half hour on the weeknights, then a full hour, and it was three nights a week. And, and now we've got it at what's called stripped Monday through Friday in that 7 to 8 slot. And I think all of us agree that we'd like to see uh, uh, even more be done. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that uh, occurs somewhere down the road in the not-too-distant future. Mm -hmm. 
I'd, I'd love to see a two-hour program every night. Uh, sort of like they have at KCRW on Sunday nights, because then you mm -hmm. can have the whole evening. I'm so tired of television, I wouldn't give you two cents for television anymore. And, I don't uh, think you're alone in that either. I, I love radio, uh, and especially the old programs. Uh, radio, you could, like you say, you know, you can see a picture there. You can see it over the, over the radio. You can hear it, and you can see it in your mind. And um, during the uh, 40s, 42 or 45, I worked in the Ecuador building in Hollywood and Ryan as an elevator operator. And uh, You knew all the people from Queen for a day then, I didn't saw you? all the movies. Jack Half Bale. the movie stars in Hollywood came in that Ecuador building. Over sure. the three-year period I worked there, I saw loads and loads of comedians and movie stars and singers and dance band, uh, orchestra leaders. Uh, uh, one of them, Rudy Valley, used to come in there a great deal. Gave me seven dollars at 1942. Rudy Valley gave me seven dollar check for Christmas. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know things like that. Yeah. Sure. And these Great are the memories. things that. Um, and I also had a chance to go to the uh, Paramount Studios in 1937 and uh, visit with um, one of the uh, songwriters there that did the uh, music for um, Coronado, where Eddie Duchin played the piano in that music in mm -hmm. that uh, picture. In that film, sure. And um, I'm trying to think of the composer's name offhand, it doesn't come to me, but. Anyway, I, I had tried writing some songs and things, and uh, it didn't turn out to be much because I wasn't that good. But nevertheless, it was a wonderful experience, you know? So, well, this is great stuff. They're great memories, and, and you know, you, you mentioned Tom X. Curly Bradley was Tom X for the last 10 or 15 years that right. he was on the air, and Curly just recently passed away, but right. before he passed away, Jim Harmon, uh, the the uh, the radio, he's a radio historian and writer, he's, he's uh, published in, in a few books and things, had written a new Tom X episode uh, that, uh, that was recorded just last year, 50th anniversary Tom X episode, uh, which might be something to put to play on this station sometime uh and uh and uh, he's got some great memories of of all of those people but uh, you know those early early shows like like tom x and 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 jack armstrong and little orphan annie are programs that uh, that really stick in your memory you know we played a game one time at, and it was fun and they were you know they weren't 14 year old people but uh, but we said okay let i'll name a show and you name the sponsor of the show. Do you want to try that, Larry? Oh, boy, I wouldn't be very good at that. But well, oh, okay. <laughs> well, how about Fibber, McGee, and Molly? Uh, Johnson's uh, Wax. Right, okay. <laughs> right away. <laughs> okay, Bill. Uh, how about uh, uh, the Radio Theater with DeMille on Monday Lux. night? Lux, Lux Theater. Yeah. Lux Radio Theater. Well, that was right a, a part of the title of that show. Tom, well, X, uh, Tom X was on for Ross and Purina. The, you're, you're, and I sent in box tops for that when I was about 13 years old. Okay. 12 or 13, and I got one of Tom X's wood guns that they were giving away at that time. One those, guns are worth a, guns. those guns are worth about $150 today. Yeah, well, I sold it to a kid for 50 cents oh. <laughs> uh, about six or eight months later. Well, uh, at any rate, now tr try to play the same game with television. Bill, who was the sponsor on the last Bob Hope special? Boy. Uh, I tell you, I don't watch television that much. Really, yeah. not even Bob Hope, and I like Bob Hope. Anyway. I saw him in person and everything, but I, I just don't watch TV at all. The, the, the point is, there was something about radio that, mm -hmm. that made people remember uh, the sponsors and the characters. And weren't and there logical links between the sponsors and the, and, and the show very often? I think uh, uh, sometimes, sure. Everybody, I've, when I was growing up in the 50s, everybody smoked Chesterfield. <laughs> I mean, we were walking, we looked like good chimneys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you build that association, which people don't have now, as you say, with a Absolutely program. Absolutely not. Yeah. Bill, thank you so much for calling us on AirTalk. Have a good evening.
We want to continue on with the phones, but let's first tell you, you're listening to KPCC's Air Talk with Frank Brzee, our guest tonight, radio historian, and we're talking about the golden days of radio comedy, drama, and variety. John from Pasadena, you're on Air Talk. I have two questions. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, my father had a show in the late 30s and early 1940s that was in a broadcast out of South Bend, Indiana, and also out of several other cities, but also out of Chicago, WGN. Uh, it was called Tony the Barber. And I've only met one guy in my life that ever heard that show. <laughs> you know, uh, I used to have some mentals from it, or I wouldn't believe it myself. But what? I just wondered, does he, does he know this? Uh, John, if it was broadcast from WGN in Chicago, I wouldn't have heard it. I was born here in Los Angeles, and I've lived here most of my life. So uh, if it wasn't a network show, I, I never would have heard it. The only person I ever met who had heard it was in California. He was at. I heard it when he was down in Miami, believe it or not. Hmm. And he was talking to some little DeRocher or somebody. And he was nervous because he was going to go on the radio himself. And he turned on this station and they picked up that and they said, man, that guy's, meaning my father's jokes were so terrible that he, if he could do it, anybody could do it. So he told Leo he should go ahead and do it. <laughs> I just wondered, uh, I've never heard any of those goddamn records, any of those jokes. I would like to know if anybody would have any of those anywhere in the United States. I think probably not. Uh, you know, it, it's only uh, people like the Gasmans who have, uh, and uh, Spurred Vac and the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters uh, and Marty Halpern and people like that who have saved a lot of uh, these old radio shows. So if it, was, uh, if it was on a local station and it was years and years ago and very obscure, I'm sure they went by the wayside a long time ago. John, thank you very much for your call. Let's uh, go back and hear another selection. This a montage of some golden days of radio segments. Our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk is radio historian Frank Brzee. We're talking about the good old days in radio programming where you could really associate with the sorts of programs that are being put on because of the ongoing characters, plot development, even the sponsors, an integral part of, of each of these shows of early radio. Now here's a, a montage of some of those shows. Mr. Alice! Well, of all people, Portland. Well, Fred, we've enjoyed laughing at you so much over the radio. And now it's a pleasure to laugh in your face. <laughs> Good evening, Mr. Mr. North and South American. All the ships and clippers at sea. Let's go to press flash. Time marches on. No, 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 no. Not that door. That's the whole closet. No, no, no. I'm asking you who's on first. No, that's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. Who? The guy in first. Who? First name. Who is on first? Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. And Mr. Captain Barn was saying, while the president is... A million votes ahead in the popular vote. I shall go to Korea. 
A strict quarantine on all offensive military equipment under shipment to Cuba is being initiated. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. There you hear it. There you hear it. Some examples of the golden days of radio with our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk, Frank Brzee. Any comments about what we just heard, Frank? Well, there was a potpourri of, of some of the great shows, including uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. You know, nobody remembers uh, Bergen and McCarthy and, and Fred Allen and people like that. Um, uh, Rudy Valley discovered uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. They didn't really discover him, but from 1929 to 1939, Rudy had the most uh, popular radio show on the air. He had a weekly one-hour variety show. Mm -hmm. And so if, if new performers came along, they would naturally uh, be a guest on his show. So he them introduced there. Yeah. almost everybody on radio. Uh, uh, Milton Burrell made his first radio appearance uh, on the Rudy Valley Hour, as did Carmen Miranda. And uh, as I said, Edgar Bergen with Charlie mm -hmm. McCarthy. In fact, Edgar Bergen, uh, Rudy tells me that Edgar was going to use um, Mortimer Snurd. So it would have been Edgar Bergen and Mortimer Snurd. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Charlie McCarthy would have been the background That's figure. That's right. And he said, well, I like the, the, the fellow that's dressed up in the, the, mm -hmm. the top hat and everything. So he used Charlie McCarthy. Uh, now, and that, that might be the reason that the Bergen became so successful so quickly. One thing that, that has always surprised me about the performers from these days of radio who started in radio, by and large they were able to make the transition into doing television at a later period or into doing films, uh, doing nightclub acts. It seemed as though if someone's talented in radio, they could transfer that in most cases. Well, you know, Stan Freeberg always had the great line. He, he always said, whatever happened to those radio people? Did they go into television? And the answer was, uh, uh, yeah, did they go into television? He says, no, they went into television for 13 weeks. Uh, I, I blew the hell, <laughs> what the heck. <laughs> it's, you had to be there, I guess. But, uh, but I think it's surprising that 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 sort of versatility was was there in so many different cases. Uh, yes, I, I think if you were a performer on radio, you could transfer to television. Uh, the the um, Showtime is now running The Honeymooners. Yes. And, or the, I guess they start next week. And uh, they've been running a lot of excerpts from, uh, uh, from different Honeymooner sketches. And I saw a thing today with Art Carney. Now, I thought... Isn't it funny that Art Carney is not remembered for radio? He was mm -hmm. a, a, a weekly, uh, regular performer on the Milton Berle radio show. A regular on that show? I did not realize that. Uh, and then he uh, got the job with uh, Gleason, with yeah. Gleason and, uh, and was a very visual performer and very good. So I think most of the performers that were on radio that were any good mm -hmm. uh, went into television and, uh, and were smashes. Or into films as well. Uh, that sure. also a frequent transition. Our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk, radio historian Frank Brzee. We're talking about the golden days of radio. If you'd like to call us, we have one phone line open at area code 818-793-3667. That's 818-793-3667. Now they tell us that line is filled up as well. Well, wait until the next caller is done. That means the line will be open. You can give us a call. We will be back with more of Air Talk right after this. Saturdays can be a unique experience. you got to get up anyway. Sure. You might as well get up with John and Larry Gassman Saturday mornings at 6 
for Just for Kids. Radio programs and all types of different programming appealing to young kids and old kids alike. It's KPCC's award-winning program, Wait a Just minute, for wait, Kids. We've never won an award. We will, we will. Brush the sleep out of your eyes with John Avery Gassman. Saturday mornings at 6 on KPCC Pasadena. And we are back uh, this on... This is John and Larry. I didn't yes. know they got up so early Saturday well, they, they, morning they from don't. 6 They do that eight. on tape. Oh, do they? <laughs> but uh, their program, and that's, we have not mentioned that before, but from 6 to 8 o'clock on Saturdays, they do Just for Kids, which you just heard uh, uh, the promo for that particular show. And Just for Kids is old-time radio, but what was aimed for children? And I mean, the afternoon adventure shows. You got it, exactly. Things the like Big John and Sparky and uh, right. those kind of shows. Sure. Exactly. Let's go back to the telephones where we have Danette of Whittier, you're on air talk. Hello. Hi, Danette. Hi. My question is, um, I've often wondered, and so have many of my visiting friends, why uh, radio stations on the West Coast begin with the letter K. Well, when they set up, uh, the, when the FCC was formed, uh, all radio stations east of the Mississippi began with the... Uh, with the letter W. West of the Mississippi, they began with the letter K. Why they decided, I don't know. All Canadian radio stations begin with the letter C, and all Mexican radio stations begin with the letter X. Now, more than that, I don't know. I just know that that's the way it is. And uh, in most countries, they use the same letter to start it, you know, for the entire country. But I, my guess is that here in the U.S., because of the number of stations, they knew they'd run out of letter combinations unless they went to seven letters per station or such and decided the best thing is to, to break the country in half as far as uh, K on the, on the West Coast and W on the East. Well, that answer your question? That sure does, and thank you very much. Thank you, Danette. Let's go back to the phones. Ben of Arcadia, you're on air talk. Pardon the... Noise, I just had to jump off the road real quick and make a comment. I recall a show as a child called Big John and Sparky. Mm hmm. You just mentioned it, Frank. Sure. Do you remember that? Yes, Big John and Sparky was on Saturday morning, and uh, Big John had this little character named Sparky, and he started after the war, and as I recall, he was one of the first to use audio tape. He'd record the voice of Sparky, and then they would speed it up, and he would talk to Sparky, and they'd have plays and everything. It was an hour, uh, hour show on Saturday morning, I think. It was delightful. Is, is that ever aired? Uh, do you, does anyone know that, uh, I mean, another comment that I had, it, it might be a fun experiment to revive some of those children's shows early on Saturday morning, and you know, it'd well, be great to have kids uh, try to tune into that set of cartoons. You, you didn't hear this, but John and Larry Gassman have a program on this station a Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. where they play all the kids' shows. Oh, great. And I'm sure they will include a Big John and Sparky or at least a portion of it. But, that so, would be wonderful. Yes, sure. I missed that. Yeah, tune in 6 to 8 o'clock, or if that's a little early for you, set uh, set you know a cassette recorder up so that you can record the program. But it's a great show every Saturday morning, and it is a superb alternative to some of the kids' shows, which uh, seems like the animation is more primitive now than ever before, and uh, they're, they're aimed at uh, ever younger ages of children than they used to be. What a wonderful idea. Thank you. Thank you, Ben, for your call. This is KPCC's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle with our guest Frank Brzee, radio historian. We're talking about the golden days of radio. And John of Pasadena, you are on Air Talk. Hi, here I am again. Hi. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to ask my second question. I was going to ask you a question. Uh, do you know anything about writers in radio? Like what? 
I mean, like the guy who did the comic strip for the Lone Ranger and the guy who did the comic strip for uh, the, uh, the Royal Mounties, whatever the hell it was, uh, the guy from the Royal Mounties, mm -hmm. was the same, either that was the same guy or the guy who did the uh, Green Hornet was the same guy. You're talking about the writer. Yes, the writer from the strips was also a writer for the shows. Well, Fran Stryker uh, created the comic strip, and uh, and I don't know that he wrote the uh, the radio shows. I, I have he, no knowledge of that, Frank. He, he, no. he could have. Uh, I just heard that on another station a long time ago. I've been trying to find out about it ever since. Well, yeah. John, I do know that the, the shows you made, The Lone Ranger and The Green Hornet and Sergeant Preston of the Yukon yeah. were all done at WXYZ in Detroit. So it's And, and I know most of the, uh, of the same uh, uh, actors appeared on all the shows, except for, uh, for the leads. Uh, so it's conceivable that uh, the same writers uh, did those shows, too. John, thanks so much for your call. This is KPCC's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mandel with our guest radio historian, Frank Brzee. And uh, we have another John of Pasadena who is standing by. For some reason, uh, we're getting people with the same name, same location, maybe clones. And John, you're on Air Talk. That's two in a row, right? That's right. Uh, well, I have a couple comments. Uh, do you think that TV uh, came just a little bit too early for radio because Gunsmoke was one of the, the shows that was becoming more adult, let's say, and they had better sound effects and that sort of thing, and TV came in and, and sort of chopped off the... Actually, John, I, I, we are lucky and unlucky. If the war had not come along in 1941, we would have had television in 1942, and radio would have uh, had a quicker death, I think. Died even sooner, huh? Um, uh, much sooner, because I can remember when I... Uh, there was a show here called Shafter Parker and His Circus in, uh -huh. in, in, uh, in 19... It was an afternoon adventure show in 1940, and they did that at the Mutual Studios, which at that time, the Don Lee Studios, were at 7th and Bixel downtown. Yeah. And I was up there because I was, I was doing something. And they had television at that time. They, oh, they had that, that, that green makeup they talk about. And they were only broadcasting, uh, you know, an hour a day. But they did have the studios uh, or the transmitter up at, uh, at uh, uh, Mount Lee. Uh, and uh, they were they were all ready and all prepared to 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 bring out television at that time. And the war came along, and of course everything stopped until 1945-46. As a matter of fact, when you think about it, the Dumont Network and the uh, Texaco Star Theater and all those things didn't really begin until about 19, uh, 1947, That's as right. did uh, Channel Five KTLA here. Was Dumont back in uh, New York? Yeah. So we we were very lucky. We had radio uh, five years longer than than we would have. John, thank you very well, much can for I your call. Ask mm. one more thing. Yes. Yeah. One quick is question. There, is there a continuity between you know radio people in the past and radio people today? There was a break, say in the 50s when music came in. There's 
do the people today feel the same about uh, radio that some of us have listened to it that way? I, you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Do I think. Like, I, do you I, feel like you're walking off into the, the graveyard of the elephants? <laughs> no, not necessarily, because I have a lot of other things to do, and I think I think younger people are discovering uh, radio mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. in a different way, and I think it, it's it is possible that some radio drama and comedy will come back. You know, in m my perception, someone working in radio, is that actually the younger people who are in the on-air positions in radio are extremely supportive of the sorts of things that were done in early radio. It is the management people who are an older generation who, for the most part, uh, could just toss it aside. And I, I think that's very unfortunate and a very sad commentary that those who were raised with it, in many cases, are the ones most quick to push it aside. Thank you very much for your call, John. And speaking of John's, boy, we're going for a record here. John Gassman of Same Time, Same Station here on KPCC every Monday through Friday from 7 to 8 o'clock. John, uh, you're on with us. Now, let's take a vote. We don't want to hear John. Does anybody really want to hear John? <laughs> now, I'm going to hang up and listen to another station. <laughs> hello, hello there, Frank and Larry. Hi, hello, how are you doing? This is the first time I've ever had a chance to answer a request on somebody else's show. So for Ben, who just pulled off the road on the 14th of September, uh, if you can get up at 6 or put a tape up, we will play an hour-long Big John and Sparky for you. On September 14th. Wow. Uh, now, can't beat that for a request. Radio. Tell me a little bit about Big John and Sparky. What was Sparky? Sparky was just a little kid, wasn't he? Yes, and really he was just like any other kid, except that he spoke a lot faster. Well, although today you, he's probably about the same speed. Uh, but he got into all kinds of trouble, and uh, what was amazing to me was the way that, that John Arthur was able to coordinate his voice versus Sparky's voice and all the other recordings mm -hmm. that they did. It was fascinating. I always pictured Sparky as looking like something like the Alka-Seltzer Speedy Kid, you know? Remember the <laughs> yeah, was that Richard Bills? I don't know. I don't know. Now, may, that may uh, have been they took it after. I mean, yeah. Now, John passed away a few years ago, didn't yeah, he? That, yeah. Uh, so he's no longer around. No. But the recordings, there are quite a few recordings of that show around. There are an awful lot of the 15-minute syndicated shows, and there are a few of the hour-long uh, uh -huh. shows available. We, we played a lot of the 15-minute shows on the air, but very few of the hour-long, so we'll do some of that because it's a popular request. Terrific. Okay. That's September 14th from 6 to 8, that Saturday morning? Right. Okay, very good. Big John and Sparky, you come your way on Just for Kids, a program hosted by Larry and John Gassman. They are the hosts of Just for Kids, as well as Same Time, Same Station, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And Dan Hafley does uh, the show on Tuesday and Thursday. You'll hear him coming up from 7 to 8 o'clock tonight here on KPCC. Frank, Thank you, John. Thanks. Yeah. I'll get out of here so you can take some more important calls. Uh, okay. <laughs> We're almost out of time, actually. Tell Larry hi. Hi, Larry. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Frank, uh, just a, a closing comment for us on radio, drama, or comedy shows. Do you think they're going to make a comeback a la the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which, after being on the air for several years, died? I think so, because there's so many radio stations, and there's so many uh, college stations, and so many talented people that want to experiment with this kind of medium uh, that they d didn't have an opportunity to do in the past. So I, I think that'll happen. I know that, uh, you know, about 
uh, 12, 14 years ago, I came up with an idea of, of comedy radio, and, and, and that seems to be working now, and, and I've got a five-minute comedy thing that's heard on more than 400 stations, and it's in, in the fifth season now. That's something new and different. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. just uh, news and music and sure. talk. And I think a lot of the college stations and NPR are really uh, going to make strides in, in, in this area. All right, very good. Uh, one thing I wanted to add for those of you who, who enjoy listening to uh, radio drama or comedy, KPCC from 11.30 until midnight Monday through Friday has NPR Playhouse, which is new drama. It's being done in many cases in, in Britain or being done here under the auspices of National Public Radio. Uh, Doc Savage's show that's going to start in October is a part of that series. And every Friday night, the offbeat humor of the Audiovision Showcase comes your way, which is a show produced right here at KPCC, a half-hour live radio comedy show Friday night nights from 11.30 to midnight. Frank, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I thank wish you, we had more time. It's been a very, very fast-moving hour. Our guest tonight on KPCC's Air Talk has been Frank Brzee. He is a radio historian, and we have talked about the golden days of radio. We want to remind you to join us tomorrow evening when guest host Willard Womack will have as his guest the founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Sliwa. The Guardian Angels Good Samaritans or vigilantes. You'll be able to tune in and, of course, call in with your questions for Curtis Sliwa, who is in town because the Guardian Angels are mounting a, an effort here in the San Gabriel Valley uh, area following the attacks of the uh, uh, intruder. So we'll find out more about that. Next week on Air Talk Monday, it'll be the best of Air Talk, a repeat broadcast of Norma Jean Almodovar, former prostitute and author of the book Cop to Call Girl. That'll be Monday evening, the best of Air Talk. We, of course, won't be taking your calls that night, but hope you'll tune in for the program. For our producer tonight, Colleen Tournay, engineer Kathy Lambros, I'm Larry Mantle, inviting you to stay tuned for Same Time, Same Station, coming your way next over KPCC Pasadena. Good night. The following broadcast is partially transcribed. Good evening, and welcome to yet another edition of Same Time, Same Station. It's Thursday night, it's supposed to be anyway, and I'm Dan Hayfley inside your radio with another hour of great moments from the early days of radio, and as I threatened on Tuesday's program, a full-hour craft music call with Bing Crosby and Ken Carpenter, plus his uh, guests, including Sabu the Elephant Boy and Ronald Reagan. This program originally aired on April 16th, 1942. Craft Musical with Bing Crosby, Mary Martin, Victor Borga, John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, and the Music Maids, and Hal. Bing's distinguished visitors for this evening include Ronald Regan, star of Warner Brothers Pictures, Spike Jones and his city slickers in person, and Sabu the Elephant Boy. And here's Bing Crosby. Kakaka Katie, all oh, beautiful Katie, you're the only. Tab, Soundforge Pro 11.0, Escape, Escape, Enter, Enter, Menu, File, A, Leaving Menus, Sound 1, Star, Save as Dialog, File Name, Sound 1, Edit, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, N-I-G-A-T-S-E-C-O-N-D-P, 
PC PATRICA 6-9-18 Save as save but enter sound one star. JAWS Professional Apple Software Update Dialog List Alt F4 Taskbar Alt Tab Skype Trade Alt Tab Sound Forge Pro Li-